Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of Seventh Circle of Film. I'm your host, Kieran, and joining me on our far longer and far more painful walk into Final Destination is Steph. How are you doing on this fucking boiling Saturday? Yeah, well, today's been good. Um, the rest of the week hasn't because I've had to watch shit films. Well, technically the same film five times. Yeah, it yeah, makes me want to cry. Much the same one. It kind of annoys me that I could have just left the first film on repeat, <laughs> not bothered to watch the other four, and I think I could have got away with it. Just we could have just googled the names of the characters in it, and like, yeah, they they that this happens to them. Just have like a template that we. Yeah. script ready and just input names I, w- input I genuinely locations. I genuinely was tempted like after I watched one and two I was like well do I skip three four and five and then just pretend like I I know them <laughs> I was so tempted but I was like no Kieran Kieran's actually has to watch these twice I can at least watch them once I suppose <laughs> before we do get into it something I don't do often because honestly I think it insults intelligences but hey I'm about to go back into the call centre work line of jobs, which means A, I require fluoroxetine to stay alive, to keep myself going, and can't afford it. So the only thing that's keeping me going at the moment is the small amount of dopamine rush I get from people reviewing and giving us a little thumbs up wherever the fuck you do it. So uh, make the fat man happy. Give us a review. Oh my god, are you begging for view? Like, uh, uh, right. I'm starting yeah. to work in a call centre at the lowest point um... already. It's it's nothing but up from here. Yeah, I could fair. get shit on. <laughs> I could go and be like a fucking fluffer for a donkey show. That's a step up for me at the moment in terms of embarrassment. Okay, I'm more than fair. happy to beg. I'll let you off. Uh, in terms of the actual film, fun destination stuff, it, it feels like the least applicable to go kind of philosophy, ethics kind of style onto it, but fuck it, why not? I watched um, Dogma the other night. Which kind of touched on a lot of uh, religious stuff. Yeah, I finally get through the rest of the Kevin Smith stuff. Fucking hell. It was very good. Yeah, it fucking is. The, um, so, when I originally watched, watched it was when it first came out. Um, there was all that hubbub of like, oh, it's the this anti-religious blah, blah, blah. I mean, kind of is, technically, but you're not like... We make fun of everything in normal day life. We don't have to take things that seriously. But I really enjoy that film. Yeah, protested by Kevin Smith. Yeah, ever seen that? The that. funniest yeah. fucking thing ever. Yeah. Someone um, who looked, sounded, and acted suspiciously like writer director Kevin Smith. Yeah, I think oh. they even put uh, where it's got like the person's name and what they do um, when they're having the interview. It's got not Kevin Smith on <laughs> <laughs> the interview thing, uh, the newsroom. Yeah, it's got like a 10 minute clip on YouTube that's worth listening to. Funny. Yeah. It really brings me hope that the man has still got some funny bone left in him. But yeah, uh, philosophy wise on Final Destination, uh, kind of tackles predeterminism, all that shit, free will, which obviously uh, dogma kind of picks up on as well in some cases here and there. Are you a. Uh, I mean, we, we were both good Christian boys, and we're now both bad boy atheists. Yeah, that I think that's what confuses me people most. Uh, if I tell them 
like people talk to me now and they're like oh you used to be a choir boy and i'm like yep i used to ring the bell and sing like praises of god and all that shit i was up on the I was going to call it stage, but it's not a stage. I've forgotten what it's called. I am really bad at this. Um, but yeah, um, I, I don't... I like my films where I can turn off my brain because it's always shouting at me that I'm doing something wrong. So I, I like the films that I'm able to turn off my brain. And the fact that I had to turn my brain on to watch these films really upset me. Just to try and try and find some kind of meaning in it, it really upset me that I had to do that. Sometimes I've meaning like nowadays, are you a believer in predeterminism or a free will kind of guy or Um I like to think that everyone's got free will to do what they want and nothing's predetermined, like <laughs> I could choose to say, you know what, fuck this, Kieran, I'm not doing this anymore. But I have the free will to kind of go Ah, uh, slow torture and death is fine, I guess. That's a bit of a nihilistic statement. <laughs> this is what you yeah. choose to do with your free time. That's yeah. I think I am a nihilist at heart. I think I think I'm coming to to terms with that determination. I've seen the uh, film Free Will kind of goes out the window. It's all predeterminism with death. Mm-hmm. I mean, death is a bit shit in the films, to be honest. I'm feeling less fucking uh, general concept and horrible thing that destroys everyone, more like fucking the Grim Reaper from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Yeah. Or the guy from Bill and Ted 2. To be fair, I don't know if... uh, I'm trying to think of a really weird, like, amalgamation of what I could describe. But it, it seems to me that you know those videos of people setting up like cards and um, domino pieces and then just tap one and just let them all fall and like how that's supposed to be satisfying? Like people doing that? Oh no, like, not like, I thought you got a load of fucking people to stand their own North Korea style and just like tapped one and watch them nah, all nah, fucking... Nah, nah, nah. Like, um, it feels like the death in these films has done one of those for each one of these characters and their shit. It's like, oh, if I move this this cable slightly here and then I pull this water hose just slightly out and turn the tap on and, it, like, they'll brush past it and you'll think that's how they die, but they move out of the way of that into the oncoming path of a bus. Like, fuck off. Oh, just, we'll, we'll get into that stuff because yeah. it gets a bit ridiculous. And at some point, the actual logic of the film, it, yeah, it seems fairly sound and fairly obvious what they should run with, but it, it goes out the fucking window really quickly when you get into the later films. Um, for the, like, three people who said we've been too negative recently, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to hell. Ah, uh, yeah. You're going to enjoy this one, then. It's going to be, the first one's going to be okay. Make sure we're feeling better. You can sit through on that one. Um, right, so... You an X Files fan? I watched a couple of episodes. I, I I did buy the box set a while ago, and I've been meaning to watch them all. It's just I haven't. Do you know this uh, originated as a X Files episode idea? Are we going to show in? Well, it would have made more sense as an X Files episode because then it's only like what thirty to forty-five minutes, and then it's done. Yeah. But thanks for making it a fucking. What, 10 hours of my life I'll never claim back? 
not 10 hours, it's what, hour and a half over. This over should take me a films? lot less time. Seven and a half hours? Oh, I'm sorry, I exaggerated by two and a half hours, maybe. Yeah, by filming a bit. If you're gonna fucking have a go at us, get the numbers right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, writer Jeffrey Reddick, uh, he, he was uh, kind of main brains behind the whole thing, came up with the idea, originally pitched it to the X Files lot, and they uh, rejected it. Pretty much then just shoved it around different companies as a film idea. Someone said, Yeah, you know, you should do this. And it ended up with, um, was it Newgate? Fuck, I forgot. But it ended up with someone. Uh, he's also done Don't Look Back, uh, pretty much involved with every single Final Destination film out there in one way or another. Some of it's story by credits, so it's a kind of just callback to the first. And Day of the Dead, which was like 2007, 2008. I can't remember, it was um, the cover of like a bald zombie that always fucking terrified me as a kid. Because my mum had it, just out in the open, kind of bald zombie with the uh, white, you know, milky contacts in. It's like a green filter, kind of Fallout-y, Fallout 3-ish. Uh, it, I think the film's a bit trash, but that cover's horrible. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the film, but I know what one you're on about. Uh, director James Wong, who... Uh, Done. I think you've seen Dragon Ball Evolution, haven't you? No, I think it's someone uh, else. Possibly thinking of someone else. I've seen bits of it, unfortunately, but I've never sat down and watched. I've never been a fan of Dragon yeah, Ball. I don't do anime, so I've, I've heard bad things. Uh, Black Christmas 2006 version, Final Destination 3, and just a shitload of X Files stuff. Uh, one of the directors who kind of worked on all that stuff. So cast-wise, a few kind of callbacks to people we've touched on, which is kind of terrifying that we're finally going over old ground. This is circling back on itself like some fucking shit-covered snake. <laughs> it's... So starting off, Ali Lata. Fucking, I feel like there should be a Carter there, Clata, I don't know. Who's playing Clear Rivers. Stupid fucking name. She sounds like a fucking Navajo warrior on the Trail of Tears. Clear Rivers. Yeah, but which which name? Ali Lata or Clear Rivers? Fucking both. <laughs> you name in check. My mum's a pagan. She didn't go with that clear shit. She named me something weird, to be fair. The spelling's awkward, but everything else is fine. Get your life in check. Uh, but uh, obviously looks like strikingly similar to uh, Claire Redfield in the games, which must be why they had her in uh, Resident Evil Extinction. She's a podcast alumni. I've seen it before. Uh, also in Legally Blonde. Have you seen Legally Blonde? Uh, years ago, yeah. Like Reese Witherspoon, kind of Mean Girls thing? Yeah. Clueless. I, I, I saw it literally about ten years ago, so... Not as good as Mean Girls. Nowhere near as good as Mean Girls, but far better than Clueless. I'll fight you on that. And uh, a film called Obsessed. Does she do better in this than she does as Claire Redfield? It's, if you remember her as Claire... Mm. Yeah, I remember her as Claire. I have a very vivid rem- uh, memory for the Resident Evil franchise. Um, I'd say yes, because holy shit, the acting was so bad in those films that she has to be literally better in everything that she's ever been in except for those films. That's fair. I mean, I don't, don't jinx it, mate. If she's going to pop up again, you fucking know it. Oh yeah, I guarantee she will, but it's fine. Oh, uh, 
Talking about bad acting, actually, we know not or not on him. That sounded really bad there. Devin Sauer, who's a perfectly <laughs> fine actor, he does perfectly well. It was in uh, Idle Hands, uh, Casper. You remember that? Casper the Friendly Ghost, mm-hmm. which was just terrible. Hey, that was my childhood. goddammit. it! If it was everyone's, it was still fucking awful. Yeah, I loved that film when I was a kid. Now I fucking hate it. Uh, Black Friday, SCL Punk, <laughs> which was um, oh Matthew Lillard thing. And uh, The Fanatic. I don't know if you heard about it. It kind of went over the YouTube circles back in 2020. I know Red Letter Media covered it. Uh, Ralph, the movie maker, covered it. Adam, Movie Sock, covered it. It was a John Travolta thing where he played um, uh, and pretty much a retard. There's no other way to kind of put that. It's so bluntly done in the film that you, you have to kind of use blunt language to shove it down. He played a retard who uh, tracked Devin Sauer, who was his hero in Hollywood. Which, I mean, I like Devin Sauer, but he's no one's fucking hero. <laughs> Even the people with like learning disabilities, they're not fucking praising Sauer. No offence. Yeah, some offence. A little bit of offence. Yeah, you give him give him a bit of offence. Um, yeah, the, the film itself, it's nowhere near as bad as people put out. It's directed by um, oh, the lead singer from Limp Biscuit, who acts in it as well. <laughs> Acting with fucking inverted commas a la Final Destination 5. Fred Durst. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck am I watching that shit then? Dude can't even rhyme anything with here. <laughs> oh, it's been so long since I've heard any of that stuff. Thank God. Uh, talking about actual good actors, though, Tony Todd, who's playing William Bloodworth. Um, I mean, need I say Candyman, Hatchet, The Rock, Wishmaster, which we've done on, uh, Platoon, Night of the Living Dead, the remake. Just stellar stuff. Do you want me to say what I... I said earlier that what the, the black guy yeah <laughs> you're on about that black guy that that's like i said I'm, i've got a bad memory for names and stuff so you categorize on race but we're both black so yeah that's fine yeah we're all good we're allowed to do that uh and then finishing off uh sure william scott who's playing uh billy who jesus no yeah that that's the jock that's not the douche one. Carter's the douche one. Yeah, Carter's the douche one. Sean William Scott is the, the idiot. The lovable idiot, to be honest. I, he never did anything wrong. But everyone seemed to despise him for some reason. Spat on I his mean, it's fucking... Sean William Scott. He's done something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, He's done something that people despise him for. Uh, American Pie. Southland Tales. Dude, where's my car? Being kind of a prime example. Yeah. Uh, budget box office. All of these did pretty fucking well at the box office just absolutely on a whole um budget of 23 million and box office of 112.9 million which is decent nothing wrong with that nice solid 100 million in there for a horror film that kind of harkens back to the uh, blumhouse method go cheat come out big okay uh trivia and this is i think the only film that's actually going to have much of anything is the rest just void of anything interesting. Uh, so the story originally going to be a uh, concept of the X-Files, as I mentioned. Uh, the shot at Alex's bedside clock, you know, when it kind of changes from... Um, it'd be... What, did you get 180 in bed, thinking about it? Uh, it must have been, like, 1 o'clock, and then moved... I think, yeah, I think it was 1 o'clock, and then moved, like, a little... did a little uh, dinghy thing. I don't know. Illuminated the middle section to make it 180, and then... Uh, it did a dinghy. It must be 
Yeah, it must be a 24-hour clock. They, they did that thing, and then... Um, that thing. And then it, it cuts over to the airport. That took days, apparently, to shoot for them to get their head around that. It's a good transition. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, much news footage, actual stuff from an explosion on the TWA Flight 800 off uh, East. Really need to start Googling these first. East Moriches? Moriches in Long Island, New York. And uh, there's an alternative version that was rejected by audiences, test screening-wise. I think the first four films, the test screening, hated the original ending that they had in mind for it. Uh, in the alternate ending for this one, Claire and Alex have a kid. And it dies. I think they, uh, they go by the logic of the second film. Well, not the whole kid thing, but the new life shit. Yeah. And originally, I think they were meant to survive. Yeah, I think, I think I'd be upset by that. <laughs> <laughs> so, starting specific uh, kind of tropes, Grimes from Final Destination, the opening credits go on forever. Fucking five minutes? Four minutes every single oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, the first one, it's, it's kind of cute. Kind of pushes forward. The third one, it's okay, because it has the, uh, well, like the, the park, the theme park shit, a little theming to it. This one's annoying. Uh, the sec- Sorry, the second one's really annoying. The fourth one, the fifth one as well, they just have imagery. That's nothing to fucking do with what the actual film is. They've got, like, spiders crawling across. To be fair, I skipped. The, the opening scenes so I genuinely don't know I I watched I watched the opening scene for this one and I think two or maybe it was three but I skipped every other one so. opening, opening credits can be done well there's, there's a lot of really stunning films that have hilarious opening credits oh yeah I'm not saying that there isn't like uh, the, the first one that pops in my mind is Zombieland 1 I, I enjoy watching those those opening credits because there's something happening or there's the it it's it's fur like sometimes it furthers the plot if they do it properly or something, but if it's just a car driving on across a bridge or if it's stupid shit like this one like oh here here's like the here's a picture of um an engine of a plane. That's a tonality setup. It's stuff like um, what Life of Brian, where they have the absurdist shit. To be fair, that that was just yeah. quite funny. Uh, Dogma has kind of funny credits, has a few uh, warnings yeah. of offence. Um, the absolute classic, obviously, is uh, Holy Grail, with the moose bit my sister shit, and the llamas. If I don't know if you remember that, like um... partway through the credits, there are like. Swiss or Swedish um, subtitles and then it randomly starts saying a moose bit my sister in writing in the subtitles bit and starts like giving a diatribe about Swedish tourism industry. The guy gets fired and then it goes to like Mexican llama music. Is this the Monty Python films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to growl. I may upset you by saying that I've never watched them fully. A little bit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I've watched I've watched bits of them. I like if someone says the Black Knight or the the coconut clapping thing. I understand all that. I've just never watched them from start to end. I've always just like come into the room and it's been on, and I'm like, oh okay, let's watch that. So Fair enough. You can't see everything when you've got too much time on your hands watching fucking Manos, the hands of fate. You've not got time to watch. 
The Holy Grail. Final Destinations 1 to fucking 5. Uh, so every single one of these films has <laughs> the exact same setup for like the first 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes in some cases. Depends how much time they want to pad and how little writing they actually want to do. Uh, do you want to rank them now? Going through the films, yeah, the best I, I... disaster points. Oh, the disaster points? Yeah, best disasters in the films, ranking first through fifth. If I say best disasters, then I'll go with, um, I guess, three, one, two, five, four, maybe. That's fair. That's, yeah, I, th- I think from general consensus, what I could tell online is the second film's held up as the best. The whole um, log roads thing. Me personally, I think I go probably one, three, two, five, four. Five and four are terrible. Yeah. Just terribly done. For different reasons. Four is incredibly lazy. The CGI is just awful. And five, the writing just doesn't work. And it's a, it's a complete waste of uh, an opportunity with Bridges. But yeah, in this, this film, it's probably the most basic of the lot. It, it's certainly got in a weird way, the less, the least spectacle on it, and has the kind of the, you know the least stuff actually happening through. I know you've got the plane exploding, but it, it feels kind of more compact. It feels more realistic. At least the first one, it's like, all right, I can see how a plane would explode, and I can see how like certain deaths in this film can actually happen. Whereas, like, later on, they're just like, we need to make the most insane deaths that we can and give, like, a really plausible ex- explanation of how they happen. Yeah, I think Deathwood on fucking holiday gave the work to, like, an intern or something because he gets incompetent as the films go on mm. and it becomes a full-blown, like, prima donna. These callbacks are ridiculous. If they show Death being, like, some up his ass snooty prick from Eton... Just like completely kisses himself in the mirror, <laughs> wanks off to his own reflection. That makes some sense because death in these films is so up his own ass. You've got shit like um, okay, so the song by John Denver, like that, take me home. Oh, another Gosh, song. Yeah, and then she did Rocky Mountain High, that kind of comes in occasionally. It's one of the songs that just kind of makes an appearance here and there. Uh, John Denver is kind of like a harbinger of the apocalypse. <laughs> in this film, I mean in real life he's a harbinger of fucking Fallout 76 so he lives up to his title in any reality but yeah, Death, Death keeps like bringing these tiny little um, tiny, massively obvious warning signs and I could just imagine him going there <laughs> they won't notice this <laughs> what a naughty boy I'm being so fucking vain I kind of get what you mean now it, it seems like, oh they they won't they they won't notice this massive sign that's you know like being worked on right behind them. It's it's fine. They won't notice. It's more like, like they won't notice this massive sign being worked on behind them that's saying "Beware, death is coming" on it. <laughs> and then we can have that in flashing neon lights with a skull beneath it, and they won't notice any of that. And it'll be really fun. Death in these films, I fucking bet you, is played by the Bill and Ted Reaper. In the second one, the guy who couldn't stand losing at board games. Just the most pedantic bastard alive that has to be right and has to have all these little mousetrap-style pieces to be 
that little like smart kid at the back of class, the little prick. In the first film, it's cute, and I, I quite like it. It gets so stupid as you go on, and you have references to make for the last four films. You have to cram them into like a minute segment where you've yeah. got fucking. I, I don't, I don't remember this actually happening, but it seems this seems like the kind of film where they're like, right. Do you remember when we got the last the person in the last film with this like bus thing? That bus is gonna drive past again. It's gonna miss, and then they're gonna get hit by that car. Watch. I mean, take the um, the second film, right? Mm-hmm. You have a bus driving past that's from the school of the people who got fucking blown up mm-hmm. and went here into France, died, and they're all talking about pile-ups. Then you have Highway to Hell come on the radio. And she can't turn it off. Um, I, I know there's other stuff here and there. Just these little bits of... I can't call them foreshadowing, really. It's less foreshadowing, more like someone directed a skyscraper behind you and have the biggest fucking shadow imaginable. Just showered in shadow. <laughs> so much shadow. You, you have a fucking vitamin D deficiency by the end of these films. The first film isn't quite so bad, though. Mm. We'll give it to him. The first film is... Um, I was about to say unhinged. It's um, not held back. My words escape me. I'll probably leave that in. That happens more often than you'd think if you're at home. I yeah, I, I'm sitting here trying to think of what words you're trying to say. Um, reserved. Reserved. Yeah, reserved. Reserved does it. Uh, did you ever go uh, to France as um, a schoolboy? I think I went for a week. I think I went to Paris. In your old Catholic schoolboy uniform, the little blue hat. Oh no, no, no. I went with uh, secondary school and they were like, well, this is a school trip, so just bring your own clothes. And um, we were in a, we were separated for boys and girls in dorm rooms. I was on the top bunk of a bunk bed and I had a wank. (laughs) (laughs) You can leave that in. Yeah, it's fine. But um, to everyone that actually was in that room with me, I'm sorry, but I had fun. Ask your cancel moment. Placed up in the lights there, wanked off. Year nine room. Uh, I mean, I went. We had like just fucking um, the went to the Louvre, which is a bit rubbish. I did the pictures are great, but the Mona the Mona Lisa is a bit rubbish. Paris itself says shit all. It's awful. It's dirty. It's filled with pickpockets and scam artists. The Champs Elysees is terrifying to drive around, and uh, the Eiffel Tower looks like some. I don't know. Blackpool monstrosity that's been expanded out. Whenever you go around and look at um, like recreations of the Eiffel Tower and think, oh, that's really tacky. It's a one-to-one recreation at a different size. Mm. Disney World's great, though. I've never been, unfortunately. Did um, any of the people in your class know French when you went to France? No. Yeah, no one. <laughs> we, had a, we had the French teacher with us. And I'm surprised that she knew French. That's <laughs> <laughs> a state school, isn't it? There's a, there's a solid like 50-50. Yeah. I don't think any of us knew French. And on like, the second night, they put on a French film for us and everyone was just sitting there going, what the fuck is this? You don't even put the subtitles on, we have to try to guess. It was something about who wants to be a millionaire. And um, pictures, it was terrible. Fucking, they could at least put on like, put on Leon the Professional, put on something fun. Yeah, put that on, or some weirdly sexual, erotic French film for the kids, you know. We were in year nine. 
Yeah. Fucking sex head going about. You could uh, double credits and all that. Exactly. They're making babies. Yeah, but uh, things culminate. They push on as they all get onto the plane. Uh, Sour with his mate, Todd, was it? It was Um, Todd. T-O-D, if I recall correctly, which apparently means death in German. Don't correct me on that. Uh, Yeah, they all have a shit before they get on the plane, which isn't actually a bad idea because it's, what, like a 12-hour flight? Nine-hour flight to France from America? You know you can shit on planes, right? Yeah, but if you've been in, like, a Ryanair toilet. Yeah, I I used to fly... Well, probably not Ryanair, actually, but I've been in toilets on the plane. Ryanair toilets are what they use to test out chemical weapons on the general population before it goes into (laughs) force. Ryanair toilets, what the Geneva Convention bases, what a biological weapon is classified as. That's the that's the borderline for them. Atrocious. Yeah, but absolutely horrible. You're going to be sitting in a plane that's basically a tin can full of farts. Hmm. If you're on a plane for like 13 hours, it's literally just. Someone lights a match in that bitch, and that's gonna blow up anyway. So I never got his um his idea though his plan, where he, he wanted to sit next to two really cute girls. I mean, how fucking boring would that be? You're not gonna hit on them on the flight, are you? And they're just gonna ignore you if you do. I think I I think he was trying to, but I don't think he would have got he well he definitely wouldn't have gotten anything. <laughs> when they got anywhere, then he'd been sat next to them really fucking awkwardly with nothing to talk about. Yeah, and then he'd go sit with his friend anyway. <laughs> yeah, he'd just clamber off eventually. It'd be miserable. So, uh, premonition stuff. Actually, you know, I'm not going to say anything. It's a really cool scene. Right, I, I want to say this now. Because they did this for... Uh, and uh, for some reason it keeps coming up. But they did this for the last Twilight film. And <laughs> everyone was really upset that it happened. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you've killed everyone, and then you you go, oh, we're sorry, it didn't actually happen. Like, all I all I wanted was the film to be over at this point, and then I can get on with the rest of my day. But apparently, it... you wanted like him to go. Um, who who was the lead in that? Michael Sheen. You wanted Alex to kind of turn around and go, oh, you know what? That's a bad idea. Yeah, let's not do that, and just walk off, and then what? Like black screen for an hour. No, home. I wanted them to get on the plane, blow up, and then be like, okay, that's the film done. Credits. Because that basically, that's what would have happened if it was an X-Files thing. Just they would have had two somewhat decent actors in it, with know, that's, Mulder and Scully. <laughs> that'd be uh, true to advertising. Yeah. Just Final Destination, just the plane blows up and then, I don't know, you watch his dad eat breakfast and mourn the child for an hour and a half. fucking stupid anyway. Because they're like, oh, we watched these kids fucking dodge death for an entire film, but guess what? Everyone still dies. Like, why the fuck should I care then? No, you have got a point there. It's fun to watch people deal with it. Is it? Because we watched it five times and I want to shoot myself. It's fine watching it once. It's perfectly fine watching it once. First of all, fine. (laughs) Uh, this is pre nine eleven, isn't it? I'm pretty uh, sure. I think so. It's like 1999 yeah. or 2000. If this was post nine it would be a very different film. Yeah. We need to get off the plane. We need to get off the plane. Bang. The fact that they... Okay. In, in number three, I know we... Uh, it's just because you brought up nine eleven now. 
But in number three, they're like, oh, someone took a picture of the, the oh, Empire State God, Buildings yeah. and, and guess what? There was a shadow of a plane on it. So that means that that was that could have been premonitioned. Like, I'll talk about that now, to be fair. That's both like, hugely insulting. Uh-huh. And you should never use actual fucking events, actual tragedies in fiction. That's massively... I've got the fucking... I'd actually say down here. Yeah, it's just insulting. It's just horrible to do something like 9-11 just to kind of bring your own point up. Um, it's also stupid as well. Because, I mean, we've got fucking Alex Jones types going on about how 9-11 was an inside job. If that fucking existed, if... Oh, Jerry, yeah, did you see that picture where they painted a fucking plane on the side of the building the other day? <laughs> 9-11, yeah, possibly an inside job. After they painted a fucking giant target in the form of an airplane on the building. Yeah. Yeah, there was loads of fucked up shit in that... Well, in, the, in these films, just in general. Yeah, I fucking hate that scene. Um, yeah, this is pre-9-11. At least the first one. It'd have been killed if it was post. It'd just been shot, and then the film would have been over. Very, very quickly. I suppose they'd all have been taken off. And death would have had more work. <laughs> fucking 9-11. It's fucking over death as well. Who'd have thunk? Death wasn't a fan of 9-11. So, uh, Alex and everyone, yeah, he goes nuts, panics... Everyone gets off the plane. The panic's really good. Like, Devin Sauer does a great job to actually play someone who's fucking terrified and realising that everything's yes. gone true. Stan does great, I suppose, but, you know, he he's already playing a crazy person, so fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I think the films are really great in terms of actual, like, panicking and people are being terrified of what's happened up until the fourth one. The fourth and the fifth one, they're so casual. It's it's like they've just had a fucking premonition of what they're gonna have for breakfast tomorrow morning. They don't give yeah, a yeah. They see they watch people die right in front of them and they're like, oh, I guess we'll go back to the police station then. <laughs> it's not just that. Like when they have the premonition, when the like the guy sitting on the bridge, he sees everyone die. He goes back to his like seat. He uh, goes back in time or whatever, back to the present. Mm. And he doesn't seem to care. He just oh, I cut my thumb. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone yeah, yeah. dies. We should probably get off this. Or in the fourth film where he goes, oh, I remember that happening in my vision. And that happened, and that happened. Are we all going to die? We should probably leisurely stroll out of the uh, the stadium now. <laughs> At least in these films. In the first film, the third film, the second film, the protagonist is fucking terrified. Yeah. Like, cold sweats, fucking mortified. It's like they've got a thousand chunks of cocaine shoved up his ass, and he's going through customs. He's absolutely petrified. It's it's great. Uh, plane blows up, goes to shit. People get off, people get on. We've got, what, like, we've got the teacher. We've got... Um, Jock Dickhead. His girlfriend. Cheerleader Dickhead. Yeah. Um, uh, crazy Goth Girl, which is Clear Rivers. Stan, his best mate, Todd. And um, Sean William Scott, which I'm not even going to think of his name yeah, and the te- so including that the teacher got like six people and his, uh, the two two of his teachers get off and they're like no old man can die he can blow up it's fine we want to see this woman die in some weird extreme way apparently she's the wife of one of the producers for the X-Files I'm not insinuating anything there in terms of <laughs> <laughs> why she was in this film she was very good she was 
perfectly perfectly serviceable in a kind of bitch teacher who hates their psychic student. To be fair, he keeps telling her that she's going to die. I mean, if if someone kept on saying that to me, I think I'd hate them. I could live with that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've kind of thought about these films. Like, if I if okay with dying, and I've decided that I kind of would be. As long as I could do something else that would put my name in kind of the spotlights before it all happened. So it, it's not like, oh, there's that kid who died in an embarrassing way fucking getting squashed by a glass pane. It's like, oh, there's that guy that did that thing that was killed later in an embarrassing way. I could live again like a Darwin. You know the Darwin Awards? Oh. I could go for them. I think that's what I'd do. <laughs> like, if I was if I was in one of these films and I knew for a fact I was going to die, I'd either choose to make it the most embarrassing way possible, just to put my name in lights to some extent, uh, or I'd uh, die in the most fucking ridiculous. I'd have like hookers and cocaine and shit. And go out like a hero. Yeah, I don't think I'd have a choice. I think I'm just automatically chosen to die in the most ab- or, uh, embarrassing way, or the the most like mediocre way. Like all these people have been like hit by buses, or they get fucking their head crushed by like their gym weights, or like something really drastic, or like getting electrocuted at the end of this film. I'd be like, no, he had a heart attack in his sleep. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd happen if you're on a cocaine-filled binge. But if I was going to be in one of these films, I wouldn't want, like, Tony Todd sitting over me going, oh, he got stabbed in the chest. I'd want Tony Todd going, oh, he has eight vibrators stuck up his ass. <laughs> we need to take out one by one. Memorable. Like, have your name up in lights by the end of it. Have a Wikipedia article about you. This man tried to swallow eight vibrators. He got to six and choked. Still probably a Guinness World Record. I mean, Post-mortem, yeah, I but... don't think anyone's trying to swallow vibrators to get them in the I'm Guinness World Records. I'm going to have to look, look that one up after. Proper sword swallows. <laughs> uh, so the FBI get involved when Alex kind of explains that getting everyone off the plane was terrified. I'm not quite sure how I f- feel about it. As like the FBI, there's only real two assumptions you can make. One is he's correct, and there's this weird supernatural force going on. I suppose the other assumption is it's a coincidence. It's insanely mm. coincidental. The other assumption is that Alex Devin Sauer is the greatest assassin who's ever lived, and you should stay yeah. as far the fuck away from him as it's possible to be. Yeah, the greatest assassin that's ever lived by faking a plane blowing up by orchestrating a engine malfunction. Granted, so just he- stabbing his teacher in the chest a few times, which is less... Yeah, I Skillful. mean that's later on. Yeah, but to be fair, his fingerprints aren't any aren't on any of the, the the knives, and he stayed outside of that room the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the fucking best. I mean, what he, he decapitates someone without his fingerprints going on, and the other two not noticing anything about it. I I may in fact watch the first one again just to see how that holds up. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, like, later on, someone gets decapitated by a piece of metal that's uh, underneath, like, a train track. His fingerprints aren't on that, so... And it's a freak bit of luck that the train is going past at that specific moment just enough to hit that piece of metal just to send it flying through Sean William Scott's head. He's like fucking Hitman 47, can kill a man with a grape. 
Alex. Yeah. It's terrifying. Like like in in um I can't remember if it's the new Hitman. You can throw a briefcase and it it basically acts like a boomerang and it can follow someone around corners. <laughs> I think that's in, them. I think that's in Blood Money. It's fucking great. Yeah. I know you can kill someone with a grape in the new one. Just chuck a grape at him and that'll do him in. <laughs> that's what fucking Alex is in this. If you're the police and you assume there's no supernatural shit going on, he is terrifying. Yeah. Horrifyingly scary. This little kid is amazingly effective. Oh, actually, there's, there's this thing that... Uh, right. So, the very start of this film, I know, I know we're halfway through and mm. I'm sorry to go back through it, but... At the start of this film, he goes to his mom, hey, don't take the tags off because dad's plane didn't go crashing down. And um, his dad goes, oh, well, I'm still here. And, you know, like he says a load of like, load of like fucking things that basically assumes he he's in the know. Or it's a very massive coincidence that he's trying to say all these things and his son's plane blows up. Okay, yeah. Assumption number two. I'm going to get right into my little fan theory number two, beyond death being the fucking Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted and being a complete prima donna, is that this universe is filled with morons. Just left and right. And safety, health and safety doesn't exist. It's filled with idiots who have no idea... The, the, I'm more willing to say it's that one. The the problem comes right where you you get shit where deaf cock teases in some of the films, which we'll go into later, like um with the dentist scene in the second film with the pigeons yeah. and stuff. But deaf knows what's going to happen. Deaf's orchestrated everything to kind of go perfectly, and there's no point to do all the pigeon stuff. Mm-hmm. Or to be doing dentistry on this kid while pigeons are slamming the window, or to have that stuff you know fall into his mouth and nearly choke him. Presumably, Def didn't do that because Def wants him dead by pigeon. So that was just the dentist. That was just a massively incompetent fucking show from the dentist there. That yeah. this kid nearly died. Def would be fucking disappointed if it's suddenly, oh shit, he's already dead. <laughs> oh, he died. He died from like swallowing a a, a ceiling ornament. I, like, nah. Fuck's sake, kid! You could have waited like five seconds and died the cool way. I had it all ready for you. All this fucking work. Yeah, this universe is terrifying. You've got little like child assassins running around, slaughtering <laughs> people, and everyone just ignoring health and safety. Everyone, the fucking yellow. There's a thing, you know, those little like yellow water uh, floor is wet, floor is slippery. You don't see any mm. of those, do you? No. That's a piece of fucking evidence. Uh, the teacher, a. the teacher obviously is also shit scared of Alex, as she rightly should be. Yeah, the whole of this film. Like, like I said, if someone panicked on a plane and then the plane blew up, and I just so happened to get off with that person, if he kept on going, "You're gonna die. This is how you die." <laughs> I think I'd be like, "Yeah, stay the fuck away from me, you creep." I mean, that all. Do you have the lotto numbers? Do you have something useful? Yeah, you've told me six times, dude. How, how do I fucking get to be a millionaire? You know. Just fucking give me that information and I'll be great. They don't have anything useful psychics. Yeah, of course they won't. I went, um, uh, so from one of my sister's birthdays, um, she hired a psychic. She hired a psychic and they did a reading for all of us. And it was the worst psychic that's ever psychic on the planet. They were like, 
I see three guitars in your like behind you. Do you, do you know any reason why that is? I'm like I like rock music. I don't play a guitar. I've never like I learned to play a guitar after it. Sort of like I just see three guitars and do you like crisps? Like why the fuck? Would... <laughs> yeah, everyone likes crisps. You fucking dildo. You've got to live a really fucking boring life. Really boring ancestors. If what they give the psychic is he likes crisps. <laughs> oh yeah, I I'm perfectly fine with saying I am boring as fuck. It's just um Oh that would be one hell of a business model for like skeptics being a shit psychic. Just going there <laughs> intentionally to bomb for people who think psychics are fake. They just hire you along. His mates going, Oh I'll just come here, just be really shit. It'll be a laugh. Oh, that'd be great. To be fair, she got paid a shitload of money that day because she done like fucking 16 readings. You know what? I'll do that. If anyone wants me to be a shit psychic, I'll do it for free. <laughs> I'll do it for a beer and a plane ticket. I, I sent someone with the name A, B, C, D, <laughs> E, F, Franklin, Francis, uh, uh, Freddy. <laughs> oh, I just got through start going through like fucking Zulu letters <laughs> Chinese alphabet oh. uh, fuck me right <laughs> fucking hell we're 50 minutes in yeah like I said this is going to take long I'm having fun with this one though it's a change yeah. up from last week <laughs> To be fair, it's just us talking about random shit now, to be fair. Uh, so, memorial service. Jumping on to all that stuff. Everyone's dead at this point that needs to be. And uh, we, it's about a month later, I think, they said. It's a while after. Yeah, it, it's it's a while after. They have to build the giant statue to a plane that blew up, so... Stop going nuts. Yeah, uh, build this fucking statue with all the names on it. Did you have anyone die in your uh, high school? Um, not while I was there. Had have have had loads of like kids that I went to school with that's died now, but not while I was actually at school. We had a couple, you know, like one in year seven, one in year nine. Uh, the year nine mm. one was a was a prick. <laughs> like you had to pretend he was nice, but he was a prick. Yeah, I hate that shit. If anyone in my family is ends up on the news, like, oh, Stefan was such a lovely kid. They're fucking lying. But yeah, I, we never like had a memorial service. Yeah, if fuck them, they're dead. If we're on a march and shit, but I suppose there's like 30 of them that's fucking died. Through these films, there are funerals that people attend for like one or two people they didn't know. Yeah. And you have to kind of sit there going, why are they going to these? Sorry, who invited them? The fifth film's the worst for it. Like, why the a load of my colleagues die? Why would I go to a funeral service conducted by my boss? Like, I feel sorry <laughs> for them. That's terrible for them. They were colleagues. Like, I'll have a drink at the pub in their honor. I'm not going to sit around for fucking three hours. I won't even do hours. that. I'd be like, cool. Does that mean we get a day off? Mm. And if the if the boss is like, no, I'll be like, well, why the fuck would I go to the funeral? If I could go to the funeral and then go home and then spend the rest of the day at home, great. <laughs> well, uh, after the funeral stuff, obviously, things kick off. Todd is our first main man to be killed off. He um, kills himself, sort of with a shower rack. 
autoerotic asphyxiation, sure. It was, who did that? The lead singer from In Excess, was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'd want to go out. In a gimp mask. Should make it fucking obvious. Well, now you've got the gimp mask, so... I've got the um, luchador. No. Ty's got the gimp. Oh, sorry. Ty's got the gimp mask, yeah. Ask him to borrow it one time. <laughs> Just like, you won't get it back. <laughs> oh, question number one. Like, what can death actually fucking do? In this franchise, it, it seems inconsistent to me. The first film, it isn't. The first film, Death's a lot more hands-on. You see him occasionally. He's in the glassware. He's um, reflected in the water. He's kind of this creepy outside presence that just pushes on more of a force of nature than anything. Hmm. But in the later films, he seems to be able to do so much shit. To, to, even in this one, like with the bus that kills someone, Death can't affect people, right? Because at no point does he just give everyone a heart attack and call it a fucking day and yeah. walk off. No. If that was the case, the film would be like fucking five minutes long. It's just, oh, they all survived, blood clot, black screen for fucking an hour. So, from what I presumed, he can only affect objects in minor ways that are reasonable. Like something that would be picked up on camera but wouldn't be a problem, you know. Uh, it just seems inconsistent. Yeah, the, there's no point in these films where I don't know. I don't know whether rooting for them is the right f- turn of phrase because I know you're technically not supposed to be rooting for anyone in these films or in, in this kind of film, but <clears throat> I don't know whether if I'm rooting for death to kill them just as quickly as possible so I can stop watching. Or, if I'm rooting for these guys to actually escape somehow. um, Is it the faculty? The faculty? What? uh, Is it the faculty that's about aliens? No idea. Because I've seen that film and there's like this... this, I don't know why it literally just popped into my head. I I was trying to make it relate to something in this, but I apparently can't, so never mind. (laughs) But Fair just, enough. Yeah, it just there, there's there's nothing for me to like. Like I said, I like to switch my brains off, brain off, and kind of go, oh yeah, that person's gonna die this way or whatever. Or if it's like a, a, a comedy, or if it's like I, <clears throat> I like my films stupid, and this goes a lot further beyond stupid in my mind. Well, the later ones do. I think this one toes the line if you want to just get something stupid. I think it's got some brains behind it. Might mm. be the problem. Or it, it tries to um, if you don't think it quite succeeds. With death and everything, the rules aren't really set up in this. I don't think they're consistent myself. Mm. And that, that's a bit nitpicky, I'll grant. Uh, and it, it does create some cool death scenes. In this one especially, where they're kind of, you know, reserved. I think you said earlier, didn't you, like the mousetrap style shit you get in the later ones? Where it's like yeah. dominoes being topped off. In this one, they're very fucking simple. Yeah. In later ones, it's fucking ridiculous. But in at least in this best one, it's very minor things that you could possibly see happening. Um, that end up getting fucking ridiculous but yeah 
Yeah, and this is a um, point of praise, I should say, in case that's not obvious. It, it works for this kind of stuff. It's uh, brutality, uh, gore and stuff. You don't need some ridiculous over-the-top fucking explosion. Stuff like sorts, low-budget, um, hostile films. Very simple, but very effective. I can't even compare it. You know, it, it, I can compare it to hostile. It's very much like hostile. It's like those early 2000s trash films <laughs> that are just, you know, in the bargain bins in Blockbuster that you walk past. It's what this feels like. Like a hostile movie. Um, so, yeah, Todd uh, commits suicide, more or less. The dad's distraught, obviously, he doesn't want to do with Alex. And ends up getting sent to a morgue, which is uh, occupied and being worked with by our favourite horror icon, Tony Todd. The Candyman, who is a gem in these films. Absolute diamond in the rough. That little oasis in the desert. He's a, a complete breath of fresh air. I'm not going to fucking too, too much air up his ass. I, don't, I, I suppose you don't have as much of a relationship with him as I do. Growing up with like Candyman and... Um... See, I've seen Candyman, but I, it, that was only maybe two, three years ago. Um, obviously, I watched The Rock when I was a kid. That was great. But he's not exactly memorable like he gets blown out of a window and called the rocket man by nick cage so um great but uh, like he's not something that's like oh right he's a major part of what i see in films now or anything like that well either way i'll give him some points in this mm-hmm. well loads i think he's the only thing in the sequels that i look forward to um while the the speech is a bit edgy, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Edge boy, you don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. It's uh, it's good. It it still performed very well, and I think I, I could listen to this guy reading the fucking phone book, and I'd be enthralled. He's got um kind of Vincent Price tone to him, that you you could listen to him read anything, watch anything, and he could convey the tone that he wanted to. Beautiful. And I was I said I wasn't gonna sing any more praises, but yeah, it's fucking Tony Todd. So before we jump on with any of that, um I've got some theories for you to go over. Mm-hmm. And since we're at the hour mark okay. Might as well go over them now. Uh, so William Bloodworth, there's a few theories on his actual origin and who he is. It's never explicitly said in any of the films. First before we uh, before I go through them, if you just like rate them out of ten, it'll give me a quick uh idea of what you think of them. Uh, who do you think William Bloodworth is? Have you got any idea? Personally, what you think he is? What him? Him as a character, like what does he mean in the whole? What? Yeah, what story is he? Like William Bloodworth. What actually is he? Is he clearly not just a mortician? Just I randomly th- about. I think that's all he might actually be. I think, at least for me, if someone spends so much time around death, I think they get slightly morbid anyway. I mean, if I worked as a fucking um, as a porter in a hospital, taking dead bodies down to the morgue every day, I think I'd fucking get eventually slightly morbid. I'd be like, "Yeah, I've seen that death before, so whatever." Or desensitized is maybe the better word for it. Desensitized works. Fair enough. So I mean, I'll go through a couple of the other theories. You tell me how uh, well they tread water. As uh, theory number one. 
He is a psychic with massive psychic abilities who has managed to avoid death for years. How, uh, how plausible does that sound? Implausible, very implausible, just because they have no fucking... They show no signs of him being fucking relatively psychic. They're just He knows certain shit. Doesn't mean he's psychic, he just... Okay, they get something. they get more out there, I'm telling you. That, that's one of the more grounded ones. Oh, right, great, okay. Right, he is death. The human embodiment of death. He has that kind of cocky attitude that the... The vague personality of death that you get in this film slightly has. Where he's kind of like, eh? Huh? So, out of ten, plausibility? Let's go with, like, maybe, like, an an average five, just because it could possibly be, but it also could not, not, can't be. Okay, this one's a bit more specific. Um, He's Charon, Karen. The uh, you know, in the the Greek Greece Greek mythology, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy who, the one that rose uh, that that sails the river sticks, the guy who killing um, God of War too, yeah, um, that's actually a bit more plausible if we think like existentially. That that's a bit more plausible because obviously, um, they're. Their burial rites, from what I remember, carrying like you had to leave gold on the corpse's body as like payment to carrion. Two gold so, coins over the eyes. Yeah. So him being car- uh, carrion and being a mortician or a, cre- a crematorium worker or whatever the fuck he is, that makes sense if he's taking care of the bodies and stuff. That's my personal favourite. I think of a lot of yeah. them. Is it, he knows their names. He's got something, or something with him, you know. And he keeps bringing these different theories forward that never work. Granted, like how to cheat death. That that's my personal favorite. He doesn't seem like death to me because he wouldn't be trying to help them, or maybe he would, and he's just fucking with them. Death's too incompetent to manage any of that anyway. Yeah. Shit. And then, yeah, final theory. Um, he is the opposite of death. He's the embodiment of life and is trying to help our protagonists to see the end. Wait, repeat that one, sorry. He's the embodiment of life, like the opposite of death, you know, yin and yang kind of thing. And he's trying to save our protagonists from death's clutches. No, because at no point in this film does he try and help anyone. That's right, yeah. <laughs> he just gives them very cryptic information that doesn't really help them. I mean, to be fair, at no point during their conversation with Tony Todd, with uh, Bloodworth, do they actually ask him anything substantial. Like, I'd, I'd be sitting there genuinely going, right, how do I escape it? What do I do? Yeah. Can you stop being cryptic? Can you just tell me? Yeah. Stop with this riddles bullshit. I was never good at it. Just tell me what I need to do. Yeah. It fucking it pissed me off. If my life's on the line, I'll happily just stand there and go, no, no, just sit down with me, mate. Just tell me in plain fucking English. <laughs> and then whatever he rambles on about, I'll just sit there, just, mate, whatever. Yeah. How do I fucking survive it? Give me three fucking words per sentence. Nothing more than two syllables. Yeah, write it down on a post-it note. If you can't fit it on that post-it note, fuck off. Precisely. <laughs> I 
it, it works obviously in terms of the tone for the film and having him put in there. I think at this point uh, it's just Todd who's dead, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, no one questions the fucking clearly omniscient coroner after all that. I mean, after that you get the bus death, mm-hmm. which they try to replicate in four with George. So Jack is doing the normal Jack thing of trying to be a dick to the one that saved his life. Um, the cheerleader was like, "Eh, you're all, if you're going to spend your time doing this, I'm going to walk away. And then she starts arguing. To be fair, it's her own fault. She turns around in the centre of the road. She's like, well, I'm done. And then, boof. I mean, that, that's one of those ones where death didn't do anything, I think. No. It's think, just her being a fucking idiot, yeah. That's just her being a moron. I mean, for one, death can't control people, so that boss was coming either way. And she's just a fucking idiot that yeah. steps in the middle of the road. Like, um, what was it, from the boys with the flash shit? Just don't stand on the fucking road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're about. So, yeah, with that, um, that, that really puts a morbid tone on the group. It really dampens their spirits. They uh, go from happy-go-lucky to... No, they're just thin in the herd, it's all good. A little sad. And, uh, yeah, they find the pattern of deaths. Go... I don't know if there's enough yet to properly kind of sit down and go, yeah, that's that's what's happening. I think... Yeah, no, they've had two deaths, and they're like, right, we've figured out the pattern. Yeah, I think a lot of these films jump to conclusions a bit. I mean, he's right, but the end of it all, and I suppose he is psychic, so... He's the least powerful psychic of the five films. He never has any like follow-up visions or anything like that. Shame for him, I suppose. Shame for his mates. I love how the FBI as well. They listen to his fucking um, diatribe on this is the pattern of deaths, this is death's design. And they go, yeah, sure. Yeah, we've got to let you go now because we've got nothing to hold you on because the police have never just held someone for no fucking reason. And you're clearly not insane. Place in this film was so ineffectual, so useless. To be fair, what are they going to do against death? <laughs> yeah, I meant that to sound as stupid as it sounds. That or again, they're fucking terrified of Alex. <laughs> the second the cameras are off, they just get this fucker out of here. I don't want to see him. Yeah, I don't that... want to die. So they must have thought, okay, he's he's blown up, he's blown up a, a an aeroplane. He's managed to get his best friend to strangle himself to death um, he's teleported a bus out of nowhere and killed a cheerleader with it, we are fucking terrified yeah uh, that... that's what I'm saying, Is that the only thing they can think of is this is the world's greatest assassin and it, 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 you should stay as far, the f- you should go continents away from this prick he can kill you wherever you are, find a fucking middle of nowhere in Mexico just a shack so I'm gonna I'm I'm doing this solely to annoy you, but there's an episode of Supernatural <laughs> where this kid has uh like telekinesis powers, and um he kills he kills people by floating a gun up and then shooting them in the head without actually touching it or knocking someone's ladder while they're climbing above like a buzzsaw or like. They do loads of shit like that, or this kid does loads of shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And it just reminds me of this, just because he's like, roll, t- bus. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm, I'm going to blow up 
this air this uh, airplane's engine from the inside of the plane or from fucking a mile away inside the terminal. He's just as clean. His record at the moment. They're not holding yeah. him. They're not holding the telekinesis prac. So he's all right at the minute. I mean, to be fair, I think it breaks the law of plausibility when he starts checking his teacher's tires before she dies, and the FBI yeah. doing nothing about it. The fuck is that about? Like, did he get a? He doesn't get a vision of like uh-huh. her going out for a drive and crashing the car, or like her tires popping and exploding into a face or anything, does I mean, he? he? He's paranoid. That I can live with. Like, he's checking fucking everything. The police then go over and go, "Oh, what were you doing? I was checking her tires." That's fair enough. You can go. No, but that's okay. No, that's it's completely fucked because you're spe- you've spent the entire film going, "You're gonna die. You're gonna die. You're gonna die." And then you go to a woman's house at midnight, and then go, "I'm just checking tires. Don't worry." That's my fucking point. I, like, I'm not. I'm not cutting the brake cables. He's paranoid. The police though should be sitting there going, "He's fucking mental. and He's gonna kill her." Yeah. He should have already been arrested and at least in custody, and then she dies because, like, 16 knives fall into her chest or whatever the fuck happened. And then the police release the be like, because... Oh. <laughs> no, they go, oh, fucking, cle- how did he do that? How the yeah, fuck did cle- he start that? Clearly, he's the best assassin that's ever lived because he killed that woman and he wasn't even there. <laughs> fuck me. Let's go. Let's leave. He's got he's got people that do it with him. That's without fingerprints or anyone being seen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he, he's spotted obviously running her out from the house, which is um, she she dies in one of the more convoluted ways. There's there's a few steps here and there, and um, which I think seem more impressive than they are in writing. It's what people forget is you're not writing from the start to the end. You're writing from the end to the start. With uh-huh. most of these death scenes, the actual screenwriters are going, okay, we're going to kill her off in this way. How can that happen? Okay, what's the dominoes chain that allows that to happen? What happens with that? You've got a while to think through this. I think what I think what gets me is, is specifically with this death. So I think she cuts her hand and she's bleeding all over the floor. She cuts somewhere and she's bleeding all over the floor. She slips and then instead of standing back up she just reaches for the counter pulls a towel off which pulls like the the knife block off which stabs her in the chest which doesn't kill her but she's like ah that really hurts which to be fair you've just been impaled with a a sharp blade so fine and then he comes into the house tries to help her or something I think he knocks something over, or she does, or like so, like that, uh, like a table falls onto her, like onto the blade, which pushes it deeper, and then that's like no nope, instant death. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking while you were going through that, I'd her on the ground, just going, "Oh, that hurt." Thinking, have you seen, <laughs> Le, have you seen Les Mis? No, Les Miserables, where um, Hugh Jackman and uh, Anne Hathaway die of unexplained diseases. I think like that was just Final Destination death, just giving up. And he's just fucking to kill them with yeah, random like, unnamed oh, disease. I guess stabber. I guess fucking whatever. Uh, yeah. So checking the tires, she ends up dying. I, yeah, it's all that. I mean, the, the computer gets um, vodka as well. She sloshes it up, and it liquefies and fucking electrocutes everything. Definitely have a far harder time in this country as well. This is going to be 
the most boring thing I talk about on this podcast ever. But um, the UK has some of the safest plug sockets and plugs <laughs> in the world. Okay, well, that's the first time I've heard that. Just bearing in mind that um, my brother had so many uh, plugs into one plug socket that it exploded. But carry yeah, your on. Brother's, your brother's a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, I'm not arguing with that. The free prong method that we have with the safety uh-huh. wire, with the earthing wire, and with the live wire is by far and away the safest design anyone's ever come up with, um, which I think is the reason we're allowed to have kind of like the 240 volts, 230 mm. volts, which allows us to have fucking functional kettles and stuff. Yeah. Fuck you, America, with your, with your fucking coffee makers to make tea. Shit. Yeah, we, we have the safest plugs. And fucking cups, cunts. I, d- I know we're safer than the Europeans, uh, two-prong. I know for a fact that we're better than that. Yeah, but every time I buy like a face shaver or something, they give me the two-prong. Like, oh, we're doing you a favour here. Like, motherfucker, I don't have one of those two-prong things in my bathroom. I need to get the adapter just so I can put it into a normal fucking plug socket, you cunts. What are you buying from France? Are you fucking crossing no. the border to get your plugs? I just buy normal fucking... Normal ones. The ball shaver, that's alright. So if um if uh, Manscaped want to sponsor us, then... No, I've already bought your products. <laughs> uh, that'd be a fun way to die, actually, in Final Destination. Ball shave cut. <laughs> that, that'd have some side eyes. Discussion following. Uh, fuck, where were we? <laughs> Um, teacher dead. Yeah, teacher's right. dead. So everyone kind of um, groups up at this point. There's a few discussions existential about Claire's fucking dad getting shot in the back of the head because someone with a gruff lower voice that he doesn't recognise goes, don't turn around, and he thinks, oh, it's a joke, and gets shot in the back of the fucking head. Uh-huh. I mean, that depends where you are. If you're in Wolverhampton and you do that, you deserve to get shot in the back of the fucking head. If you do that like Brooklyn. To be fair, I think if anyone did that to me, I'd turn around... I mean, yeah, he gets shot in the back of the fucking head. Yeah, that that's... Whether I know the voice or not, I think I'd just be like, oh, fuck it, might as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, yeah, just discuss all that stuff back and forth about fucking parents dying, imminent mortality, not seeing 18. Just standard stuff. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, uh, so he watches his teacher die. Yeah. And then he runs out the back door. And front the door. Jo- oh, sorry, front door. The jock sees him run away, and then the house explodes. And once again, assassin. Yeah. Is the only the only port of call. Is the the assumption is this kid has killed half his fucking classmates. Yeah, he's made this thing up to kind of make himself look like he has premonitions and stuff. But he's just blown up a plane. <laughs> he's blown up a plane to make it look like he's got premonitions. And then he's made it look like an accident. We'll then, then he goes around killing all of the people that survived. Just so he could be like, yeah, fucking premonitions, man. Yeah, I'm laughing for a reason. It'll come obvious at the end of the second one. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so uh, they end up driving about. The jock's a fucking moron. Yeah. Just starts driving like a madman. I, d- I don't know why. Although, to be fair, you've just seen... I wouldn't say friend, but you've just seen this guy 
who saved your life go basically run out of an exploding house with the, where his teacher lived. Um, he gets everyone into the car and he's basically like, right, we're all gonna fucking die right now. I'm just gonna drive us into the fucking train, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck us up somehow. And you remember that scene from uh, Groundhog Day where Bill Murray starts driving down the train tracks because he knows we'll come back the next day. I'm I'm gonna upset you again, Kieran. You haven't seen Groundhog Day. No. Nope. Wow. Right. It's like the opposite of that. It's fucking morons who know they're gonna die and then put themselves in terrible situations. Why Death didn't just take a fucking oh let's just run this over, just yeah. get this fucking over because he's a prima donna. That's why. Because he needs the attention. I want to kill you all one by one, not all as Because Death's a fucking 16-year-old girl who wants attention. I want you all to know... Modern Death, I bet you guys are only fans. Fucking up himself. Uh, yeah, this is where the, the head chopping scene comes in, which, again, it's it's quick, it's clean. Yeah. To be fair, I'd rather, I'd rather get decapitated so I have an instant death than possibly strangle myself to death in a bathtub. Or get stabbed by a creepy kid that um, tries to frame it. Like was it Futurama? Death by Snoo Snoo? Oh yeah, Death by Snoo Snoo. So always the classic. As I said, I'd still go for like autoerotic association surrounded by hookers and cocaine. You go out like a fucking legend. Nah, I'm a pussy. I'm I'm like, anything that has pain involved, I don't want it. If I'm going to die, it's going to be with a Tyrion fucking Lannister method. 80 with the girls around my dick. That's... (laughs) If I have to die, which I mean, I know I do, but if you know when you're going to go, you might as well go out with a bang, literally. Um, there's there's a thing introduced as well where there's a kind of saving people killing order in this film, where if you save a person, death skips. Yeah, if if you're able to dodge what's coming or if you're able to save the per- next person in line, it skips them to the next person, which is fucking stupid. Because it's still a circle. It's going to come around and get you eventually. It's just you have a bit more time to think of how it's going to fucking kill you next time. Oh, this is going to be important when I get to the... Uh, I'm, I'm doing something at the end of the second film, a few film proposals. It's going to be important for that. Okay. Film proposals. For this, that's 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 integral too. So do keep that at the back of your head. Mm-hmm. I quite like it. It has some... Uh, I was trying to find the... And like past tense for dynamic, dynam dynamism, dynamism. I know there's a word there. Wait, you you have a kind of um, a way to fight death that's not really fighting death. Something you can actually do to stall it, or at least you know forego death's own plans. Otherwise, uh, the problem with a lot of horror films, the problem with these certainly that could have fell into is. Uh, passive protagonists where the antagonist you know the villain Hmm. the big scary fucking freddy krueger um michael myers nine those fucking like uh in a lot of jason stuff in a lot of friday the 13th jason is the one who dictates where the plot's gonna go his actions move it along and the protagonists the campers do fuck all other than react to what he's doing yeah which in terms of yeah in terms of this film it would have been so easy to do, to just have absolutely passive protagonists who do nothing all through the film and just die one by one, which in the later films it definitely is. Yeah. It, like What they do doesn't affect how they die or what they progress on. They're completely passive in a lot of the later films. 
Uh, the third film's sort of the exception. And a little... No, not even the second one. It's kind of dictated to them. In this film, Devin Sauer's actions actually affect the plot in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff occurs because of what he does and because of what some of the protagonists do, which is impressive in a way when you've got such an existential killer that can't really be fought. And that saving people stuff gives them the opportunity to have a, a slightly active protagonist who yeah. can kind of affect the plot and push it forward, because otherwise you're going to have nothing there. So I, I kind of commend them for coming up with a way to give their protagonist something to do. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've got nothing against that. Because with uh, when the jock goes fucking ape shit and is like, I'm going to kill us all and all that, um, he parks up on a train track uh, thinking, yep, fine, just going to let this train hit me. And as it gets closer, he's like, oh no, fuck, please save me because I'm really scared and I'm a bitch. Um, So he does, he saves him. And then because he's saved him, it skips straight on to Sean William Scott and he gets decapitated almost instantly. Gone, taken out the film. It's fairly clean, yeah. Yeah. Straight in and out. I have to believe that that was Sean William Scott's like thing. Like, I want to be killed quickly because I've got other shit to do. I'm probably filming like American Pie in a couple of weeks. So. I think Sean William Scott has that much stuff going on. Oh, not anymore. But not that actually. No, he was at the height of American Pie. He actually did yeah. have shit going on. He was a busy fucking man. He was a sought after person, a celebrity in his own right. Sean William Scott. Taking the lead. I don't want to feel like I'm trashing the guy because he does a very good job in this. With that, kind of passing forward, um, Claire's a moron. She tries to save her idiot dog. Death comes for her. Because Alex realises that if they didn't change seats, then uh, she'd be the one who dies. So, yeah. she She's kind of next in the list. Alex ends up sacrificing himself by grabbing um, some... Yeah, of the car because she's being kept in. I'm sure there's ways around it, but you wouldn't fucking think of it where you're in that situation. So I mean, he was in a garage. Did, did like most garages have like like rubber gloves, but they have like gloves that have rubber on them, so he could probably do that. Or I can't remember if it's um oh, I can't remember, but I think his shoes. He can do something with his shoes or something. But yeah, he wouldn't think of it at the time. Yeah. One thing I fucking hate in the horror community, it's absolutely right and rampant, is this um, that, that the kind of classic uh, survivalist. The death outlook. fake out, is that what you mean? No, not that. Oh. No, not in film. It's just like the fans. It's those fucking how to survive videos that get shoved about online. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking how would you survive? Which it is always bullshit regardless of the fucking film. Because you can never tell what you're actually going to do in a situation of tension. But in the Final Destination films, for fuck's sake, they're actively built to kill you. And they will kill you. That's the whole point of the film, is the Final Destination. You aren't surviving it. What kind of fucking up-your-own-ass survivalist, I'm fucking Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal-type motherfucker do you have to be to think you could survive the Final Destination film? Steven Seagal is the only person who would sit around. I could picture going, yeah, I could take on Final Destination. I oh, could yeah. punch it into submission. I could use my Tai Chi to throw it over myself. And it, it, 
I, I, I could take it. Eat it whole. To be fair, the fat bastard looks like he could eat it, so I'm just saying. I mean, and it's Aikido, thank you very much. I know oh, enough shit right. stuff about Steven Seagal that it's Aikido, not Tai Chi. Fucking forced Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, you always see those... Um, you always see those fake videos where a dude is hitting people with his chi. Like, not even... He's standing about 20 feet away from them and he yeah. does this stupid hand movement and they all fall over. Um, uh, the and, terror of the idea of Steven Seagal falling on them. <laughs> yeah, I think that would terrify me too. You fucking people who create the videos of how to survive, that's who I picture you being. Steven fucking Seagal, that's who you are. The arrogance of Seagal. Feel ashamed. Fucking hate them. I know I shouldn't, but... It, it's the same energy as Cinema Sins. It's just so blatantly fucking fake entertainment. Yeah, but Cinema Sins is great. I like Cinema Sins. There's a lot of shit in Cinema Sins. Yeah, but that's why... It's why we do this. That They do it because they enjoy it, and we do this because we enjoy it, and we know people are going to be like, fucking these two twats. <laughs> yeah, but I admit I don't know anything about any of this shit. He fucking doesn't. Same for those how to survive shit. That how to survive that that pisses me off for this. Yeah, that they I, exist is blatantly I, ridiculous. That, that seems to be popping up more on my YouTube recently. I don't know why I don't watch that shit, but it's like how to survive the Last of Us, and I'm like, fucking, you're dead. There's yeah. no way to do it. It, it. There's not a fucking survival guide. There's no pamphlet for this shit. That's such a bullshit, right? Uh. So, Alex somehow isn't in jail after all this stuff, which just hits me as ridiculous. It's the American fucking justice system. There's a story, right? And this is going to be a bit sad. You can skip ahead if you want to not have to listen to this. But there's a a person with LD who was about 40, 50, uh, a good few years ago, about 20 years ago, who was uh, convicted of raping a girl in this country. It was purely on the conviction, a guy with like an IQ of 45, 50. Um, he wasn't anywhere near her on the date. There was no evidence for it, but the police just reamed him and got a conviction out of him eventually. And he spent years in prison until uh, they found the actual rapist who was then put in prison. This guy was released, um, at which point he was fucked. Like his head was gone, mentally gone. His mother was dead, like two weeks after, and his dad died shortly after, and this guy's life was just fucked. Completely ruined. The police, I'm sure you're happy to fucking know, was fine. Didn't go to jail or anything. My point being, right, that the police are so fucking corrupt in a lot of these jurisdictions that Alex should have been on the death fucking sentence within seconds in any realistic world. I know he's a fucking white college boy. But my god, this would be the easiest open and shut case for some police jurisdictions out there. Oh, you, you're saying because they're crooked, they'd be like, oh, these deaths clearly were attributed to someone, so let's just blame him. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. He'd be in jail. I think if I was going to rewrite it, I'd have had him in jail. Rather than deciding, you know what we should do? We should go to Paris on a plane. Yeah. That's a good fucking idea. You know the place where everyone died? Let's just go there. Let's get on another fucking... I'll never get on a plane again in my life. 
Although, to be fair, we said this about... Um, what fucking film was it? It was a bag of shit. Um, That's narrowing it down. Escape Room? What about Escape Room? The woman, the woman was terrified of getting on a plane because... Because her her mum and dad died on the plane, and she was like the only survivor, and blah blah blah. She drives across the country. Yeah, she drives across random. the country, like gets these people possibly arrested, and then she goes, "Let's get on a plane." Yeah, fucking stupid. I wouldn't if if a plane blew up in front of my face, I'd be like, "Right, looks like I'm never going on holiday." Yeah, I'd stay the fuck away from it forever. I'll be mortified, petrified, PTSD. I get get fucking... I get really anxious if I hear... uh, Bearing in mind, I live at least 10, 15 miles away from an airport. Fair, for an aeroplane, that's not very far. But if I hear an aeroplane going above my house, I get terrified because I've watched Donnie Darko before and the fucking, like... Just having an engine... Of a plane falling through my roof and crushing me while I sleep terrifies me. <laughs> That's a weird one. Do you, do you, would you classify Donnie Darko as the artistic version of Final Destination? There's a lot of comparisons you can make. Yeah, it's very similar. A lot of narrative similarities. So the only difference is I like Donnie Darko. Yeah, I'm saying that Donnie Darko is the, um, the, the non-B-movie version of this concept. Oh, then yes, yes. There you go. That's my that's my film uh, um, recommendation. Recommendation for you for later. Watch Danny Darko instead of this. <laughs> I just realised I put a fucking Harry Styles One Direction pun at the end of my uh, notes on Final Destination One. Is it him? Him covering his face in bacon. He looks so hot. No, it's stop you crying. It's a sign of the times. That's oof. I don't get it. Uh, there was a big sign that killed the last guy. Oh right! And uh, fucking like final destination, time of death, and all that. That's uh, I'm disappointed myself at that one. Genuinely, I don't get the reference, but I'm still disappointed in you. If that helps. I know you're a big fan of Harry Styles. Definitely. I expected you to manage that one. There's a video of me singing um, One Direction on the internet as a little blonde-haired child. <laughs> That's probably a bit too mean. You might want to cut that out. No, I'm keeping <laughs> a link. I'm putting a link in the description when I find that. Uh, I'll send it to you. Yeah, we're getting a link in the description for that one. Well done. You're welcome. Fuck it, might as well jump on, to be fair. Uh, go through Final Destination 2. Because, yeah, I mean, pretty much all that happens at the end of Final Destination 1, one of the guys is killed by a massive sign. It's a bit over the top, looks a bit shit, to be honest. Of the deaths, I'm far more uh, in line with the kind of simple ones that don't require too much of a push, like the the boss, the uh, bit of sheet metal, the strangulation. I prefer those than this uh, kind of sign thing, just ridiculous over the top, smacking him off. But each their own. Uh, Alex dies between films, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They they say that a brick falls onto his head. During, like, in between the films, which I think is fucking hilarious. Oh, I, I wish I could have seen that. Just a quick, like, dunk. Bonk. And then just watch him fucking fall down with little cartoon stars over his head. Yeah. It would have been fucking great. 
Right, so Final Destination 2. Spring Break. That was the best one, by the way. I should uh, take mention. Final Destination 1, by far and away, the best of the franchise. Yeah. All downhill from here. Bearing in mind, I did shit on that one quite a lot. It's still the best of these five, so... Mm. You're welcome. It's all the same, to be honest. We're not going to completely do our usual shtick, where we go scene by scene, because I don't want to say the same thing five times. Just listen to the first part of this five times and you'll get an inkling of what the other four films are. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of um, jump about a little bit. I'm okay with that. I, if if I can talk about these last ones the least, I'd be happy. So, cast and crew. Director uh, David R. Ellis. He's usually a second unit head cinematography. Uh, he's also done Snakes on a Plane, uh, Shark Night 3D, and Homeward Bound 2, uh, the like dog films, you know? The fucking like talking dogs heading home. Uh, an asylum, which is quite fitting because most of the CGI in these films feel like an asylum movie. The writers, uh, Eric Bress, who's going to come up quite a bit actually, Ghosts of War, uh, Final Destination 4, and Bits and Pieces. Just a lot of shit. Uh, also, Bringing Death to Life, the film, and The Butterfly Effect. Uh, Jay Mac- Mackie. Gruber, uh, who also did the butterfly effect. Uh, I think she worked with Breast directly during all that stuff. Casting wise, we've got Ali Car- Ali Carter. I want to say Ali Carter every time. Ali Larter coming back as Claire Rivers in Resident Evil uh, Extinction. Obviously, same stuff. Legally Blonde obsessed. Honest to God, I thought she was named Claire until the second film, and I saw a name like wrote down and went, "Oh, what the fuck is this?" I swear that the actual actors thought it was Claire as well up until the second film. I can hear it now a bit better, but some of them are sure say fucking Claire. Uh, Tony Todd makes another reappearance coming to this. AJ Cook, who played by Kim, uh, playing Kimberly, who's in Criminal Minds, another fucking alumni of the uh, podcast Wishmaster Free. If you remember that jewel. Hey. The worst of the Wishmasters. Wait, no, four was the worst. Not according to you. And your oh yeah, not according to rom-com me. Rom-com obsessed head. Not not according to me because that that film that film was pure gold. But for you, that three was one of the well wasn't the worst one. No, arguably was. To be fair, oh, okay. both of them were awful. Wishmaster four and three are fucking interchangeable. Wishmaster four was far cheaper. The only fucking difference. Both of them were terrible. Oh, three's the films. action film, isn't it? Yeah, oh, in the yeah. university with um, the Archangel Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, Archangel Gabriel and is it Sean Connery's son? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking terrible. Uh, oh, she also has been Virgin Suicides. Uh, you've also got, I was trying to figure out a joke on suicides then. It would be too distasteful. Michael Landers uh, is playing Tommy Burke, who's the police officer. Uh, it was in Hooten and the Lady, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Um, I can't remember who he played now. I have watched him. No, I can't remember who he did. He looks like a Jimmy Olsen to me, though. <laughs> Little pathetic. Also in Possession. And then uh, Keegan Connor Tracy, who played Cat. Uh, was in Z, 2019. Uh, Dead Rising Endgame. Don't know if you've seen them, but they've got the absolute worst Frank West ever put to media. And she was in Once Upon a Time, who I can't fucking remember her in it. The, uh, you know, the Jennifer Morrison... CW stuff? I think it was CW. Mm, nope. That kind of had four good seasons and then a lot of crap. 
budget box office. So budget of 26 million US dollars. Uh, box office less than the first one. Quite considerably, actually. 90,426,405. Uh, so just one bit of trivia for this. It's going to really dry up as we go through. Real logs were tested for the crash sequence, but they didn't bounce enough. Therefore, the logs are CGI in this film. Uh, one of the props I'm going to give to these films is at least the first three. I'm fairly sure. I think the fourth one does as well. The fifth one, sorry, does as well. Uh, they use practical effects. A lot of practical stuff that does look very fucking good. Also comes with the problem for me with these films is by the second one and all the way through to the fifth one, really, you're not looking for the actual story. You're looking for the deaths, right? You're looking for the elaborate fucking death scenes. Yeah. The thing is, I can watch, like, Green Room and watch um, Patrick Stewart chainsaw a guy's arm off and get the story of Green Room as well, rather than watching someone get their arm chainsawed off and nothing else. I, I can watch... If I want nothing but like, people dying in horrific ways, I can watch August Underground. Or if I want story, I so said I can watch Blue Ruin or Green Room. Or yeah, the chat it, built it, if I it, want. It seems to be a topic we touch on quite a lot, but it seems to be in it. the The first one has more of a story to it. It always ends up being that, like the first one, always has like a decent story to it, or it has like some kind of redeeming quality. And then after that, it's just like, oh, people turned up for the gore porn, so let's just make it that. Actually, yeah, why there are there are films out there that have story and gore. Just yeah. go for them rather than giving you money to stuff like this. I think I'd rather see a decent new um, intellectual property um, that has some kind of story than a sec- or a sequel to a film that I actually enjoyed and it being shit because they've just taken one element of it and go let's turn that up to 10 and then turn everything else down i mean uh talking about turn up to 10 pretty much everything in this film now has given up on uh-huh. retaining retaining that and it, it just goes yeah we're, we're for the gore we know you're here for the gore uh so you've got a credit sequence with a nerving imagery that goes way too far with like spiders it's just unrealistic it's a bit stupid i don't know what kind of whereabouts they are they look um do they ever say where they are? I'm trying to think. It's like Vermont kind of territory. Uh, filming, I, presumably. But yeah, it, I, I genuinely don't know. We're talking the Great Lakes of America kind of thing. Yeah, I'd Greenery assume so. Territory. Just shitty kind of fly-by state. It's not shitty. I'm <laughs> sure you're perfectly nice people. Got a fly-by state. Uh, and the film gets way too fucking clever with the philosophy as well. It thinks it's a lot fucking smarter than it is. Uh-huh. It's, it gets ridiculous. The butterfly effect, which I'll go into later, which they have no understanding of, and it completely derails the entire fucking series. Uh, it's just they just mess with everything in this. So on something more grounded, um, I don't know if we touched on it before. Probably, but it, it's never actually substantial. Um, Actually, no, in Yoga Hoses, I'm sure we fucking touched on it. I'm certain, not, just fucking last week. Adults writing teens. You yeah. were, yeah, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you, you were saying adults just shouldn't do it because it seems like they forgot what being a teen 
was, or they grew up in a different generation, so they grew up thinking, oh, our teens used to do this, so clearly teens still do this. And they just don't anymore. Well, I don't think it's even that. I think it's our teens used to do this, but today's teens are even more crass, so we have to go further. Oh, yeah. Not not thinking that, oh, maybe they don't say I'm horny in front of their mate's dad, because that's really awkward for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what fucking childhood these people lived, or if they were, like, bred in some Hollywood screenwriter fucking room, where they just came out well, to be fair, at age 40, balding. To be fair, it's coming out a lot recently that a load of people from... The films are being sex predators and stuff, so maybe they just had a really fucked up childhood. <laughs> oh, for Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fucking horrible. That's really <laughs> sad. It, it makes so much sense. Yeah. That people who write horny teens were just molested as children. That's so sad. Okay, I'm going to move on now. Yeah, like I said, nihilistic. <laughs> or just grew up as a Catholic. Or that, yeah. I'm a Protestant. Yeah, uh, our priests had very, very dusty dicks. They didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Not cute enough, kid. You sound slightly upset about that, kid. <laughs> In retrospect, <laughs> uh, yeah, we it, it gets far more over at this point, far more on the nose. A lot of the imagery they use. I mean, you had. Um, I'm going to use the really pretentious term for it: the uh, pathetic fallacy. Which, like, if you fucking in year 10 English, year 7 English, you know, is using weather to um, dictate mood, to reflect mood of the characters. In the first film, it, they did it a lot. You had lightning going off where uh, stuff was being revealed. You had rain in melancholy points. In the second and the third film, it goes utterly fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I noticed it more in the third film. Than I did these two. But I know what you mean. It's just a number of things that are quite cheap. That screenwriters who don't know what they're really doing shove in to say, oh, this is how we can emphasise this. This is what we can do here. It's a lack of subtlety that the first film, I hate to say it, had in droves. A fucking Final Destination film being incredibly subtle, nuanced and uh, understated. It was, yeah, perfectly fine. There are also stereotypes as we go on. Granted, in the first film, they weren't, like, the fucking most nuanced characters in the world. They didn't have fucking backstories that go eight pages long. They didn't have fucking, like, secrets and a million personality traits. But there were at least people. I think from, from this point onwards, that every one of the supporting cast is a complete cardboard cutout. We've got fucking the stoner, the cop, the... Uh, Final girl, the pregnant woman, um, the rich douchebag. Who am I? Who am I forgetting? Um, aggressive black man. Uh, aggressive, very stereotypical black man. Oh, uh, businesswoman that has too much, uh, <laughs> too much busy work to actually pay attention to anything. So there's that woman too. Oh, mommy's boy. Yeah. Um, and then child and older older mum. I'm not wrong, am I? It's fucking stereotypes all the way through after this. Yeah, pretty much. I can't remember the fucking name. Like, in the first film, I can remember um, 
Oh, shit. <laughs> what? I can remember Alex. I can remember Claire. I can remember... Um... Oh, fuck. Really shouldn't have set myself up there. I should have paused it and just looked at the names. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't name people. I just go, so, Jock or Shit Cup or something. Well, this is perfect for you. Yeah, I don't make that mistake. <laughs> right, so the accident itself uh, takes about 10 minutes to get kicked off, which is far too fucking long. Yeah, they, they, they set up like the whole, oh, there's a cup behind them, but they're smoking weed in the back of a car and there's a, a biker woman that's showing her titties. Ooh. And I'm like, just, we know what we're here for. Just, you know, just show us what we're here for. Yeah, the characters are being actually set up with the titties and shit. They die yeah. immediately. It's for the, it's, I know it's for them to have like a little clever, ooh, look at this. It's in reverse order. It's not the same as the first film for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, no substantial... She didn't fucking get saved in a mirror factory in a fucking fun house. There's no reason it should be in reverse order. It's just because Death's taking the piss. And he's doing this for fun. Clearly, he's just having a blast. Is he set up his fucking self? Um, so the accident itself... I think we said... Well, I mean, I went, I think it was, what, 2 one three four five, Or one three two four five. Yeah, one three two four five. Uh, this still is pretty damn good, accident-wise. It looks decent. Uh, what do you reckon to it? Just the general but the whole the whole, um, yeah, the whole death the like destruction scene, the log shit. Yeah, um, it was a bit long. So when with the first one, it was very quick. It was like okay, so the fucking this exp- like this starts going fucking. That explodes. That like the plane explodes. Basically, that like fucking. It was very. You get what's happening, whereas for some reason this was like, oh, they they dodged that one, they dodged this, they dodged that log, they they almost hit that bus, but they didn't, and then they go, all right, that that's how they die. I get they're trying to set like um an order and how every like. Everyone dies in like a specific order. I understand that, but do you? Does anyone this, keep track of the most autistic yeah, fucking like, people? Is anyone sitting in the cinema going, "All right, so in the first one, everyone died like in this order"? I'm going to take a notepad in there and. Uh, oh, you know you've got some fucking fat guy who updates the Wikipedia. He's got nothing else he does with his life. God bless him. He does a service to the rest of us. But he's pathetic. Remind me to update the Wikipedia anyway. So, um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. I I just. uh, For for these films in particular, I don't think it matters. You could just be like, okay, so this happens, they all die, fine. You don't have to show me them dying in order. You could just tell me. I think this is one of the things where. Telling me and not showing me is where I'm perfectly happy. Just going, okay, yeah, that's fine. What you just want the kind of um, the like nameplates to come up at the I, end with like fucking action movie introductions with not, he'll be no, the first, he'll I be just, the second. I just want them to kind of go, all right. So in my premonition, this is like, like you don't oh, right. have to, yeah, you don't have to be like, oh fucking so. 
so like in the first one he he has like a template of the 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 plane and the the um yeah wherever everyone's sitting and blah 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 and then he works out like this person would have died first and whatever you could have done that and just been like okay so in my premonition this is like that person crashes that car first write that down that person crashes that car second write that down you don't have to be like oh i'm going to show you everyone that dies and how they die because we're trying to bloat the time because we don't really know what else you want us to put in this story it upsets me when people add shit on to like something that could have been 20 minutes and they add shit on to bloat the timeline just because they want to get more money out of you and i'm like fuck just we get it everyone's gonna die at the end just skip to it i think the only part that does my head in on the whole pile up and the, the whole accident stuff is the propane in the cars the fucking semtex they have lined in every fucking film every single one for some reason the cars explode in these massive hellfire storms. I can't stand it. Yeah. Is it not enough for people to see like cars being broken, bodies being flown out, being flown bloody bits, being scraped against the glass as they come out stripped like fucking meat, like fucking kebab sticks going through it? Is that not enough? You have to have this explosion no. as well. Yes. We like things that go bang. Maybe. This is a conspiracy theory here, but maybe the explosion's cheaper than showing the bodies being mutilated. Ooh, hmm. maybe you're right. Pure conspiracy, but maybe uh, someone can tell me if anyone knows any special effects artists. I think that it true? just takes more time, so maybe it costs them more in the long run of just going, oh, we have to, we have to make it look like this person's been shredded, and that takes more time. So let's just make a boom, and then they go, we're they're dead. Uh, so with all that. After the whole build-up, which is really good. I, I do recommend you looking it up. It's, it's, it is well done, other than the blowing up stuff. The first three films, I, I'll stand by and say that the um, disaster parts are good. After that, they were a complete failure. Abject. But at these points, yeah, fucking thumbs up. Like, 7 out of 10. Well done. Uh, her mates are killed by a runaway driver who presumably wasn't deaf. He's just a dog. A dog. A dick. He's a duck. Quack, quack, motherfucker. As he fucking slams into their car, unless it's like 50 ducks that are being controlled by death, just free kids in a trench that, coat. That's a possibility. You know what death's like. You can control pigeons. And then, yeah, we get the um, whole police scene, which is really just exposition central. It's to bring everyone up to speed to give an idea of what the first film was, which, again, I think... If you ever do a sequel, and this is to anyone who's making a horror sequel, just assume the people who are watching your film have seen the first one. You don't need to give them the information. If they haven't, it's their fucking fault. If they go straight into the new one, it's fucking Final Destination. They get the gist. It's not like it's a complicated fucking plot. No, you don't need to fucking... People die and they're going to die again if they escape it. It's not fucking good, fellas. There's not ins and outs, there's not twists, it's not the mechanist, the machinist. Just just go on with it, just get on with it, and show us the deaths. Uh, yeah, so we got Kid who wins the lotto, he's first to go, fucking won the lotto, the luckiest guy alive. The police chief kept saying he's so lucky, he's so amazingly lucky. lucky. Presumably he's going to retire tomorrow, and he's got a wife and fucking kids waiting for him somewhere. It's, just, 
It's a shame no one actually took the piss out of this, no one made a joke. In the actual film. You could have done something funny with that. Um, I also hate the line of dialogue they use within the police station, where uh, our guy, our cop, walks over to Kimberly um, and says, and I quote, uh, I know you've gone over all this with Detective Subi, um, and this is unquote, but we need to expose it for the audience, so if you could please tell us it all again, just, yeah, for no apparent reason, because I could have just given the interview in the first case, in the first mm. place. Just just let him do the interview. You don't need to add that clunky piece of dialogue in. I know it's really small, but it really detracts from the flow of the whole thing. Uh, so the cop believes the girl pretty much instantly. You find out later down the line that he kind of already thought the whole Alex thing was true. It's become a bit of a public phenomena. Mm. Yeah, no one else does. No one else gives a shit. They just think this is a random occurrence, which to be fair, I think I would lean on the side of this is um, a freak accident, personally. Yeah. For, I I don't watch the news or read read newspapers or any of that shit just because half of the stuff is fucking depressing these days. But even if even if I did know about like some dude that had premonitions and was able to tell like like something that's similar to the flight one eighty or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't think I'd be like, oh everyone has that fucking gift now. <laughs> Everyone's able to see like something that's like some fucking disaster that's about to happen. Everyone's able to do that, or at least one person that's in the disaster is able to do that now. I'd just be like, oh, weird coincidence, I guess. Yeah, I mean, no shit. No one had immediately jumped to it. She's a psychic. I, to be honest, my first assumption would be this bitch fucking stopped. Someone looked over to see what was going on and crashed. That that would be my first assumption. Yeah, going into this, and I'd I'd end up dead. Granted, so yeah, <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking all the BDSM shit. But yeah, hey. Uh, first, I think this is the first death in the series as well that we get where I don't think death had a part to play at all, and the guy was just a moron. You, you remember the the ladder death? Yeah. Where and I'm gonna go through bit by bit. Um just for the sake of the audience, if anyone hasn't seen it in quite a while. So, first things first, the guy puts a load of chicken wings into a microwave and sets it on. All electronic appliances in this uh, universe, by the way, are complete fucking death traps. They're designed terribly. They have, for some reason, no stop point on their, like, their power output. These things can be fucking nuclear reactors. If you let it have enough power, go to it. These things can fucking power the sun. If you gave it enough time and just kept increasing the voltage, they're terrifying. Fucking melt you up. Who the like the fucking tanning booth and the laser thing? That yeah. fucking we'll get to that when we get to it. But like this guy shoves this stuff in the microwave, just turns it on, leaves it going, drops his ring down a garbage chute, like a disposal thing. In my presumption, give his hand is going to get cut up. But the idiot puts his hand down there to get his ring and gets stuck, which is mistake number one. The moron then can't seem to get his fucking hand out of garbage disposal. Somehow he gets it out later. He then, after a series of unfortunate events, proceeds to climb down a fire chute, fire escape, uh, falls down a ladder which doesn't fully go down, 
and then he proceeds to eye-fuck the ladder for a solid, like, two minutes, just staring at the end of it, laughing that, oh, the ladder, silly ladder, it didn't come down, it should have come down, it should come down any minute now, and I'm going to stare at it as it longingly lusts, this rusty bit of metal directly above my eye. Oh, well, that's funny, it fell down and killed me. I wonder why it did that. I wonder how that occurred. It's not as if I was sitting under a ladder for a solid fucking four hours having a fucking picnic. I I hate this person. Yeah, it was like he was supposed to stand up and like a dustbin lid was supposed to explode off the bed or something because of gas. And then it would have decapitated him, but he would just lay on the floor and got killed by a ladder instead. (laughs) You just see around the corner like... Hundreds of cars that suddenly stop and loads of people get out and go, oh, fuck. Yeah, where <laughs> was I supposed to go now? <laughs> Just bank robbers running around with guns and cops. And, oh, and mine. We'll go back. Yeah. Get ready for the next one. A lot of people practice to that death. That's <laughs> a fuck it up. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, you ever have that thing where you're like, right, I need to go do this. You get about halfway and you're like, I forgot what I needed to go do. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're on our way to actually accidentally killing someone. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, shit. Forgot what it was. Never mind. Because they've already been killed by a ladder. And this is um, this is a bit off topic, but he won something like, it's less than a million. It's not that much. Yeah. I think he he, he won like maybe 200 grand or something. I, I wouldn't throw myself at him for 200 grand, nah. personally. I've got more respect. The worst thing is, he came back... And it, he had like a gold Rolex and he had like all this shit. He's probably spent it. That's why he lives yeah. in that fucking apartment. That's why he still. lives in that shitty apartment because he spent all his stup- he spent all his money on a stupid fucking Rolex and uh and some other stupid shit and chicken wings that he microwaves. Fucking gold flake chicken wings. <laughs> that kind of shit. He's bought the um KFC console. Yeah. He's bought the KFC console, but he's took it to Golden Ramsay and he's got him to gold fleck it and fucking sauce it up. I want a tiny plate and a chicken KFC bucket, a bargain bucket on it, please. Completely off topic for a moment, but the funniest thing I ever saw a billionaire do that I have absolute respect for, some guy, um, I can't remember, I think he was Canadian, who was like a millionaire. He uh, had 30 seconds of primetime commercials, advertisements, where he literally just sat in a chair and said, I'm wasting 30 seconds of your time. I can do this because I have the money. And then it just, it was that. He kept sitting there, didn't advertise anything, and it finished. I think the most petty thing I've ever seen a billionaire do is he divorced his wife, bought the house next door, and in the back garden of his own house, built a giant fuck you statue out of gold. <laughs> a giant middle finger. And so every morning his wife has to wake up, come outside and see a giant middle finger. <laughs> I can live with that. That's fucking funny. If more billionaires did this shit rather than giving to charity or some crap, I think they'd be more respected. Yeah, but if they give to charity, they have to like let it publicly be known that they gave to charity. Like, look at, look at me. I'm a great person, aren't I? Yeah, I, I genuinely think that this is... Um... Not me fucking joking about. I think if they did that shit rather than give to charity, and this is bad, obviously, this is a terrible thing, but people would have more respect for them. <laughs> if you give to charity, one of two things is going to happen. Either people think you're an uptight cunt and you think they're better than them, which you are better than them because you give to charity, but people don't like you. 
because you're better than them, or uh, they just think you're tax avoiding. It's one of the two. You're fucked either way. When yeah. you give to charity, so good, but yeah, people hate you. Rather than if you just bought a giant fucking middle finger statue in the garden and pointed it to your ex-wife, people would appreciate that. <laughs> We've all had ex-wives that we hate, right? Uh, so, yeah, with all this, guy's dead. The cop pretty much immediately jumps on. Oh, it's the Alex situation again. It's that Flight 180, which is a bit premature, let's be honest. Yeah, one person's died, mate. I, I wouldn't... And he was a fucking idiot and lay underneath the ladder, so... And this is the most annoying part of the fucking film. So they get together. They they have discussions and they end up saying, Oh, um, Claire, Claire Rivers, she exists. Why don't you go talk to her? You know, um, go over it. Which isn't a bad idea. I'll grant them, you know, that's decent. Go to the person who survived this already and is still alive. So they go over and Kimberly says to Claire, Can you help me? And Claire says, Yeah, sure, I'll tell you what you want. And Kimberly says, No, no, can you come out and help me? And Claire says, no. To which Kimberly says, you're a coward. To which I'm thinking, motherfucker, what do you want her to do? <laughs> I want you to fight death in a fisticuff match, motherfucker. Bitch slap death. Fucking what is she meant to do? That she can't do from within this fucking cell? Yeah. To be, I, 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 um... I was so confused sitting through this. What was your thought plan? Just oh no! And after she comes out, it's like now she can help me. She's not doing anything. Yeah, she's, she's doing, doing the exactly same shit. the same useless shit as you're doing. Just she could have written down like, oh, look for signs. Don't let this, 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 or this happen. There you go. Fucking run along. Oh, and here's the address of that creepy fucking dude that works in a crematorium. There you go. Fucking Skype, Skype the bitch. You can see her then. If that's yeah. what you want, you want to see her Th- face. That's actually a point. So she's she's in a mental hospital, but the woman, uh, the the nurses that are there were like, no, she checked herself in. She seems fine, but just she can leave whenever the fuck she wants. If I worked, if I walked into a government building and like this is my home now, I think people would turn up with guns and be like, you need to fucking leave the premises. In the American healthcare system, well she is a, a little white girl. Yeah, I suppose. In like an upper class family with her own house. I think she can afford it. When they say, oh she can leave when she wants I think it's more she can leave when the money fucking runs out. Yeah. I suppose that's true, but it just I don't know, it, it's I don't know if it's a thing where you can just walk into a mental, mental institute and be like, alright, can isn't. I live here? It, it really isn't. Uh, oh, fucking every homeless person would do that. Yeah, because uh, if that, because I'm just thinking, if if that's the case, why can't they just be like, oh yeah, she she has like computer privileges. I'm pretty sure she'd be terrified that something would happen and she'd drop water on the computer and that will kill her somehow. But she can have that for like two minutes and be like, hey, this is a Skype call, just saying. Go visit this address and leave me the fuck alone. Don't ever talk to me again. Bye-bye. But you tell me, right? Going back to the active passive protagonist stuff, what's a more interesting scenario? She goes out, which is passive. I know it sounds contradictory, but that's entirely passive. That's just for the plot, pushing mm. her along. And it's ridiculous because, again, fucking motherfucker, what the hell is she going to do? 
She can't do shit. She can't, she's not going to go around bitch-slapping death. She's not going to shoot the guy. It's not fucking Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. She can't do anything. She stays in the facility, and death has to find a way to kill her in there. Like, she's looking at the computer while she's Skyping. The computer suddenly comes up with 180 uh, on the fucking, I don't know, on the battery or some shit. 18%, 18.0%. Fuck knows. Mm-hmm. It comes up with McKinley School fucking... Someone drops a load of logs for the fire in the side, and then Death finds a way to kill her in the facility. That's more interesting to me, finding a way to kill her there, than it is having this ridiculous fucking... She got hit by a brick on the head as well, didn't kill her, and so she decides to come out with you. Yeah. I I think... I think I'd find that more interesting as well. Maybe not even kill her on screen, like kill her off screen and be like, "Oh, fucking!" So when when we start the Skype call, or if fucking Skype MSN, fucking probably back then, but when we stopped the MSN call, we fucking she fucking died because like fucking blah blah happened. She got attacked by another fucking crazy person. They stabbed her with a fucking piece of glass shard or some shit that would be more interesting than her going oh you're a coward I guess that hurt my ego let's go out and fucking help you then I guess I hope it hurt her fucking ego she's a moron (laughs) she goes out to hand an address over an address that brings no useful information whatsoever yeah something about new life bollocks Yeah, in the original fucking script they died it doesn't help them so they're like oh well, clearly one of the people that we saw in the vision, she was pregnant, so that's clearly what it meant. Yeah. So yeah, Claire leaves so she can hand a post it note for an address for Tony Todd, because that was necessary. And they go down and he's Bloodworth's not any use, really. He says about new life, which I suppose saves um Kimberly and the cop, but not really. It's kind of implied they're gonna die after it all. Yeah, I I wanna point this out. That is bullshit. Because if New Life was a way to get through it, then Alex would have survived. Because mm. he gets electrocuted, his heart stops completely in the first film. They resuscitate him, he carries on living, he goes to France, a brick falls on his head, he dies. So, this, this entire thing is bullshit even before we get to the ending of this film. Yeah. Absolutely positively. I've got to say as well, like originally they're going for um, new life as in, oh, they need new babies, so it's kind of like putting death off his course. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought that at that point they were going to be like, oh, creepy cop and main woman were going to have sex and that would be it. And I'd be like... It'd be really, really fucking awkward if that pregnant girl didn't exist. And it's like, okay, let's partner up. Yeah. I guess we'll have a bukkake where I just open my flaps and everyone's spunk in it. And then, well, whoever's baby it is. For the sake of human decency, we're going to say the kid's dead. And they go, right, okay, so stereotype black teacher, you can go with the stereotype white businesswoman. We can have fucking Ganja guy go out with the mom because she's distraught anyway. Her kid's dead, she won't care. <laughs> she's she's too gone to give a shit who she's puts dead, it in. She won't care. And then uh, we'll have uh, Kimberly have sex with 
the cop, and then I suppose we'll lock all three women underground to keep them yeah. safe. I don't know, in like a Buffalo Bill style dungeon, with and we'll feed them vanilla paste for a few years, <laughs> just to, until they get a baby. <laughs> Are you saying you want to Joseph Fritzl them? <laughs> I'm saying that would have been an effective solution. I'm not saying I want to do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it just... Let's just be happy there's a pregnant woman in it. Yeah. Already. Th- there's, just... The plot of this film is fucked just if you go off the logical base of the first film. Um. Oh, right, yeah. Fucking death by pigeon. Onto actual logical base of this film that don't make any sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I what can death actually control? It's it's important to kind of understand how the plot moves forward and what's actually death's design, what's not. Because I don't think he can control living things. Surely, then, if he could, he'd just have everyone jump out the window, happening style. Yeah, or he'd be like, "Go shoot that person." Yeah, but. I don't know. Like he, he's able to, or sorry, it's able to control wind and shit in the first one because it was blowing fucking like blowing electrical cables and stuff like that, like natural stuff. And in this one, it's like, oh, we're just gonna control people to motion towards something. Because I think the main woman in this kind of uh, go to visit them at the dentist then she points at the pigeons the kid's like oh pigeons let's do that normal kid shit of where we scare pigeons out of the way normal kid shit when you're fucking five not when you're 14 any other kid would have gone pigeons oh yeah pigeons okay the fuck you want me to do and I can't remember what happens after that does something drop on him he uh yeah it gets made more transparent he gets he gets crushed by glass. Ah, uh, yeah, it opens up his body so he's transparent, but you can see through him. Fuck you! I thought it was funny. Yeah, I was gonna leave a couple of seconds of just dry silence there for you. <laughs> you can edit that laugh closer if you want. I, I kind of wished it was Claire, so I'd had her. Oh yeah, that that would have been. Um, that would have been really great. Living up to her name. Yeah. I don't even think that's transparent anymore. That's more opaque. <laughs> uh, you love it, really. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, with all this as well, Bloodworth kind of... At the, at the time, Final Destination, deciding when life starts, Final Destination moving in on the abortion uh, fucking debate. Mm. Same with pregnant women and all that. That Yep, that life uh, exists or doesn't exist. I'm not going to make a comment. It's yep. nice to see that Final Destination, a B-movie horror franchise, is making a comment on it. Um, so they come up with the pregnant woman thing. And they decide, oh, what we need to do is set up an APB on a random van. Which, it's, uh, it's a little scary you can do that. Just a bit. I mean, it helps that they've got a creepy cup with them. Yeah, that's willing to just shove out law. on yeah. pregnant women, APBs. The little terrifying that's allowed, but hey, whatever does you. Um, and they set up like a fucking death support group. They go to it's one of their houses that has a canoe hanging from the roof. Yeah, it's like 
I can only imagine that Claire, once she got into that house, would have immediately said, no, we're not doing anything here. We're going to go into the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere and we're going to all meet up there. And everyone's going to park their car a mile away from the place. Yeah. Claire would be the most paranoid fucking person around. She wouldn't walk under fucking trees. She would be that fucking step on a crack, you marry a rat kind of woman. She would be looking at the concrete beneath her feet, moving away from gaps. Yeah. There's no way she would get in this apartment. And if she did, she would immediately cut that canoe down. She'd be duct taping the fucking electronic ports. She'd be cutting off the gas. She'd be mental. Yeah, one of them sellotapes something to the wall. And I'm like, what? It confused me because I was trying to figure out why they'd bothered. I think it might have been like a trophy or something. They sellotaped a trophy to the wall. And I'm like, I don't know. Just put it on the ground or put it inside of a box or something so it, you don't fall on it or some stupid shit. You'll be fine. You don't need to sellotape it to a fucking wall. And uh, with everyone here, uh, Kimberly says something. They all kind of begrudgingly, the, the other uh, support characters, start moaning about how who the fuck is she, who's Claire. And Kimberly says she's the one who's dealt with this before. She, somehow she can help. Fuck knows how she can help. Once again, she can't do shit. Yeah, she spent the last couple of years hiding inside of a fucking mental institute. So she hasn't saved herself yet. In, in, if I was in her fucking position, I would stand, right, yeah, the plan is getting a mental institution, just like stab someone and say you were doing it in the name of fucking, I don't know, Samak Sul. Get yourself shoved in a mental institution, then just live your days there. Otherwise, I've got no fucking plan for you. Bye. And that would be the end of that. Yeah, but then you'll die by choking on a fucking pill or something. That's that. That's how death would get you in that. Like, oh, you're going to choke on a fucking pill that they give you then? Uh, I mean, a couple of them try to leave. Or do leave. The cop apparently isn't willing to handcuff them. Yeah, the mother I can respect. Just fucking off immediately. Yeah. She won't give a fuck. Um, The others are a bit stupid at this point. After there has been some evidence of people dying after the fact. And the fucking, like, Crypt Keeper, I know I can recognise. Oh, that's where I fucking know him from. Not, not the actual actor, what he looks like. Um, you see Manhunt. Like the, the Red Dragon uh, with Bill Nye. That was originally made in like 1970-something. You know Red Dragon with Edward Norton and Hannibal Lecter. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like that. Uh, same plot, but before hmm. yeah, the original. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. And it, the guy who plays... Um, not Buffalo Bill. Uh, the guy who has Ralph Fiennes' role, whose name I can't remember, it looks almost spitting image of the guy in this. Uh, fucking Hookman, who ends up getting them all killed through their own, oh, through their own action, really. Oh yeah, he he get manages frightened. to get the mum killed. He accidentally he's got a uh, a box full of. Um, amputees hooks and shit for some reason. Sorry, amputees hooks. Yeah, like 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 people that have like amputated Do you arms. Think people have, have like, hook, hook hands. They don't have hook hands. You're right. It's not like fucking mate. Peter that's Pan. what they are. That is literally what they are. They if 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 someone has an, uh, a a 
an amputated arm or something, they can choose to pay for a really fucking expensive actual hand. Or they can have a fucking They can have a hook. Can they have a fucking peg leg as well? What the what the shit? Do you not know that did you not know this? No. So yeah, he for some reason he's got he's got for some reason he's got an actual box just full of like hook arms, like hook hands and shit. Why a fucking why would you want a hook? I don't know. Why not? I, I'm get not, like I, a fucking I don't have one. Hand? I'm just saying what what's actually a- available to certain people. Like I think it's the NHS. It's fucking free. Why would you voluntarily yeah, go it, hook? It's not a thing now. It used to be a thing. Bear in mind this this film was what made in two thousand one, maybe four two thousand four. Okay, so in back in like the nineties ish. That was literally as sophisticated as th- I think hook hands or, or uh, 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 like uh, implements to put onto people's arm would would get. We don't have like shit now where they've got like fucking hands that you could like make think and grab shit. They just had hooks, or they had hooks with, or they had um, like like pincer hooks. So that you could make them open and close to pick up things in that pincer thing, but that's it. I mean, that's more useful, a fucking grab arm, like the lazy people do to uh, pick up toilet paper and shit. Yeah. That is more effective than a hook hand. Who the fuck? Who was stupid enough to have a hook hand? But yeah, that, that was literally, that's what that was. So I was like, why is the dude in an elevator with a box full of, like, hook hands? I genuinely don't understand why he's just got a box full of them. Oh, she's crushed by lift. Yeah. Um, which is a cla- it's classic. One of the hooks gets trapped in her ponytail and she panics because obviously they were warned about hooks or some shit. Um, she panics, gets off the elevator and because her ponytail still caught by a hook that could easily be pulled out of a box... Um, that stops her from running out completely. She gets trapped in the lift where her head is inside that thing, inside the doors, and then the lift starts going up, and then, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's classic. Basically, what happens in Resident Evil 1 to that one person that lives, that, that worked in the hive? That's a very specific reference. Hey, Claire Redfield's in this, all right. <laughs> I'm trying to link them in some possible way, and that's the only way I could do it. She's if she is the only Claire Redfield I know. No played Resident Evil game. That's when I think Claire Redfield, I think her now. Alright, I think I'm done. I'm I'm leaving. I do love as well when when they, they fucking phone them um on the lift to say, Oh, go with the hook. Yeah. And when she picks up she says, Who is this? <laughs> Five guesses. Have a think. You've just been given the phone. Yeah. Fuck me. Right, uh, Eugene has a breakdown when he sees her die on the lift. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain way that directors ask some um, black people to act, which is I can only describe. Can you act like a black person playing a white person playing a black person? I think that's yeah, that's the closest I can imagine it. Hey, Robert Downey Jr. was able to do it in Tropic Thunder, <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much a Tropic Thunder style fucking. Uh, and Eugene can't kill himself; he tries to shoot himself. Yeah, I and all six go blank. I genuinely don't understand this part either. 
if at this point that is how you want to work this thing that you've got going on death then they could easily just go all right the next person who's supposed to die we're going to keep you in this bunker we'll throw down like bags of chips to you and whatnot we're just fucking precisely we're going to carry on with the rest of our lives it's a it's a worthy sacrifice bud but we'll not even fucking that it's like i'm really sorry for you but we're leaving you in a bunker with all your stuff in the meantime what we're gonna do is um, become daredevils, which can yeah. like, jump off fucking skyscrapers and survive. And we're going to get money for it. Fuck it, we're going to be superheroes. We're going to stop people doing crimes. And if they try to kill us, they will just be incapable of doing so. I suppose it'd be like kick-ass, but actually unkillable, not just pain-resistant. Yeah, not not pain resistant or anything invulnerable just invulnerable yeah it's like fucking nuke me mate someone tries to something stab will go wrong then the knife like breaks or something or someone tries to pull a trigger and they're like ah oh, shit nothing's happening and they point they look down the barrel and shoot themselves in the face or something i mean like in future do we need fucking terrorist people to go in and kill terrorists and take an hostage send this fucker in he can't die yeah uh, I'm nothing, never mind, I was going to say something for any fucking... Actual one-man army, even if he gets fucking decapitated, not decapitated, but fucking, you know, in a wheelchair, completely unable to move, just fucking throw that wheelchair at Russia, <laughs> see what happens. He can't, he can't fucking die. Until that person in the bunker's dead, he is fucking alive all the way through. It's, it's a fucking obvious motion to go down immediately, but they don't do shit. Um... Other fucking problem with them going all philosophically clever and fucking medley on us. They bring up the butterfly effect, which a few of them wrote on before this. Uh, mm. The classic drug film. Not the drug film. I'm thinking of the fucking Jared Leto thing. I don't know why. The the butterfly effect. The, the obviously, um, the butterfly effect, the original uh, metaphor, the interpretation, goes down to... Uh, a butterfly's wings in, I don't know, what is it, South America? Moving wind about can cause a hurricane in Africa. Yeah, some some bullshit like that. Which, I mean, it's obviously exaggerative, but it works for the saying and the metaphor and the idea. It's the idea that any tiny action you perform will have a much larger effect on the entire world, which is true. You know, even something as small as, like, I order takeout, that guy who's getting takeout isn't getting it for a different guy. So he gets it, I don't know, slightly later and this guy's driving in a different area so he holds someone else up in traffic. So that guy then holds someone else up in traffic and he decides to have a coffee on one day so he holds someone else up getting a coffee. Uh, and then that guy leaves his wife because he wanted coffee earlier. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. My point being... He coffee right, and he left his wife... <laughs> My point being that any tiny action anyone makes is going to irreverably affect almost everyone in the world. Yeah. Regardless of how it goes. It, it is going to have some effect, however minute, because it's going to ripple out. As I said, it is going to be that case of, because of your actions, someone else is in the queue slightly earlier. And that's going to affect someone else and it's going to have a knock-on effect. The way they set it up in this film is our protagonists, our uh, cast of about eight people, were the only ones affected by the massive 
gigantic event of an explosion happening on the airplane. They were the only ones who fucked up Death's plan. Not, like, say, the funerals that were conducted after the fact that delayed everyone else. Not the grieving process. Not any number of people whose lives were changed because of this. No, it's just these eight fucking people who are affected, no one else. This is what happens when you try to get smart and don't quite know what you're doing. Sorry, I've just read ahead in your notes. <laughs> oh. Which one? Uh, Death just gives up and blows up a barbecue. <laughs> Can I remember that bit? Yeah, it just popped into my head now. <laughs> and I think it's fucking hilarious. We're actually going to push through anyway. Because uh, at this point, uh, one of them's in labour going to the hospital they're all they all end up crashing in the middle of a field and nearly get their heads um skewered through uh which one of the women does get their head skewered through the businesswoman uh i suppose it'd be redfield wouldn't it it's a bit of a shit way to go out if claire no, redfield gets her head uh, skewered, yeah that would be shit if claire redfield went out that way but um it was a it's a snooty white businesswoman that's taking the piss oh, out yeah. of some um firemen um, I mean, to be fair to them, they fucking like go at the door and the airbag goes off. She should have moved no, her head to the side. They, they a hit. Bit. They hit the bonnet for some reason. They hit the bonnet with the oh, uh, right. with one of the. Um, I think it's like the uh, clamp cutter. Claw. It's called yeah, the claw, claw. Yeah. The claw. And um, that sets off the airbag, which pushes her face into the like spike that's coming through the back of her. Uh, uh, headrest, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that one was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, poof, dead. Oh. <laughs> I think the only thing, if, if I'd have just seen the firefighters covered in blood. Yeah. And then just immediately turn over. Um, After that, you get the shitty fucking barbed wire stuff. Yeah, you get the uh, the the kid, or one someone's kid, or someone's brother turns up, or something. I don't know why they're all having a barbecue at the end, but I think they must be related. Um, the kid just about gets hit, or, or almost gets hit by an ambulance, but the cop pushes him out of the way. Or the no, the uh, the junk, the 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 weed freak pushes him out of the way. Then he gets fucking um, impaled anyway. Skewered. Skewered, yeah. Then yeah, the, then the barbed wire death happens. Or was that him? Mm. Was that the... That was him. That was the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, she gets hit with the airbag. He gets <clears throat> cut in part by barbed wire, um, which it looked a bit shit, to be honest. It was kind of, um, I don't know, like cube-free level graphics. Mm. It it wasn't the fun airbag, just boom, boom, psh, yeah. kind of thing. And with all that, they all converge on the hospital, to which a series of very fucking stupid events... Occur the the um, black guy during all this. He has had his lungs attacked, like smacked with a pole, uh, and Death's keeping him alive from what I gathered until the other two died. Yeah, he's on like some breathing apparatus. Like he's got like um, not like an iron lung, but he's got some kind of like face mask and all that shit. Um, they all go into the hospital to obviously check up on him and check up on the pregnant woman. That's that's went into birth that just has so happens to be at this point then they go oh wait she wasn't actually part of the accident doy we fucked this up um 
he starts to the the black guy kind of starts choking because the mask starts slowly getting pulled off his face. Um, something to do with the door, like one of the wires comes across the door or something. Uh, Claire goes to check up on him. Um, her pulling the door open starts a spark in the room from the plug socket, but because there's so much oxygen in the room, maybe. It starts a fucking fire. She gets completely incinerated. And then um, the uh, fucking protagonist, obviously, she's like, well, clearly by new life, they mean um, I need to kill myself and get someone to resuscitate me. Uh, So she drives into the river that's conveniently outside the hospital, uh, steals an ambulance, drives into the lake drowns um, and then gets the doctor to resuscitate her and then it's like six months later or whatever the fuck it is maybe it's like three weeks or whatever the fuck but yeah, to be honest, just to like fucking quote my own notes death just gives up and blows up a barbecue pit yeah it's fucking great because <laughs> basically the kid that got pushed out of the way of the ambulance in that scene where the this weed freak dies um, it's like, yeah, I dodged death a few weeks ago too. <laughs> and then the cop and the protagonist woman look at each other like, oh shit. <laughs> and then in the background, you just see a barbecue blow up <laughs> and uh, an arm and a leg land on their plates in front of them. And then they're like, oh well. Credits. Not fucking oh well. They didn't like shrug their shoulders and just go not again. I think, I think at this point they best they should have. They just be like oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> they were meant to die um in the third film at the end on the train. They were going to be on that. Yeah, uh, it didn't test well with audiences. These audiences get sad. Oh when no. They see people die, which is why they go to see Final Destination films. Yeah, like fuck them. Kill as many people as you want in these films. I couldn't give a fuck. I gave less of a fuck. Actually, I I genuinely couldn't give less of a fuck. At this point, I don't care about these films. Just kill everyone. Do you ever? No, just make me watch something good. I I like it. I was watching the Resident Evil films. I enjoyed those. All right. We're going on to those on the next few weeks. So we're going to come back. And then Tremors. Yay fucking hated watching those last ones and it's been a while since I had watched them so. Before we get to the next part uh, Vanda Session 3, I've got um, a little question I've got two setups right, I want you to take a little bit of a role here Mm -hmm. a little bit of acting see if we can come to the shots and uh, give as good as we get you're going to play the role of a executive producer and I've just got a couple films that I want to pitch Okay. around the final destination one of them, we've actually been building up a bit in a weird way. Uh, the other, I'll, I'll give you the plot as we go along. Right, so the first film, this is more serious, right? Mm-hmm. So an assassin who's being tasked with killing a group of people uh, fails initially as some people manage to survive the traumatic event and he pretends to be psychic in order to get away from the cops who thinks he's killing them one by one. Who knows he's killing them one by one. He pretends to be psychic in Final Destination style to try to get out of the accusation. 
Somebody stupid will pay money for that, so let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So the second one, this is specifically uh, to Marlon Wayans. To the Wayans. You know the Wayans brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are like white chicks. Mm-hmm. Scary movie. Okay, basically we do a Wayans brothers version of Final Destination. And the whole plot. Okay, so f- first thing we do, we take some shit from the first film, right? So you know where they go through the plane and say, what fucked up got to take this plane down? Mm-hmm where they see a baby and they see like a mentally handicapped person. Uh, well, we have them go through like a cruise ship, at, at whatever fucking place we're going to do the initial attack in. We have them go through a cruise ship and we start off by just ramping up ridiculously. We have a fucking baby with learned disability. Then we have like a load of fucking Girl Scouts. Then we have an old woman close to retirement and we just go nuts, right? We do the standard way and stuff. Yeah. Another thing we do, we're going to do flashbacks on flashbacks on flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, like, someone tries to save their friend, fails, and they go into another flashback and fail another way, and this keeps on going and getting ridiculous, like, millions of times until they don't give a shit anymore, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get themselves out of it, like, Groundhog Day style, and they just keep killing themselves through the flashbacks because they're fed up of doing this. Right. Other thing, right, so the the basic plot of it, we go through all this shit, we have gags here and there just taking the piss out of fun destination, but the major uh, plot point is that at some point they realise that, oh shit, as we said in the second film, we can't die unless the first person dies. And so they all get together and form a fucking daredevil squad and make money for themselves. They go for this, and the other guy they put in some ridiculous fucking bunker. And the crux of the film is death desperately trying to kill this guy who's locked in this bunker far underground in like a fucking vault from Fallout that's impossible to get to and death just getting more and more angry and fed up that he can't kill this person while the other lot are having the time of their fucking lives messing up his plan that's and the crux of the film this is still the wayans brothers one yeah this is the wayans brothers this okay. i think perfect for a wayans brothers film like a scary movie thing i'm gonna say no because no one watches wayans brothers shit because they're all shit every film that they've ever fucking made is shit no one oh, would want to fucking watch that toss. You, you wouldn't want to watch Wayne Brothers in like some ridiculous mousetrap style death thing? No. I don't want to watch killed. the Wayne Brothers do fucking anything. I watched them do White Chicks. I enjoyed it once and now I fucking hate it. Alright? Every film that they've ever fucking done, I can watch it and tolerate it once and then they can fuck off out of my life because they have no talent. And the one that was in G.I. Joe 1, he can also fuck off because he can't <laughs> act anyway. So, quite honestly, fuck the Wayne Brothers. Controversial concept or whatever the fuck it is. Notion. It is. Controversial notion. notion. Yeah. They are very popular. Fucking. Very protected. That's, that's the one's going to lose views, that. If we, uh, take I couldn't give a shit, honestly. Like, they're, so, they're so beloved. Like universally beloved, they're like fucking Walt Disney or Hitler. They're more like Hitler because, I mean, I want to kill him, or I want to drop a PPK, a Walter PPK, in front of them and let them kill themselves. So, Fun Destination Three. Uh, thank God that this franchise didn't really seep down to the low depths of punny titles. Apparently this was either going to be Final Destination 3D, because they were going to put it in 3D, 
uh, or final destination, the finalist destination. Which why cast and crew? I I hate both of that. I hate both of those. That's that's terrible. The, the first one's markedly worse. I just hate three D as a concept. Yeah, three D just sucks in general. The only time I enjoyed that went into a four D cinema with my little brother to watch the SpongeBob thing. But four D, it like it hit you in the back of the chair. And for me, because I'm tall enough, it hit me in like the back, lower back. For Christian, it hit him right in the back of the head. Fucking square <laughs> constantly. This chair just fucking attacked him. In the cinema, it was great. Assaulted him. But yeah, uh, cast and crew, uh, directed by James Wong again from the first one, Dragon Ball Evolution, Black Christmas, all that fun stuff, X-Files. Written James Wong and uh, Glenn Morgan, who worked on Black Christmas, uh, Trick or Treat, the 1986, and Willard. Uh, cast, we've actually got a big name in this one. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's playing our main girl, Wendy, uh, who I know mostly from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and 10 Cloverfield Lane. She's obviously in The Thing 2011 as well, which I, thank God, haven't seen. And uh, Death Proof, Grindhouse film. Um, I know recently she's been in the new Harley Quinn film playing Huntress. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was in... Um, she's in like a John Wick-esque kind of film as well. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Anna or... Oh, yeah, Zoe? Is it? No. I genuinely can't I remember. Know. It's on Netflix, but it's it's actually a pretty decent watch. I like her. She's a very good actress. Yeah. Okay in this. Nothing special, but doesn't embarrass herself. Also got Chris Lemsh. Lem- yeah, Lemsh. Uh, he's playing Ian McKinley, uh, who's in My Little Eye. Uh, Ginger Snaps played the drug dealer. Uh, next down, we've got Texas Battle. That's his actual fucking name. Who plays Lewis, um, the jock, who's in Wrong Turn 2, Dead End, uh, Hard Kill. Trauma Center. You know those like late period Bruce Willis films that came out? Yeah. yeah. To be fair, I think I've watched Hard Kill and uh, there's a remake of a Charles Bronson film. Um, I mean, obviously they've got a slightly more markedly um, morbid aspect to them now with the whole, uh-huh. you know, Bruce Willis being actually disabled. Yeah, just a bit more morbid. It's a shame, really, because uh, they were shit. And I like laughing at shit films. And if it was, like, Steven Seagal, I'd happily. The guy's fucking dementia-riddled and spazzing out. I'd happily laugh, but... I, I think I'd be happier watching Bruce Willis films, even with said... Um, yeah. Restriction, yeah. rather than watching a Steven Seagal film in any aspect way. I mean, talking about all that morbid overtone, we've got Corey Monteith as well, who plays Cahill. Um, who I recognise the name from somewhere. I, I eventually worked out where uh, I know a couple of people who covered his death a few years ago. In 2015, um, Kid OD'd, which happens. Fucking do enough drugs eventually, that's going to kick you in the ass unless you're really yeah. careful. But he was in Glee, so what do we really lose? Budget box office. 25 million on the budget. 118.9 million on the box office. Trivia. Uh, not much here. I said uh, different titles. Cheating Death. Final Destination 3 as well. Was shoved over. 
the ending was reshot because of unfavorable reactions. I said originally the previous two protagonists were going to die, kind of closing the whole thing out. And the scene taking place in a tanning booth was a closed set, so uh, the camera operators were in the same room with the two actresses, you know, who end up getting burnt because uh, they're naked, um, which I don't quite understand. Because, like, I mean, it's not like this is going to get posted to anywhere where anyone's going to see your nudity, is it? Like, say, fucking national cinemas. What, why? Yeah, obviously not. Like, there's going to be a pre-screening where everyone in the cast and crew are going to watch it. Why not just do it then and then? Probably some sexual harassment law somewhere that forbids it. Uh, Oh, God. So you skip through the credits on this one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does have some appropriate imagery. It has some uh, carnival stuff. As like, oh no, sorry. This is the one that I actually watched the, or I, I did something else while the, the what's called happened. Ah, fair enough. Uh, I, I did something else while the credits ran, and every now and again I looked over and was like, oh, carnival stuff. I get it. Okay, so number one fucking problem, uh, immediately coming in, which I'm going to bring up a lot, is the camera makes no sense when you give it two seconds. So they're all fated to die on the um, roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. And because of a premonition, which isn't part of Death's plan, is uh, seen to by Wendy, by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, they all get off and they're saved. And so Death then has to kill them in different ways than he originally planned, which the camera somehow foreshadows before they get on the roller coaster they're destined to die on. Surely. At this point, they should all be destined to die on the roller coaster, because that's how this works. Mm-hmm. It just annoyed me a touch. You'd think that it, it just showed them dying to roller coaster. It makes no sense. It's a neat concept. It's an interesting idea, but it has no grounding in the logic of the film. Is they're meant to be killed by the roller coaster? It's so fucking annoying. The devil, by the way, um, if you didn't pick it up, is played by Tony Todd in this. The little voice, Wait, really? the uh, devil coaster. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, oh, and did you know as well uh, that Wendy's a control freak? Did you know that? Oh yeah, yeah. They they seem to throw that in our face every two minutes, as far as I knew. But but did you know that Wendy's a control freak? Did you know that? I didn't know that. And did you know interesting tidbit sure. about Wendy's character, about the caricature and how she's uh, written? She's um, a controlling person. <laughs> you see. Yeah. How I treat you like a moron, like the film treats us, because there's a there's a there's an um, a saying in film in writing, which I know everyone knows, which is uh, "tell don't show," which is where you treat the audience like fucking idiots that would go to watch Final Destination three, so you tell them what the characters' attributes are rather than showing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because did you get that when he was a control freak at any point in how she acted? Really? Um, no. No. Like, I I couldn't, like, she's not very adamant about, like, oh, no, we can't do this. We need to go do this, 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 and this. And there's a time schedule that we need to stick to, guys. We, uh, I, I didn't get any of that. There was none of that. She just seemed like a girl that liked to take pictures of shit. Yeah, I know. Mean, I, I can say I'm fucking funny and surrounded by big-titted women all the time. It doesn't make it true. <laughs> no, I mean the first part isn't the second part maybe really that's the fucking 
how unfunny am I? That it's more likely I'm surrounded by. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm willing to leave that to the viewers, but you know, wall hands and prostitutes don't cost that much. Yeah, I'm joking. You're funny sometimes. Oh, stroking the ego. <laughs> You'll live another day. Yeah, I need you to keep me on this podcast. It's all right. <laughs> um, so, character-wise, bigger stereotypes than the second film, or? Um, I don't even know if they're stereotypes. They're just generic people, I think. To me, at least. Is that worse? Yes, because no one has a personality. As as awkward as that sounds, it, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're all lifeless, like mannequins walking along. That classic uh, mid-2000s, and even now, high school kid that you get in shit like the extras of Mean Girls. These people should be extras in a good film, and they're like the main cast, main stars in this shit. And everyone in this film's a cunt as well. Like, all of them. They're all dickheads. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. Across the board, you've got a guy who's fucking, like, bold version of... Um, do you ever watch Scrubs? Yeah. Like, could fill in for the Todd perfectly. Takes up skirts constantly, puts a camera against women's boobs. Yeah, or... or yes, alright. So there's a scene with him that comes up later, and we'll probably get to it, but I just want to bring it up. Um, So... I think the two women die in that salon, the tanning salon, um, and they're they're all at their funeral, and he's like, "Oh, it's I'm so I feel so bad because I used to take pictures of or want to take pictures of their tits and blah blah blah, well is me sort of thing." And this this woman actively says, "Oh yeah, it's weird how you can make two women's death." Sur- almost surround you or it has to be around you and then he tries to kiss her you know the funny thing that is directly in scrubs that exact scene with the todd there's a point in it in um like the fourth season fifth season where they pretend kelso's dead cox does at least kelso gets like a massive portrait of himself and cox puts in um like a fucking 1950 to 2006 oh yeah yeah and the Todd like, takes women to look at the portrait and says, I don't think I should be alone tonight, and tries to cuddle up to them. Literally taken into scrubs. Yeah. I, this definitely came first, Final Destination 3, but it, if your character is even remotely like the fucking Todd, you know you've failed. Uh, so, yeah, the accident, actually getting down to that, it's really good. <laughs> I can't say much about it. I, I quite enjoyed it. It's very short, uh, at least compared to the other two. Or not the first film, but at least compared to the rest. This one, the first one, I think we're only like two minutes. Yeah, to be fair, this one gets to it a bit quicker. I'm not saying get to it. I mean, the accident itself is quite quick when you compare it oh, to the yeah. rest. Well, to be fair, that that just goes for normal fucking enjoyment, like theme park rides now. Like, fucking, you go to a theme park and they're like, yeah, pay £30, join this queue for about six hours, take a two-minute ride, and they're like, yeah, that's great. How annoyed would death be if it was just they were in the queue all the time and didn't die? That's what I mean. The fucking ride like, didn't it, die. If, if, they thought, if they thought that 
through <laughs> or if they wanted to make it into a comedy or something they would still be in the fucking queue now I mean beyond the actual accident when we get to the the whole premonition stuff I, at this point they're still kind of really startled sweating cold sweats terrified uh, the supporting cast are made to look even fucking worse uh, the jock slaps a girl which why does he have to look like that much of a douche people get off the ride I don't get why well, it wouldn't just be a case if she gets off, everyone else goes fucking idiot and stays on the ride. See, I'd imagine... I, I'd understand if her boyfriend got off because he'd be like, okay, that's my girlfriend, I need to get off. She's fucked. But I don't see everyone else, everyone else getting off because this is from memory. I don't actually... I don't work at a theme park or anything. But when you unhook... It's like a an air pressure thing where obviously the, the, the bars come down over your shoulders or over whatever and they press you in and it's like air compression that keeps you in. And then when you release that tension, every bar opens, not just a specific cart. Yeah, pretty much. So literally everyone, everyone would have been free to kind of go, all right, I'm going to get up and go now or... I'm just going to sit here because that crazy bitch at the back is... And the boyfriend would have got out. Yeah. I don't quite understand the whole no one else gets off with fucking kidnapping you, basically. That's that's a little illegal. Just a fucking touch. If they want to get off, they, they can get off. But yeah, the boyfriend dies. And we're left with pretty much just uh, the girl, her sister, her friend's boyfriend and the friend after the jock a couple of those here and there but yeah so in terms of actual protagonists which was your favorite to follow um well, it's between the first and the third yeah one two and three i'd, I'd say one alex is probably my favorite because he's act- he's actively interacting with the plot at least and not just there for the ride kind of just following it along Hmm. It really does have the feeling it should never have been a sequel through these. They just don't work. They they don't have a way of interestingly kind of um, throwing their protagonist against the plot and finding ways for them to do stuff around it. In, in terms of the actual... I, I fucking hate high school settings. Can't stand them. For one, there's, there is a disconnect between British school and American high school. There's a disconnect between normal students and then a disconnect further because I was a fucking antisocial twat who played chess in the library every lunch. So I didn't interact with the fucking yearbook people or the prom people. I skipped my prom. Genuine thing, I skipped my prom to play D&D. <laughs> and they were giving out awards and shit. You know what my award was? Gone. Most likely to be doing what he wants. Yeah, to be fair, when I was in, um, when I was in primary school, they did like an award ceremony for... Uh our last like week there and whatnot. I got the best historian. I'd never <laughs> done history at school. None of that. They just went, we don't really know what you're into, so here you go, Steph. And I was like, cool, never talk to me again. That really is like a Canadian participation me- medal there. Yeah, it, literally. It was because I didn't talk to anyone that was at school. I fucking hate people. I think everyone knows this at this point. But even when I was a kid, I was like, 
I tried to fit in, but I also didn't really want to talk to anyone to try and fit in, so I just kind of did my own thing, and if people came along, I'd be like, okay, great. <laughs> if they didn't, I'd be like, fine. And it kind of got to that point where in, in primary school, I was like the kid on his own, and they were just like, we don't really know what you're into, so here's a certificate for being the best historian, Steph. And I was like, Hope to never see you again. Really I haven't, so... Scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel for the weird kid that... The emo fucking four-year-old. Yeah, to be fair, it's, if if they gave out an award for the most likely to be serial killer, I probably would have got that. Uh, that's something they give out to uh, reception age kids. Yeah. It's not something they give to, like, 12-year-olds and... They'd be fucking proud of that. Like you'd end up with twelve-year-olds beating the shit out of other kids. Then, uh, did did you have yearbooks when you were in high school, secondary school? Yeah, when I was in se- secondary school, they gave us um, there was like an end of year report. End of year report, yeah, but there's a yearbook thing where you had a fucking like pictures in it. Oh no no no! Shit. They gave us um, the last year that they were there. They were like, "Do you want to pay ten pounds and have a?" <laughs> A picture of yourself along with everyone else. And for no. some fucking reason, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And during that time, I went through my long hair phase. And my mom was like, we need to straighten your hair. You need to go in with straightened hair. So I had my hair straightened. And I looked like the biggest pussy that ever pussied about. And I was just in my picture. And I I have since burnt that picture. So no one's ever going to see it unless you go to my school and you also have that fucking picture. Otherwise, yeah. Send it in. Find it. Don't fucking bother. I don't think anyone listens. Like I said, I didn't really talk to anyone in school, so I don't think they know I do a podcast. So we're all good. We're all, gra- we're all gravy, baby. Yeah, we, we get all the yearbook fucking sign. which basically just to reinforce the stereotype that um, the two cheerleaders are vapid and empty. Yeah, no other point. Uh, who then, like, totally ask someone who's cray cray to the tanning salon because it's like totally bitching to be charitable, and so like fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah, I genuinely tried to understand what what was going on there. I didn't know if they were trying to be nice or if they were doing that like mean girls thing where they're like oh my god you're so cute but yeah you could use a tan you know i feel like it's one of those where um they say like behind her back chelsea is such a bitch then when chelsea comes up and confronts them and says oh no chelsea i'd never said about you you're like my favorite bitch yeah (laughs) you're like my favorite bitch bitch yeah it it's like I didn't know if they were trying to give like a backhanded compliment, like "Oh my god, you've got such great skin," but maybe you could use a bit of tan or whatever. I didn't know if that's what they were trying to do, or if they were genuinely trying to be nice. I, and they I were like, think they were trying to be nice. I think that it's not friends, but I think it was a look. You've been through a lot of crap. This is what we think will make you happier. Oh yeah. Lying on a fucking thing that burns you for about half an hour, that'll make you happy. Do you want to slow cook yourself? That'll, that'll make you happy. Come join us. Has anyone ever come out of those things not looking like a fucking orangutan? Um, yeah, because you're thinking of spray tan. 
Depends what kind of spray tan you get is what makes you look like a fucking tangerine. To be fair, I, I was told earlier by my sister where I was talking about makeup and stuff. Mm. And she said most most men can't don't fucking notice when we actually put stuff on. It's um what they call Oh we noticed, we just couldn't give a fuck. No, we, it, it's we... what they call like the toupee fall- fallacy. Like you notice when it's badly done, you don't notice when it's well done and you think, Oh, that's yeah. natural, that's normal, because that's what I see all the time. If you look like a clown after you've done your makeup, then we notice and we're like, Oh my fucking god, look I'm with fucking Doink the Clown from WWE. Or if you do it so it looks natural and you're not fucking caking your face in product, then obviously, obviously men are probably just going to be like, you do your hair differently. Of course, we ain't going to fucking know. We don't do makeup, do we? We don't fucking spend our fucking time standing in front of a mirror going, oh, this one, this blush is fucking good for my complexion, isn't it? We don't fucking know. Point being, we can barely I get t- ourselves fucking dressed in the morning. <laughs> I take it back with the girls. I'm sure some tanning looks very nice. Yeah, right. So, right. So I go on holiday a lot, and I I burn. Or, or sorry, I tan very easily. I've got the kind of skin that tans very easily. I understand about tan and spray tans. It depends what kind of spray tan you can get. Otherwise, you'll end up like look, look, looking like fucking Donald Trump, like a what's it and whatnot. <laughs> But no, from what I I can tell, normal tanning beds depends on how long you're in there. If you want to do it and like get like a decent tan, you you maybe want to put like a bit of time in there, but not spend like fucking twenty four seven in there. From fucking some of the pictures that I've seen, some from some people, they go in there and like, oh yeah, can I have the fucking darkest skin that I can ever have, please? Fucking leathery handbag. For once, I'm going to suggest we move on, because I don't think people come to our channel to listen to beauty tips. I think they do. I think that's what they're here for. I mean, you can write in the comments or you can send us an email or whatnot, but I'm pretty sure that's what you're here for. I mean, if you want to die alone, please do come to us for beauty tips. (laughs) Yeah, because we don't know what we're both single. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> so the fucking two orangutans get in the tanning beds um, after they lock the door. The like fucking Yuri, the Russian guy who works there, locks himself out. Yeah, he puts a a, a bit of cream to start as a door jam. He puts like a cream tube as a door jam. I think this is about two thousand four, two thousand five. Hmm. So they. Celine Dion is fucking lame. It's always been uncool to listen to Celine Dion. She's shit. Britney, though, surely like 2004, 2005, she was cool, right? She'd released Womanizer. She'd done some stuff with Justin Timberlake. She's cooler than fucking Rollercoaster of Love, isn't she? It depends who sang Rollercoaster of Love. If it was Red Hot Chili Peppers, then no. Uh, The original was done by the Ohio Players. And they listened to the original. They didn't listen to the remake. Then no. Oh, you're actually listening to it. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I do my research. But it's not as cool as Britney, bitch. I'm Britney, bat. That was terrible. (laughs) That was like the fucking black eyed peas after she's been punched in the mouth. I know. I was taking the piss. I'm not going to do that shit properly. It's me. Oh, poor Yuri's going to lose his job from this. Um, I just want to say butterfly effect and all that shit. 
he loses his job, he goes mental, he shoots his kids. That's the fucking butterfly effect, more people dead than you mean to. Yeah. So the actual death scene is pretty horrific, actually. They manage to get themselves locked into the tanning beds. And then, because in this universe, for some reason, electronics um, don't have a built-in failsafe and can exceed what reasonably they'd be able to. They just mm-hmm. get hotter because uh, there's an infinite supply of energy on Earth and fucking they found cold fusion in tanning beds, apparently. So these girls get cooked for a setting that shouldn't exist. Yeah. I love how they've just got signs on this shit that says don't put it over this rather than just putting a limiter on it and not allowing it to go above that. Yeah, I mean, it's at that point now where we can limit the speed on like lorries. We can't limit how high a tanning bed goes. Oh, we can. We absolutely can. Oh, yeah. I I meant in this fucking universe more than anything. Uh, yeah, they, they both die. Transition to the coffins are really good. I should say. Like, they have the two tanning beds and then it immediately transitions as you see the coffins come into view. It should have been open casket. <laughs> in tanning, in the same tanning beds <laughs> that they yeah. died in. Yeah. Just with a load of sunscreen cas- shoved Open over casket and then there's two pictures like you know those little um those baked twiglets that you get in like uh the crisp not crisp like uh <laughs> covered in fake tan because that's what they've wanted no they're burnt to a crisp mate that they, they are they mm. aren't tanned they are always sunscreen crispy. just put over them <laughs> yeah i'll just get like look you know those um putty i mean at like, that point it'd look more like putty. putting fucking icing on a christmas log than putting sunscreen on a person. I know, that's what would be great about it. <laughs> what did you think of the death, generally? Decently done? Uh, like, you could tell where it was going. Like, as soon mm. as they walked into the tanning room, you were like, oh, okay, so that's how they die. I mean, but... of course you could tell where it's going. I wasn't sitting there going, oh, they're going to die in 10 to 12 years yeah, from skin cancer. At least in the last two, they've gone, oh, oh, that could be different. No, no. No, that's not. But in this one, it's like, oh, they go to a tanning booth, they die because of the tanning beds. No, that fucking and annoys then... me. That, that, that whole, like, cocktease death. Yeah, I know. I, it annoys me too. It's just now death has a different personality, or at least for those two, he did. Oh, right. No, I get you. I get you on that. He does like to track around. Death mm. fucking jumps around like a schizophrenic. <laughs> multiple personalities sort of death. He decides what he's going to do on that particular fucking day. Yeah, Changed I'm just going to kill these people in the most generic way I can, I guess. And there's, there's some dickhead at the funeral that fucking goes nuts. Uh, McKin- McKinley. Sam, the fucking drug dealer. Yeah. Sam Worthington, who fucking goes mental and goes in his van. Which, I, am I being in arsey here if I say I'm, I'm fully expecting that van to have fucking guns in the back and <laughs> little pictures of jocks with they'll pay one day written in fucking crayon he looks like a school shooter just, yeah. to, just to make this more explicit. he fucking looks like a school shooter in and out um, meanwhile Wendy is looking over the grave of her um, dead boyfriend oh shit before I forget um, it's, it, it's not that obvious so did you know Wendy uh, she's a control freak Oh shit! Really? Yeah, she's a control oh, freak. Fucking hell! I'm glad to tell you. Yeah, like right now I again. Missed that. If, if, yeah. if you didn't warn me, I wouldn't have fucking missed that. Mm. 
<laughs> and we get the shadow of the, the Twin Towers, which is fucking distasteful. I, I can't stand... There's a, there's an incident with um, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, mm. which is a role-playing game. No one has a tabletop thing. The V5, the new system they have, where they made the Chechnya incidents, uh, the concentration camps that were built up. They said it was part of an evil cult within the uh, vampire world, which is fucking horrific. If, if it's actual deaths of people that are still affected, make jokes. That That's okay, because that's a certain way of expressing it, but don't put it in fiction like that. That's bordering on as bad as, you know, that Robert Patterson film? Mm. That's the little twist, famously, which I don't give a fuck if I spoil. Oh, yeah. I know what you're in about, yeah. Yeah, that's that love story that ends up with that shit. Yeah. It's as bad as that. Mm-hmm. So make make jokes all you fucking want. I'm not going to stop that, because that is a way of um, coping with the idea. But this shit's just exploitative. Uh, the fast food scene, moving on to something a bit more lighthearted, where um, the fucking bold Todd gets his head slit open. There are so many things that have to go wrong here. I think that this is where this film went into ridiculous level. As we said, the tanning bed was a bit fucking stupid. Is this what you're talking about? Like the dominoes effect of one thing fucking happens, then another thing happens, then another yeah, thing happens. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you knock a domino and then it knocks into the next, it knocks into the next, it knocks into the next. It seems like death is setting up very intricate traps to get these people into a very specific place to have like like, uh, how can I explain? Like We'll put this skateboard right here. They'll stand on the skateboard, slip on it. Only only slightly, though. They won't land on their back. But it'll put them forward like half an inch. And then while they're doing that, something will go past their face. They'll back up by like two feet. And that'll be the exact point that a bullet is going past. And that'll hit them in the head. And what did he do for Alex again? A brick fell on his fucking head. Yeah, a brick fell on his fucking head. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I get the feeling that they could just be fucking bricks. Every t- Death is such a fucking prima donna for all these films. I want to see him. I want to see him in uh, reality. And uh, People praise this for like having an invisible kid. Like, he has a personality of just up his arse. So fucking vain. Uh, but yeah, the bold Todd gets decapitated. And at this point, they go start looking at the pictures. They see uh, Todd has a little fan or something that's cutting off part of his head. In his picture, um, they see uh, the palm tree that the two girls have won. And then they see uh, weights that are falling down on Jock Guy's heads. How does a palm tree equal um, burning to death on a tanning bed? I think that was in the logo that they had. At the place, they had like palm trees in the decor. That's I mean, shit. Yeah, that it, could literally mean stretch. anything. That could mean a coconut's falling out of that palm tree and going to kill someone. Coconuts falling on them. A tree's falling on them. Yeah. Um, palm. They they get attacked by uh, palm nuts. Yeah, they get they get strangled to death by the palm carrier, a serial killer. Yeah, they get slapped to death. Palm. <laughs> um, they get it's hit by a bible stupid. over the head with the psalms. Yeah, it's close like, enough. Even even the fan to the back of the head, like, what? Is he going to get blown away? Ooh. Like, fuck it. Like, what? They they literally mean a, a fan to the back of the head. 
They get killed so, by a African swallow going the airspeed velocity while carrying two coconuts. Oh yeah, you haven't seen Holy Grail. Fuck me. Oh, my talent is wasted. <laughs> Watch some good shit, man. <laughs> so they look through the pictures. They decide not to look at their own. Which, would you? It's a reasonable question. Would you want to look at your own picture? Yeah. I want to fucking know how I die. If it's really painful, I'm going to choose to not do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, that you get a fan to the back of your head. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I guess I'll jump into a fan very quickly and make sure it kills me very quickly. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely want to know. Especially if I know it's imminent. If I can look out for it. They don't do anything with the information when they do know what it's going to be or they have an inkling. Well, it's going to be, they stay around the area. We'll get to when we get to it fairly quickly, to be fair. And um, with the weights, uh, the jock, for some reason, protagonists in these films, not protagonists, but like supporting characters, side characters in these films are in the most dangerous fucking locations it's imaginable to be in. Like, they're in dilapidated fucking places. You yeah. Get the jock in this one, who's in a gym from hell, where everything's falling apart. You get the mechanic in the next one, who's in a fucking garage from hell where everything's falling apart. And then you get fucking Candice in the fifth one, who's in the fucking gymnasium from hell, where everything's rickety and falling fucking apart. Are these people not... Do they not go to decent fucking places? Wait, it's this one with the fucking emo guy, isn't it? Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, the, um, all right. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Jock gets his head um, clasped between two weights first. Yeah, I, I I know. I'm just trying to figure it. Out. I'm trying to remember because um, now they all blend together. Yeah, at this point, I was very, I was paying very little attention. So, um, yeah, the jock gets some um, serious work done on his head. Yeah, I fucking right. I I want to point out that is not a weight. Uh, that is not a load of weights that actually would work in a fucking gym anyway. Because if the, the, the weights come close to your head like that, then, not, then no gym is going to have that. And just because you've cut a cord doesn't mean that the, the fucking large metal fucking things would go close to your head there. Yeah, one little cord that's keeping you from being fucking smooshed. Yeah, they it just it, it wouldn't happen. You know, I'm not going to comment on it. My fat ass doesn't do gyms, so I've got no idea how. To, the one I've been to with a with a personal trainer that yeah went super well for me. Uh, it seems safe enough. It wasn't anything that was going to kill me immediately. Yeah, he fucking dies. He gets his head squished, crushed, bollocksed, um, and then uh, we get the psycho that's now gunning pigeons to death. <laughs> what the fuck? There's got to be a better way of doing that, an animal fucking control way. Just phone animal control, they'll get rid of the fucking pigeons. But yeah, this is the same scene from the first film where he's trying to um, explain that, you know, death's coming after them in this particular order. It's just without the interesting car ride where this guy gives up and tries to kill himself. Mm. It's just a conversation through a warehouse, which is just less interesting. It's the first one, but worse, pretty much. Um, I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's a good actress, but she's got nothing to work with, really. Whereas, you know, Devin Sauer had 
the plane stuff. You had the uh, seating mapping. You had all this stuff. They just needed more stuff. Just a bit more of a dynamic kind of action stuff happening rather than this walking about constantly. Um, and a, a girl gets nailed by death. <laughs> yeah. Try and go for emphasis. That one I'm happy with. Uh, I hate nail gun deaths in any film. The fucking savage brutal. See, I don't like anything with eyes. Like if an like a uh, a laser goes through the eye, like in what I imagine the next one will be, or it, like anything to do with eyes, really it bothers me. Like if a nail goes towards an eye or something, it bothers me. It's that aura nails nails I can't fucking stand. Get attacked. <laughs> Oh well, one thing I, I always forget to mention: uh, music. Um, it's way too on the nose. It, it mm. ramped up ridiculously. The first film, like they kind of kept it. There was some here and there that was just a bit too much. This yeah. one, it's it, it's so fucking explicit. Subtlety, lads. Like you had the the interesting John Denver bit from the first film. Do something like that again. I mean, you had Highway to Hell in the second, which is a bit stupid, but have a bit of fun with it. I mean, the fifth, the fourth film has that "Why can't we be friends?" fucking bit. I was half expecting like Kanye West, Jesus walks. <laughs> There's a fucking music video reference that no one's gonna get. I didn't. Um, with all this, anyway, pushing on, they're um, placed in for questioning by the police mm-hmm. because there's like fucking what three of them dead, four of them dead at this point. And they're released immediately, which, again, I would release them because they're the most terrifying assassins I've ever lived. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking serious. That's the only response the police can give. Either the police are fucking incompetent or these people are terrifying and the police want nothing to do with them. And the the, the kind of third act, the, the finale, uh, rather than just like the last set piece, is the, what, Civil War? Fucking... Yeah, it's like a Civil War Fair. reenactment sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Or not so uh, much reenactment, but like a, uh, a celebration or something. It's fucking weird either way. Oh, I do fucking LARPing and I don't get it. I, I, I own muskets and I don't fucking get this shit. I must be like the target demographic. It completely goes on my head why you'd want to walk around as a fucking 1700 guy shitting in a bucket and Fucking talking old timey English like an idiot. See, I don't, I don't mind like Renfair and stuff like that. That that's fine because I kind of get it. But this specifically, it's like I don't know if it's like a celebration of the Civil War because there's new stuff. There's like neon signs and fucking there's fireworks and there's fucking this that and the other. There's a giant crane that's in there. Yeah. It, it, I, it's fucking weird either way, but yeah, carry on. Sorry. Nah, yeah. I just feel there's actually not that much to say beyond um, the guy finds out that he thinks fireworks are going to kill him. And rather than doing the reasonable thing, which would be run the fuck away, he stays there. And just goes, yeah, I'm going to stay near fireworks, the thing that's going to kill me. Fucking A. Yeah, the fact that the sister was on the uh, roller coaster as well and get got off for some reason. Again, why did she get off? Why didn't she just stay on and die? Uh, and she gets like hung. Like, yeah, you remember um, Guy Fawkes, the hung, drawn, and quartered story and yeah. stuff? You know, he got. Uh, is it the end or the start where he got shoved on a horse? 
got rode down the uh, road for a bit. I, I know it was at some point he got shoved on a horse and got fucking sped off. Uh, but yeah, she basically goes through that shit and nearly gets skewered. Her back would be in shambles, be shredded at this point, but seems all right, I suppose, for budgetary reasons. Her friend gets impaled and McKinley has like a fucking sign fall on him. Lizzie goes nuts and tries to kill um, Mary Oh yeah, he's aiming the revolver at her and he's like, I'm not going to die, you're going to die. Fucking... And then the crane falls over and kind of rips him in two. Or cuts him in two, I guess. Yeah, I can only imagine based on the second film that they'd have all been blanks anyway. Yeah, if you tried. possibly. Based on that logic, yeah. So, yeah, we progress forward like a year, six months-ish to, you know, allow the butterfly effect to affect as many fucking people as possible. And uh, all our guys die on a train to finish off the film. Yeah, so these films seem to do this thing where they're like, oh, everyone survives, but not really. Everyone dies. And at this point I was like, well, why the fuck would I care if anyone survives or dies in this film then if they all die anyway yeah um no no to be honest i like to see how they uh tackle it occasionally for the first film you know you had that active protagonist who could decide what he was going to do how he was going to go against it what he was going to do when different circumstances made themselves known in this film the problem is it's reactionary like something happens so they do something then something happens so they do something Mm. It's not they do something so something happens. It's a small distinction, but it's important. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't mind one. I, I, if someone had one on, I wouldn't walk out of the room just to escape it. But literally, all the other ones, I probably would. Two, three, four, and five. I just, <laughs> I just be like, all right, I think I'm just gonna leave now. What I will give them to them though, um, the set piece for the final death on the train, it was well fucking done. Mm. Like Elizabeth Winstead, she did a great job acting, being panicked and frantic as she knew it was coming. Um, the idea that the flashback happened before she could do anything about it makes me think that death's actually giving them it, just to fucking cock tease them, mm-hmm. and just to piss them off. Really well done. Just yeah. And the, the, the gore, the um, practical effects used, if there was CGI, CGI used, it was all really good. All stellar. Yeah. Just nothing to be said. The Final Destination, the first three films, whatever you say about them, the actual practical effects, the, the set pieces, everything are really well fucking done. The problem is that can't carry a story, that can't carry a film on its own. And I, I can watch something with good set pieces as well and a good story. It's the same with Saw, to be honest. I never got it. And you know what I can't get from Final Destination? I can't get some like convoluted fucking Las Vegas betting thing, like Hostel 3. <laughs> I had fun with Hostel 3. I hated it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. To be fair, it's probably the same for me. The Final Destination. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just call it Final Destination 4 and fuck off. Yeah, there's a fifth one yet to come. I do wonder if they uh, they get the title first, if someone was like, oh, please, God, let this be the end, or they watched it and went, fuck me, this is awful, this will be the final one. Which one came first, chicken and the fucking egg situation there? But anyway, uh, cast and crew, got director, uh, who directed the second one, David R. Ellis, the same stuff. 
usually second unit, second plane, asylum stuff, which is more fitting for this. Shark Knight 3D and Homeward Bound 2. Uh, writers Jeffrey Reddick's coming back, who all the, uh, the the first one, Day of the Dead stuff, Fire Destination things, Don't Look Back, how he went from Fire Destination 1 to this shit, which is possibly the worst in the franchise. Just as it's between this and the fifth one. It's a toss up. Uh, you got Eric Bress, who did Ghost of War again, Fire Destination 4. And I'll copy paste that over from Final Destination 1. Yeah. Of course he did. It was I'm fucking talking about now. Uh, bits and pieces bringing death to life. I think Ghost of War had, um, oh, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, the kind of skeevy looking, like if uh, Steve Buscemi was a drug dealer and younger. I like that guy. Uh, Steve Buscemi and younger? Yeah, it, like if Steve Buscemi was younger. He's in Sons of Anarchy and in, um, I think, The Punisher. I can't remember. He's just a bit skeevy. <clears throat> the actor, great actor, but uh, cast-wise, we've got Nick Zeno who plays Hunt, who <laughs> fucking Joyride Two, Dead Ahead. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Do you watch that? Nope. I went through the first couple seasons. Not bad. Uh, and Two Broke Girls, which I haven't watched. That's um. You can fuck off. Yeah, the series with um Cat Dennings. Can't remember the blonde girl's name. For life of me now. Uh Chantel Van Santen. That's that's a name. Chantel I haven't heard her. Chantel recently. That's is is that <laughs> a different context in America because here that's Chaff Central. Uh either way she's playing Laurie, she's in the boys, uh the CW Flash, uh One Tree Hill. Not much to be honest. Beyond that. Uh Bobby Campo playing Nick. Fucking great last name. Uh, here's the Christmas films we haven't seen these in a while My Christmas Love Sharing Christmas and Legally Blondes which is the third Legally Blonde film how the fuck did three of them get made how did I not notice that before like the, you know Mean Girls you know there's sequels to Mean Girls and there's sequels to Clueless why what's the point uh, and then oh fuck I meant to get like Google I meant to Google this like you know the um, pronunciation thing it sets it through so no one can have a go at me. McKelty. Fuck you. <laughs> just McKelty Williamson. Fucking strove over like that. It said fucking John Smith. <laughs> Playing George, who's in Forrest Gump, Connor, The Purge Election Year, and The Purge. I think he played the Homeless Man in The Purge films. Um, Forrest Gump, I've not properly seen because I hated it. You've never really paid attention to it. And you it. have a go at me for it's not a, watching. Well, I mean, I have a go at you for, watching, for not watching good films. Forrest Gump is it's awful. It's fucking shit. Yeah. Did he play the um the the guy who gets blown up in Vietnam? Uh, hold on. Let me Google who the fuck McKelty Williamson is. No, he he plays Bubba. Mm. I like my shrimp. I like oh pork shrimp. I thought that was the guy who got blown up in Vietnam. No, oh. that's um oh fucking whoever the guy that's in. Oh, may- no, maybe he does get blown up. I can't remember. I haven't seen Forrest Gump in a fucking long time. I thought you meant um, the dude that's in CSI New York. Uh, oh, no, it's someone else who gets blown up. Gary Busey. Yeah. No, not Gary Busey. Not Gary, Gary Busey would be perfect for a Forrest Gump role. Or either way, like budget fucking box office. Just skimming through. Um, 43 million US dollars in the budget. This is the highest budgeted of the Final Destinations. Why? Um, box office 186.2 million. 
Why? Gary Sinise. Why the fuck do people watch this? Um, okay, trivia. Very short. Uh, the McKinley Speedway accident is based on a real-life disaster, the 1955 Le Mans Speedway disaster, which I believe was um, documented in the film Le Mans 66 uh, with Christian Bale uh, a couple of years ago, last year. Yeah, it was Christian Bale and Chris Hemsworth? No, no, it was Matt Damon. Uh, had uh, John Bernathal as well. It was, yeah, it was... It wasn't like Oscar worthy, it was, it was very decent. Uh, and Tony Todd skipped out on this one. It's the only one he has skipped out on to be in the Transformers film. Transformers, um, I think it was the second one or the third one. Okay. So. Mate, he, he, he would have failed either way. Yeah. I think, to be honest, I'd go Transformers. Transformers were shit. If I have a choice, actually, no, it's one of the testicles and the racist robots in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I would go with it. Uh, actually, I don't know. Okay, so um, it starts with the most obnoxious 2000s music I think I can imagine. Yeah, do you remember those um, mostly American 80s toy Was it Rasmus? Sorry? Was it Rasmus? What, what Rasmus? What about Was Rasmus? The... I thought the music might have been Rasmus. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't listen to this shit. What, what the fuck yes, is Yes, you Rasmus? fucking do. No, I don't. In the shadows of my life, I'll be watching... Mate, I listen. You fucking know. I listen to fucking shit. I don't listen to that. I listen to girly fucking pop. I've been saved from the fucking grunge metal and thrash metal. Oh, shit. it's it's not fucking grunge or thrash. It's shit metal. If that's what we're going with, yeah, I'm sending it to you now. <laughs> you can send it over. I'm not fucking listening to it. I mean, for me, it sounds like you know those like eighties toy commercials. I got set up. Fuck it. Those eighties toy commercials with like um. Oh, emo rock. Yeah. Like fucking good Charlotte. feathers in his fucking hair, yeah. You know what, yeah. Like that. Like, imagine... Fuck, I never liked them at all. It's like, I did um, music, GCSE, and I basically got stuck with all the emo girls. And it drove me fucking mental because they wanted to do nothing I would have loved that shit. Do you want... Oh, they they, they wanted crazy. to do um, Take Me to Church by Hosea every fucking week. Oh, I don't know what that is. So. Oh, it's like a gay... Um, like fucking pride anthem, but it's the most depressing thing ever. Like he wants to suck someone off, and so they make some emo shit about it. Just go and suck the guy off. Fucking go, well, Justin. Yeah, it, it's fucking cringy. It sounds like a Limbiscuit track. Uh, they're watching NASCAR, which not a thing in this country. There is like bangers, bangers and mash. Um, genuinely called that bangers, and uh, stock car racing, which is. Fucking awful. It's so boring. It's just watching things go around in a circle. I don't mean to be mean, but people do watch this shit for the crashes. I've not seen a person, except like Malcolm in the Middle, the fucking dad, Hal, watched it to record them going around in the fucking lap, but everyone else watches this shit for the crashes. Same for uh, Formula One. No one fucking watches this shit normally. No No one's sane. The one person I met who fucking massively into Formula One, also into Drake... So he, he had no life. He was a fucking empty husk. <laughs> He's a masochist. Uh, so, I was talking about stereotypes earlier. I apologise to the previous film because this film's stereotypes are set to fucking 11. They've got no character traits beyond racist, annoying mother, annoying children, annoying racist, 
annoying security guard. That is alright, actually. Is the, the security guard, I think, in this film is the only one I can actually stand behind as liking. So, uh, the disaster in this. I'm not talking about the actual disaster, I'm talking about the CGI. Scene by scene. I, I honestly think that fucking Cube 2 has better CGI. Hostel 3 has better CGI. Wishmaster has better CGI than this shit. Yes, the, CG, the CGI in this looks like someone maybe in a cartoon factory was just like um, cartoon factory? Cartoon uh, office or a cartoon Animation officer. studio. Yeah, animation studio. No, like like a really cheap shit <laughs> Animation studio, like like the one that do like really the, bad the, dubbing for anime. Ones that do YouTube kids videos. Yes, yes, exactly. They try to do the CGI for this. So I, I did mention earlier that we're going to kind of skip through a lot of this because it's the same film again and again and again. And this is where we're going to start just skipping through stuff. Yeah, because I could not care less. So the disaster, NASCAR blows up and smashes a load of people. It looks like shit. There's an engine that falls on someone. There's a tire. I say with the biggest fucking inverted commas I possibly can. I'd need to fucking detach my arms, arm fall off boy style, to show how big the fucking inverted commas would have to be to say tire. Like little, not even fucking pixels. It doesn't even look like CG. It looks like a fucking bletch in the film. Someone have fucked up. What I did love though, did you see the expression on the mechanic when his wife got killed? It was less, oh my god, and it was more, oh, that's a bit fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, what am I going to fuck tonight? Oh, fuck. Which kind of made sense for him when he goes back to work immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's Didn't fair. seem to give a fuck. Oh, yeah, and I was talking earlier about how like all the protagonists praising it for the protagonists being like, kind of terrified after they've seen the vision, they're sweating. Uh, in this one, he just starts predicting shit. Just starts pointing stuff out and not leaving. Like, anyone would. The second I've seen all that shit and then it starts happening, I go, right, we're leaving now. Yeah. As Immediately. Much, as much as I hate, uh, as much as I've already given my hate to the Marlon Waynes, um, or with the Waynes brothers, they summed it up pretty well in Scary Movie 1, where they're like, I pulled my tongue out of ass and left. <laughs> I'll have to watch that scene. I've not, not seen Scary Movie in a while. I don't blame you, it's shit. Um, probably, probably. <laughs> don't go back and watch them if the they don't hold up. But yeah, uh, just the instant that things start happening that happened in like a daydream or whatever the fuck you like to call it, a premonition, whatever. The minute that something happens from the premonition that happens in real life, I'm like, okay, I'm gone. This ends up with me dead. I'm I'm leaving now. Thanks. Like the people in this universe don't have self-preservation whatsoever. They're perfectly fine with running headfirst into death. <laughs> Ironic, given the fucking films, but um, the memorial as well. Would you go to that? Would anyone go to that? Um, I, I don't know. If, I, I, I suppose stuff like the Hillsborough disaster, I think that had a memorial after it. I, I imagine the people that were there that survived probably would. Or some I, of them would. If I had if someone I... who died in it, like a friend, I might. Or if, like, a fucking... Even then... I don't I'd, even I'd think I would. Full. I think I'd watch it on TV and be like, oh, yeah, that was sad, wasn't it? All right, let's yeah. get on with the rest of my day. Then <laughs> talking about bad, um, we've got uh, Mr. KKK, Mr. Racist, who goes around. The most incompetent fucking... 
So he gets in an argument with uh, the security guard, uh, black guy George, who stops him from going and save his wife. And so he decides that it's George's fault, that his wife's dead, so he's going to kill him. Um, and I, I, I don't know if they were trying to make him seem... Oh, well, they were trying to make him seem incompetent. I don't know if they went too far and it went unrealistic. This this film kind of straddles a line between comedy and um, horror. And it fails a lot. I think it falls more into comedy than horror for most of it, but it tries to retain that tone. Which if I think if it lent full into the comedy, which is where the Marlon Wayne stuff came from, like the second film, I thought you go, you go just full Marlon Wayne, just go full ridiculous, and you get something out of it. You get a couple funny scenes here and there. You can see this in a Wayne's film, right? The guy gets strung down. Uh, I don't know. Gets dragged along on a cross or something. Yeah, I can imagine seeing that in a shit film. <laughs> I can imagine if it fucking happened. Um, <laughs> I mean, the mistakes he fucking makes, he he gets out the second the lights are turned off, which, give it five minutes, you twat. He's clearly not in bed yet, and he's going to fucking hear you digging a trench for a cross. And uh, he leaves his car on. There's just so much shit. I know he's drunk, but for fuck's sake, he ends up dying. I, d- I don't know about you, but as soon as I turn my lights off, I'm asleep, so... <laughs> Usually I, st- I sleep with my hand on the light switch, standing up. And then when I wake up in the morning, I turn the light switch on. You know, intricate like Wallace and Gromit style domino system. Where the second you fall asleep, your fucking eyelids close the lights off. Yeah. Um. Oh God, the dreams as well. The CGI dreams. They're so bad. It's so terrible. Do you remember like the little um, snake around the symbol for the ambulance? And I, I am going to door. be perfectly honest with you. You were barely paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like every now and again, I'd hear like a scream coming from my monitor and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that person's dead. Okay. <laughs> and then that would be about as much attention as this this movie got from me. Um, again, I was trying to install install the Vampire the Masquerade onto my computer. Yeah, it's, it's useless. That sort of stuff. It can't even fucking install. Mate, this is the first game. computer that I've ever had. Fuck off! I've I don't know how modding works. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so, so we might have gone through. Uh, so main cast, uh, they can't act yeah. at all. I mean, like, th- this is the first film that I've really saw that they just could not fucking act for the life of them. Any of the dialogue, anything. They're, they're terrible. Mm. The fucking um, there's one scene where uh, Chantel says like fucking Nick, Nick, get in here when she wants to see uh, wants him to see the news story. And you're just sitting there like fucking Nick Nick in here, Chantel, Chantel, try to act. Fucking maybe. <laughs> Add some enunciation. Add something to it. It's yeah. I don't think it make the news either. Is the other thing that annoys me. Like what, the, the whole just crash. one guy dies. It's dragged down. Like, people die all the time around here. There's a lot of stuff in these films that make the news that are necessary for the plot to move forward that I don't think would. Like Lost Through Winner dies in bladder accident. I don't think anyone would give a shit. No. HP. This guy's dead. Yeah. No, nah, no one gives a shit. Unless it's like a, a massive tragedy that's like obviously what's happening in Russia now. Oh not Russia, Ukraine, sorry. Um what happens what what's happening in Ukraine or it's like some three year old girl has died from fucking some heart complication thing or whatever. That'll be on the news. 
And then from there, it'd be like, so basically, anyway, in in the football, that's that's you know, that's fucking something that needs to be coming up right after some you hear about kids dying. Um, and they're not even fucking important enough to end up like a question on pointless. Yeah. In the future, no no one gives a fuck. <laughs> I don't know why I picked that as the arbitrator pointless. Because it's pointless. Don't even, don't even make that joke. <laughs> so many people. Um, yeah, th- these films, they kind of go death to death to death and then have a massive gap mm. and then finish off with one last set piece now. That's just the tone they go for, their structure. Uh, so next death, Dicker getting his mom killed at hairdressers at Salon by throwing stones at a lawnmower. Like a little fucking sitting one. And... Uh, the, the hairdressers itself, again, as I said earlier, like fucking death traps some of these places that these people let themselves into, which makes me think that it's not actually death doing this shit. Mm-hmm. They're just fucking masochists <laughs> with a death wish. Like fucking suicidal, all of them, but shit at killing themselves. And it's just taken this long to end it. So, uh, I yeah, she her chair in the salon falls down she nearly gets her throat slit with scissors her kids slip and nearly fall into like an open wire it's it's fucking ridiculous yeah i saw that there's there's like an open wire and there's like a a puddle of water underneath it that's like every other film in the fifth film was one of those in this film was one of those in the third fucking film was one of those how many fucking exposed wires do people have laying around apparently fucking hundreds everyone's got one exposed wire Mine is that I have to watch these shit films. <laughs> I give him points though for the whole. Um, I've got my eye on you too, and then uh, a stone goes for her eye. Points taken away for the eye not falling on them. Yeah, that that would have been perfect. Just have a little eyeball drop. I know it wouldn't be like biologically possible. But it's been smacked by a stone, but it'd be funny as fuck. Even if it was like the stone with the eye wrapped around it. <laughs> <laughs> Just traumatize those kids even more. Fuck them. They end up dead, don't they? Do they? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I, can't fu- I actually can't fucking remember what happens to the kids. Oh shit! They might. They might not. I've forgotten. It's fine. They're they're either there or they they're not. It's up to the fucking <sighs> listeners to decide if they die or not. Listeners, you decide if two kids die. You decide. Fucking choose your own adventure. Yeah. Final Destination Four style. Yeah. It'd probably be I better, actually. I close the book. The, the only character in these, this film I really care for is George. The only guy with kind of a level head and an interesting story to him. Everyone else is fucking generic. George, his family are dead, and he's he's not suicidal, but he's come to terms with everything. And at one point he tries to kill himself, and everything keeps failing, which I think is a missed opportunity. There's another Wayne's brother-like setup. Someone tries to kill themselves and like they try to slit their own throat and some pigeon jumps in the way at the last minute. And you kill the fucking pigeon, just hundreds of birds diving in the way of your knives. You're in a world no. where everything around you dies and you're trying to kill yourself and it no, just doesn't. It's mean. like it kills it kills itself. It gets in the way of the knife. Oh. So you can't kill yourself. <laughs> they just keep jumping in the way. Like you try to shoot yourself in the head and something jumps in the way of the bullet and dies instead. <laughs> That'd be fucking great. Someone who couldn't kill themselves and just going insane, little by little. It would fucking work. 
Marlon, uh, you can have it for free if you want it. Just for to see the fucking look on Steph's face. If that ever happened. Don't fucking do it, Marlon. I know it's you that's going to be doing it. I'll fucking help you write it if you want. Yeah, cunt. I'll star in it. <laughs> I just The only scene that I'd want to see from that film is an old man sitting on the edge of a cliff and then this like kid come up to him like, you look depressed, what's up? He's like, I'll fucking show you what's up. And then he goes to shoot himself and then some <laughs> the kid stops him and kills him. And then he's just like, fucking that. <laughs> That's why I'm pissed off. <laughs> oh, I'd find that fucking hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, I made myself laugh. Never mind. <laughs> oh, uh, right. On to other fucking death stuff. Uh, yeah, so they both go back. Uh, two characters whose names I just cannot recall to save my life go back to the stadium to kind of look over and work out who's dying in which order. Mm. Which I, I don't quite get. The, the premonitions, they're kind of living through it, right? From the perspective of the person. So you wouldn't really see everything that's going on unless it's like a like a dream where you're seeing outside of you where it's like a camera view. Yeah. I, I've got no idea, to be fair. It's never really explicitly shown. Uh, which would be interesting if you could see like a first-person view on it. If we just have a bit of fun with it. He recreates it and meets George and all of them kind of get together and immediately go, yeah, it's it's the Final Destination ship. They just agree. Uh, which, to be fair, actually, there are like two deaths by now. Two, three deaths. Yeah, so, I think so. You've, you've said two deaths so far, so yes. Yeah. And next we have the mechanic who they go to save... So their lives are okay. And the mechanic, once again, is in the most deadly fucking area. They nearly kill him during all this. I don't know why Death just didn't let it fucking happen. Just let the car crush his head. But yeah, they nearly kill him because somehow they were let into the mechanic's office. Nearly crush his head. What ends up happening instead, he's nearly crushed by a truck, isn't. Which, again, I have to presume isn't Death doing it then. Because technically he'd be saved and he'd be lower down on the list, you know. Mm. So that's the logic of the last lot. Uh, but instead, no, Death must have just coincidentally attacked him just before a lorry nearly killed him, ruining Death's fucking plan. Once again, this universe is fucking riddled with Death traps and literal Death's traps. Really any different um, yeah, vernacular for that one. It's really confusing because if they've dodged Death, then that means they're immortal for a bit. Well, but... I have to assume that it's not Death doing it. It's just an accident. Like, he's an actual presence, and they happen to nearly die. In which case, it's fucking stupid, because... Yeah. They're going against everything that they've put... See, this is what I mean. We keep doing these films where they set up something in the first film, they add to it in the second one, and then they completely contradict it in the third and fourth one. Or in this case, find new and impressive ways to contradict themselves as they go. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. You know, you can't tr- contradict that. can't contradict titties. I mean, titties who would this. want to? Mm. You're a tits. To be fair, I think... <laughs> this probably says more about me than it does anything else. But um, during the last one, when they went to the tanning booth, I was like, titties! Um, and then... During this one, again, I wasn't paying attention to this one, so the only time I looked over, I just looked and went, oh, boobs, nice. 
<laughs> look back at my other screen and carried on doing what I was doing. I'm glad that I save you a trip to fucking Pornhub. Yeah. You were, well, save thank you. Save you a few clips. I guess save you thank the possible, you. Possible uh, viruses. I, I guess thank you, but the rest of it is I have to watch another hour and maybe. How was, how long was that scene? Maybe a minute. An hour and 32 yeah, minutes of shit film after I've yeah, seen just, a minute of tits. Just don't shake my hand to thank me. I'll high five you, don't worry. More of a splat. <laughs> uh, so, two deaths for the price of one here. Sort of. It, it's kind of pushing towards we don't know who's next. You've got Hunter um, and you've got uh, the girl whose name I cannot remember for the life of name I don't care to remember. You've got a girl, the friend, and Hunter. No one knows which one of them died first. Um, from what I can tell, death... I mean, it must have been like a millisecond between them, so death's going to kill them a millisecond between. And it, it's kind of a fucking Sophie's choice, which one's going to be killed, which one isn't. As someone goes to save one of them. Oh, is this... Um, is this, this the... This is the, the ass blaster. The only the only thing that I can remember is there's uh, there's that generic fucking oh my car's in the car wash and I'm my head stuck in the 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 ceiling fucking window thing. Oh, she survives. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, it just is this the scenes that we're on about? Is this yeah, yeah. this that? Yeah, and, those scenes. It was that and uh, an ass blaster. Uh, he got ass blasted, Hunter. He he ended up sitting on the um, like the pool there. Uh, oh the shit! Oh where you get the water out. shit! Yes, yes, that was it. I saw titties because he was having sex in like a a tent, um, and basically he was like, "Yeah, I finished like four minutes ago. Fuck you, lady." And then she, you know, he first. fucking didn't. He did not fucking finish. He couldn't get it up. Yeah. And then he put his ass on like the the filter for the water, and got sucked. And that that really shouldn't I really shouldn't say that word. He gets sucked. <laughs> he gets sucked into the like the the filter, and his ass gets kind of jettisoned across. Did you have the song playing at the time? No, what was it? It's fucking. I mean, we've had Highway to Hell, mm-hmm. which is a very good song. We've had um, Rocky Mountain High by John Denver, which is a very good song. Is it Ring very of Fire? Very fitting. Uh, no, it's. Um, you know, I don't know the name. You know the Corona and Lime song? That. Babe, will you be my Corona and Lime? Mm. And I will be your main squeak. That shit. No. That fucking white hipster. The lamest thing on earth. Oh, it, I do love it fits, that. Though, it, cause... It's it's got yeah, it fits fucking perfectly. He's it's a one to one match. I do love the, the the song. In fact, it's even fucking better because it goes through that shit, the lamest fucking pun ever, and then says, "And if your brother don't like my style, we can take it to the streets." Like that fucking, I love you. You're my fucking perfect angel. And if your brother doesn't like that, I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I think perfectly fucking mirrors this film. In a fucking lame as fuck with this little veneer of violence that it can't live up to. Mm. You couldn't whoever was picking the music, you couldn't have picked something better. Well done, you. You fucking nailed it. Yeah, after finding Hunter's like fucking bits come up from the pool, 
which I, I don't think that's how it works. Again, for some reason, electronics in this universe are given a fucking turbo setting, a do-your-job-until-someone-dies setting, which, why? Uh, George tries to kill himself, <laughs> fails just over and over again. It's fucking funny. Uh, he tries to hang himself with his too fat, falls down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that bit too, yeah. Tries to take pills and he pukes them up. Because it's too fat and presumably ate too much before. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't they use it? Fucking just make use of that shit. You're immortal. Go, what are we going to do with our lives? I'm going to fucking... I'm going to jump off a cliff without a hang glider. Yeah. And go for it. I'm going to get fucking sponsored doing it. I'm going pre- to say I'm Jesus. Is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say I'm Jesus and fucking go for it. Jump off the Empire State Building. Although, to, to be it. fair... They can still be injured, so they could end up in hospital, and then when it comes to their turn, they just die in hospital. I suppose you'd be crippled for life. Yeah. Well, I'd shoot myself in the head, then. (laughs) (laughs) Put a shotgun... Oh, I was going to say a shotgun in my mouth in Preacher. They did that, didn't they? Shit. I'd I'd fucking... I don't know. I'm trying to think. Fucking Courier from Fallout, so I'd have shot to the head. Shit. What definitely kills you. Um... Phineas Gage had a fucking pole in his head. I don't know what definitely kills you. I mean, I assume jumping off a very tall building will kill you. You can survive it. You hit terminal velocity and people have survived that. You know what? I'd fall off an incredibly high building head first. Yeah, there you go. Because I know, I know people have like survived um, like skydiving without a parachute and shit like that, or their parachutes have failed and shit. Yeah, it's happened. It's very fucking rare, but but these guys, instead of doing that shit, they're just toast to life. Because, you know, they they really want to live. And they're fucking retiring next month. <laughs> and they're fucking getting married. So we go into the endgame, the kind of last setup, uh, where they basically find out that a the cowboy from the first bit, the polite cowboy, survived. He was a kind of John Doe. They didn't know who he was, and now they've just recovered him. Uh, and he ends up getting flattened by a um, what are they called whirlpools in hospital exercise pools where they have like the little um, whirlpool aspect to them in the metal tube that you get old people to sit in metal tube you get old people to like, sit in no fucking like a metal bathtub that has little bubbles in it that you put old people in in hospitals like exercise pools it might possibly I know I have Any no idea. Sense. Right, fair enough. One of those flattens the fucking guy downstairs because no one turns off the uh, water because, again, this universe is full of morons. And that, that wasn't death. Once again, that wasn't death. That was the doctor. Not bothering to turn shit off because death can't control the doctor. What is the floor made out of paper? Um, Like tiling. I can see it kind of um, got waterlogged as it overflowed. So, I mean, it wouldn't take... It'd take a while, but I think that'd do it, to be fair to them. I think they're called whirlpools. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, Cowboy gets crushed, which uh, sets off the domino effect. George gets ran over. (laughs) The flashback. The um, fucking thing he gets, the main character, is situated just before George gets ran over. So I'd just like to think, he fucking he keeps getting a flashback and just sees George getting run out <laughs> again and again. <laughs> Not been able to do shit about it in this horrific loop. Yeah, um, I mean to to really culminate the last act. It's one of the weakest 
of the franchise where in a cinema it blows up which is it blows up um on a scene in the actual film in the film in the film where there's a timer going off and a bomb it blows up it, it's so filmy it takes final destination of the start where you had a kid who just accidentally strangled himself it takes coincidence to supernatural is the problem it, it gets unbelievable unrealistic from where the first film was and from where arguably the third film was in a lot of cases they all end up you know they all end up fucking dying you know did you see that how they ended up yeah dying? i saw the stupid fucking like x-ray fucking it, death scene at the end. truck comes out of fucking nowhere <laughs> it crashes and into a cafe them? or some shit and it kills the yeah. three of them yeah fucking it's so unimaginative after all that shit you're just gonna have a truck yeah. It's the same level as fucking barbecue blow it up. I'm so fed up with these cunts. I will say, one of them got it really fucking rough. One of them got ran over by a tyre. The other one got hit by the front fender. And the other one just got thrown into a wall. And they did. <laughs> Why didn't they just go truck first? Why didn't Death just send a legion of fucking trucks just to kill them? Because he clearly can... Yeah, apparently, apparently he can do that. So, fuck it. Just spawn in fucking trucks <laughs> and just slam them. Until they die. Just go trucks. Mad on trucks. I'm going to go on to the next film before I get too angry about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Which is even worse. For me, I don't know. Which which do you prefer on the little bits you saw of it? Four or five? Um, Just because I actually wanted to pay more attention, I guess five. Oh, you have to remember as well, five is in 3D. Oh yeah, I know. I've got a funny story about this actually. So, um when this first came out, obviously it was in the cinemas in 3D. Um my aunt went to go watch it uh with my sister. Um my aunt thought the pictures were coming out of the screen and tried to touch them. <laughs> that's kind of cute. That that's that's, that's... adorable. Is it? Yeah, that's adorable. How old is she? I thought more... She's like 50 odd. Okay, no, that's... She She needs to be put in a home somewhere. Never mind. Yeah. She's 50. Yeah. She needs medication. I thought you were talking like she was in her fucking 80s, 70s. No. No. My mum's sister, she's about... I think she's younger than my actual mum. I think my mum's the oldest, but... um. So, bear it in mind, my mum's older than her. <laughs> And she was still like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And she's trying to grab like the like piece of like knife that comes out of the screen. Yeah, your family, why would something. you try to grab the piece of knife, even if it was? Because she's a fucking moron. All right. I bet worst case scenario there, you cut your own hand. Why would you even tr- Fuck it. Fuck it. We're going on. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> five. That's uh, before I get more annoyed about that. Directed by Stephen Quayle, who has done Renegades, Aliens of the Deep, which is a documentary about fish underwater. I don't know why I had to specify underwater. I meant deep sea fish, not just fish in water. And Into the Storm. Shark in water. <laughs> Written by Eric Heiseressa. I'm sorry, mate. Who's done Hours, um, Arrival, the fuck, uh, the film 2016, with fucking... Oh, the girl who plays Lois Lane now. I can't remember her name. It begins with an A. That's annoying. Amy something. 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 remake and Bird Box. Remember that piece of shit that Netflix released? The Bird Box Challenge with uh, John yeah. Malkovich, where basically uh, it was like, um, you remember The Quiet Place? Yeah. It was like that, but with eyes. You couldn't see the monsters. Oh, was that the Sandra Bullock Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, fuck that. With the Bird Box Challenge, where uh, Netflix had to come out and say, please don't do the Bird Box Challenge for people like driving cars with fucking boxes on their heads. Yeah, whose fucking smart idea is it to go, yeah, let's make a challenge out of this and drive a car blindfolded? If that, if anything, that's natural selection. Let them fucking do it and let them kill themselves. Fuck them. I'm just worried now. Natural selection. It can go the other way, you know. Every action has an equal opposite reaction and create death. I mean, yeah, they'd probably they'd probably mow a few civilians I'm not, I'm not down on about the that one. Street. I'm talking like they kill themselves, but you're also going to get a few. I did the bird box challenge and I got pregnant. <laughs> Walked around <laughs> nowhere. I yeah, if I couldn't anything. see, I was if 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 I couldn't see, I was having sex. I didn't know I'd get pregnant. I think that's the kind of level of intelligence that we can just assume is a thing now. Okay, this cast um actual list might be a bit better for you. You might be able to recognise a few of them for the way I've done it because I couldn't remember their names, so I just did it like this. Uh, Jacqueline, tell me if you actually know which one I'm talking about. Jacqueline McLennis Wood, who's playing knockoff Megan Fox. Who's in Piranha 3D and Skyrunners? Do you know that guys? Knock off Megan uh, Fox. Looks kind of like Lena Headey if she took advice from Megan Fox. You go play Cersei. Uh, okay, uh, Nicholas DeGosto, who's a knockoff Jonas. Hold on, I'm actually googling this because yeah, sure, go through the cast. Uh, fired up from Prada to Nada and Gotham. Uh, Miles Fisher, knockoff James Franco. If you don't know that one, you really fall apart. Who's in a Christmas arrangement? Uh, believe me, in superhero movie. The uh, like a Wayne's brother style fucking thing, awful. And David Keckner, who's playing David Keckner pretty much, like he plays David Keckner in every fucking <laughs> film. Who's in obviously Anchorman, Anchorman Two, uh, Krampus, which is very good Christmas horror. Yeah, can you work out which one's knock off Megan Fox and which one's knock off James Franco? Uh, so I didn't know who. Wait, what the fuck? Okay, oh shit. All right. Uh, yeah. So I know who Devin, uh, David Cockner is. David Keckner. Um. Whatever, uh, I understand James the the knockoff James Franco now. He he looks like his younger brother. Um, I think you got James. You James got um, three of them, isn't it? Yeah, his younger brothers in fucking like I've seen him in a couple uh, pieces of shit here and there. Yeah, Doesn't I don't much of anything good. Can't remember. No, I can't remember his name. What is in now? Um, Nicholas. That guy, to be fair, I was was desperately trying to find someone who looked vaguely like him. Knock off Megan Fox, I think he's pitch fucking perfect. Looks like Lena Headey taking fashion advice from Megan Fox. Jacqueline Clinis Wood. Yeah, it's fair. See, Emma Bell's in this. Who? And I know her from a lot of things. Who who the fuck is Emma Bell? The girlfriend of Nicholas D'Augusta and Knockoff. Okay, what's she been in? Jonas brother. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Uh, supernatural, let me fucking guess. Quite possibly. If it's supernatural, uh, we're finishing. As friends. Oh, in that case, let. Oh, Walking Dead? She's fucking. Beth. Uh, no. Yes. She's not Beth. That's Emily. Oh, fuck. That's Emily Kinney. Oh, shit. Uh, she's Amy Harrison, which is. someone's sister. Uh, I can't remember who Amy Harrison is. I didn't watch 
beyond when they got to Alexandra, so. Oh, it was in the first season. Uh, oh, the, the one that gets bitten Andrea's on the neck when she sister. gets murmured. Andrea, that's the name, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, Andrea's she was sister. an annoying, screaming, whining prick through that. Good fucking. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying she was great. I'm just saying I, I remember her from stuff. Fair enough. Through <laughs> a budget box office, forty million US dollars to one hundred fifty nine point one hundred fifty seven point nine million US dollars. That's sad. Um, Kira, yeah. she was in Supernatural oh, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, carry trivia. on. Trivia, <laughs> trivia. Um, some twat in this was in Supernatural. Not fucking trivia because everyone's been in fucking Supernatural at some point or another. Apparently, if anything, this podcast has proved that. Every fucking there's one point of uh, distance from Supernatural in any film or I, TV I, show. I, I will. S- you can move no, one person and go there's, Supernatural. There's three things that we can we can count on um, at this point from this podcast. We will always mention Nicolas Cage. Technically, that's the Nicolas Cage mention. No, we've already done it. Oh, we did because we rock. mentioned The Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um. There is always something linked to Supernatural and fucking Steven Seagal. <laughs> Apparently that's a new thing. <laughs> I'm fucking not. I hate Steven Seagal. Uh, trivia or otherwise, there's nothing. And I just want to point this out to anyone writing trivia websites online because I looked through three or four and all of it was, oh, this was a reference to the first film. This is a reference to the second film. This is a reference to the third film. No one gives a fuck. No one cares. It's not trivia. Not trivia to say there's a fucking bus with 180 on it, which is a reference that no one gives a shit. You fucking wasted your life. I had to sit through these twice. You sat through these like 90 times, curtling through for different bits of fucking references. Feel ashamed. It's not trivia. I already do. Right. If you, I can imagine you do it for fucking Supernatural. No, I meant I already feel ashamed, but I mean, I, mean, I can do it for Supernatural if you want. Being British, mate. <laughs> uh, scene by scene. Shitty CGI credits are back with completely unconnected imagery to the actual film. Nice to see them. They're crap. Yeah, I skipped I skip this one. The cast looks like employees of a bad celebrity lookalike website. You know, like, kind of... <laughs> You go online. All of them do. Like where you're sitting there going, I, I can kind of see it. It's like the melting wax work at Madame Two Swords. Yeah, yeah. Like a fucking tumorous, cancerous ridden celebrity that somehow got out, got facial replant surgery. That's what they look like. I'm not saying they're ugly. I'm not saying they're horrific to look at. They're just slightly, it's like Uncanny Valley of celebrity lookalikes. Credits are four minutes fucking long. And. By like minute five, every single relationship is made clear to the audience and exposited in painful ways. Just painful. Everyone like in front of their colleagues starts talking about their fucking love life, which is weird and creepy. Yeah. So, and, like Megan Fox comes out as a stripper. I I wanna I wanna ask because again I wasn't really paying attention, but I was paying more attention than I was for the fourth one. Um. Why is it, or why does it seem like they're standing outside of a school selling lemonade when, at the start of this film? Like, I know they're not, technically. I think they're trying to start getting ready to go on a trip or whatever. I don't really Is who doing what, sorry? 
amongst everyone in this in this film. So, uh, the start of this film starts out in uh, at the front of this like large building, and it looks like they've got like a cola or something full of lemonade, and it looks like they're just having like a garage sale or something. I I I've never been on like a work retreat, and I never will. I'll be ill every fucking time. There were trips in my secondary school that I didn't go on, and I went to school instead. That's how fucking antisocial I became by the end of it. See, I I went I went on school trips, but by the time that I got to wherever we were going, I'd fuck off on my own, and then everyone else would go do something in groups. <laughs> so I was I left on my own. I disappeared on my own in a different country, <laughs> or different part of this country and I was just on my own for a couple of days. It was great. Fucking hell, that's fair enough. That's a horrifying lack of security in your school. Yeah, it was. Yeah. My school sucked. <laughs> a work trip? Would you, would you go on a work trip then? Um, I would have at the, the last place that I worked at. They did a um, it was a company that was originally based in Japan and um Apparently they did one like three weeks before I started where they just invited people to come to Japan and do like a seminar for a week. And as long as they went to the seminar, uh, seminar, they could do whatever they wanted for the rest of the week. And the seminar. I would have absolutely. (laughs) 40 hours. Yeah, it probably was to be fair, but I would have absolutely done that. I would have turned up to the seminar completely fucking rat arsed. And then gone out and done something with the rest of my fucking day anyway. Yeah, it's not that, is it? It's like fucking team building. Fucking yeah. fall into me. Trust fall. You... I would have trust fell, just I would have been pissed doing There's it. always like some fat 50-year-old woman. Or a really annoying... I... This isn't in any way being homophobic. It's always a slightly effeminate guy that's doing this sort of shit. That's like trust falling. Also, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, every fucking place I've seen that's had this sort of shit, it's always one of the two. Or I'm a slightly effeminate, effeminate or guy. So. It's a guy in his fucking forties who's slightly balding, really fucking annoying, and has that whole like football lad culture down, and is trying to push you into doing all this shit. That's the worst. It's one of those three stereotypes, all of which are fucking annoying. Yes, that's fair. Uh, we also get Nice Guy, who is just a sexual deviant and like a fucking Elliot Rogers if he grew up. Just pathetic. Who's Nice Guy? Um, slightly bold guy, who ends up getting killed in the acupuncture section. Oh, uh, I know him as well. It's Oh, fuck, what's his name? Can I guess? He's been in Supernatural. No, PJ. Don't say no. Um, there's like fifty-fifty. Yeah, I'll I'll check now, but I'm fairly certain he's not in it. I said round out the cast. We got David Keckner playing David Keckner. Um, so Bridges, Bridges and shit. Uh, have you ever heard about? Um, oh God, this is me going to my physics class years ago. My teacher's gonna fucking kill me if I forget this one. Resonant frequency. You ever heard of that term? No. So it's really fascinating, right? If you look up bridges at resonant frequency, basically it's, um, you know when you, you tap 
a like a, a fucking a vibratey thing that makes sound. <laughs> I can't remember what they call it. A tuning fork. A t- yeah, you tap a tuning fork and you put it against another tuning fork and uh-huh. they, they get louder when they're together. They're kind of pushing to one direction, they get louder. Yeah. And they get louder and louder because they kind of, you know, um, reinforce each other. So that principle, right? And I, I know I've butchered the whole idea, the whole fucking science behind it, but bear with me. That principle of resonant frequency exists in all sorts of vibrations, like wind as well. And what can happen is if a bridge is built in a certain way, incorrectly, uh, wind can hit it at a resonant frequency of the bridge, and a bridge can literally like shake like jelly. Like a full concrete bridge with concrete fucking supports can shake and twist and end up breaking, which is so fucking cool to watch. Oh, fuck it, I'll see if I can't um, actually find a video quickly. For anyone um, who's listening, if you look up the Tacoma Bridge whenever you've got some free time, uh, you can see a bridge actually like fucking shaking. It's so cool to watch. I, I don't know why they didn't do it. If you go from like 51, Steph, 1 minute 51, you see what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking cool. And it, it'll break, obviously. Yeah. It's fucked. Uh, and that's that's just window in that shit. So I don't know why they didn't go with something like that. It'd be so amazing. What they did go with is um, pathetic. I, I think it's still just wind, but it, it just cracks and it just breaks and it's a bit boring to watch. Yeah, there's there's some um, people working on the bridge and they've take, they've basically cut out a large section of the road and... I think they're insinuating that that's fucked up the structural integrity of the bridge and it's fucked. So the disaster goes on for fucking ever. This this yeah. this goes on and on and on and on with them trying to get across the bridge. Um, I'm not going to mention much of it because it's it's just a bit boring. Uh, David Koechner getting um, burnt to death is actually quite fun. Like oil caved over him if I was scalded. Probably more appropriate. Uh, the most egregious part of it, though, right? So uh, Megan fucking Magoo drops her glasses at one point and they get broken. And she ends up falling in the water as a result. Like, I, I was kind of wondering what the chances of surviving if you fall off a bridge. Just curious. And I looked up uh, the Golden Gate, which is probably taller than the bridge in the film, right? I'd imagine so, yeah. Yeah, and that, that had a 98% fatality rate. So not looking great. Um, this was before mm-hmm. I got to the scene with Megan fucking Magoo, though, where she falls into the water, and she's fine. Perfectly fine until the car falls in and hits her. And all I can think of, <laughs> if she's okay, and she's not fucking diving, she's not bracing herself, just jump in the water and swim. Like, she was perfectly fine. She was stationary. She wasn't being pulled by the current. She wasn't injured. She wasn't screaming. She wasn't in pain. She was fucking fine. Just swim. Rather than doing this shit. They'd be fucking fine. Oh, this is where I found out that it was um, in three dimensions as well. 3D. It's so obnoxious. It's This This is the problem. It's films built for 3D are inherently inferior. Yeah, see, I, I noticed it more when um, a woman fell off the bridge and she landed on the... the oh, the uh, pole. The pole yeah. that's on a boat. Forgotten what the fuck it's called, where they get the flag and everything. Mast. Um, the mast. There we go. Thank you. It's, it's yeah. 
it's 3D CGI. It's such a fucking hacky thing to do. As an eye as well, it was popping out that looked terrible. Yeah, like 98% of people die at the Golden Gate, but she fucking falls in and is fine. Just dive into the fucking water, you retard. You'd be fine. So, after all that, disaster happens. The main guy gets impaled with a pole. The No, he gets cut in half. Oh, he gets cut in half, yeah. His mate, um, James Franco Jr., gets fucking pulled. After that, he comes to, like every other protagonist, and he casually looks around and cuts his thumb. And then he looks at his thumb and he says, oh, that's a bit annoying. And then he remembers, oh, yeah, I just saw all my friends die. Yeah. It's not like, oh, shit, that was a really fucking crazy dream, wasn't it? That literally felt like, oh, shit, my fingers cut. Well, whatever. Wait. It's like it it takes him five minutes to figure out that that actually happened. Which, at that point, everyone's probably already dead. (laughs) To be honest, I don't see how he changed anything. It's the time between them running off the bus and them just getting off. It felt roughly the same. Yeah, it exactly. It felt exactly the same. It's just I don't know. It was like the guy somehow got out of the bathroom at the back as well. The dickhead and yeah. ended up on the bridge. Why? How? Fuck that should have he pretty good. Yeah. I and to make it even worse, like he runs off with Molly. He just fucking legs it. Um. By the time he gets to the end of the bridge, and he has a good like fucking what thirty second head start. Yeah, maybe. Start. David Keckner catches up when he gets to the bridge. How slow is he running? Or how fucking <laughs> fast is David Keckner? The fourth film, the problem is CGI. The fifth film, it's writing. It's absolutely the writing. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And this is the highest fucking budget yet. Didn't it earn the most as well? Yeah, it did earn a lot. It's this 3D shit. This was during the, the whole mainstay of it. They had, um, you had Saw. I can't remember which Saw film. You might know better than me, actually. I think it was literally just Saw 3D, wasn't it? Uh, we get to the standard police scene, which was in the third film, which was in the first film, which was in... No, not the fourth film. But as prerequisite, because we haven't seen it before and we need to see it again. For f- fucking why? Just get on with it. We know what this fucking scene is. This this one's worse, actually. This one's more egregious. Because the police directly insinuate that he did it. And you have to think in your head, okay, so his plan was presumably kill his colleagues... Um, while saving his girlfriend, and rather than, say, blowing up the bus while he was there, he blows up an entire bridge, single-handedly, with himself on it. Like, do do we know what... His job is a chef, isn't he? He's a chef. Yeah, he's a chef. What kind of police are like... Right, he's a chef. Clearly, he's got knowledge of uh, bridges and their structures and their weak points. He clearly knows how to destroy a bridge without making it look like someone's destroying a bridge. It's clearly him just trying to kill his colleagues. By so, destroying a massive fucking bridge. Yeah, instead of, I don't know, the, the killing truck, them and the fucking stabbing them with a fucking meat cleaver or like, fucking something a to gun. do with chef work. A fucking gun? Yeah, anything? A gun. Just shoot them? Would be less fucking obvious than a bridge blowing up? More easy, far fucking easier. No one has blown a bridge up in the history of mankind just to kill. I'm going to kill three thousand people to make it look like these ten people that I wa- actually wanted to kill died by accident. Yeah, fucking. You got millions of options that are simpler than this. The police in this film are retarded. 
I love as well the news as well. It's fucking this is egocentrism at its finest. Protagonist syndrome. Uh, I quote: North Day Bridge collapse among the survivors were uh, eight people from Yada Yada Company. Why is that being mentioned at all? Yeah, it wouldn't be. There would have just been like, oh, Northbridge collapse, 300 dead and like 22 injured and this many people survived. Actually, news these days, they wouldn't even bring up the survivors. They'd just be like, this many dead, that many injured. No one gives a fuck about the people that survived. No one's fucking giving a damn about a random company that produces stuff. And what company has a funeral for the staff? Who would want to attend that? Who yeah, would want to go no, to that? No company I ever know. If even if like even if someone died on site, the the worst that would happen is like, oh, we called the ambulance. Everyone get back to work. You get might be counseling. There wouldn't be a fucking funeral. Counseling, I suppose. In some areas, yeah. For the for the very few people that saw what happened, they'd be like, okay, we will get counselling, we'll take it out of your wages, because fuck we paying for that. <laughs> we'll arrange, we'll phone them for you, that's as much work as we're going to put in. That, you'd fucking be impressed with that. Uh, we do get Tony Todd though, which he's a gem. He's he's good in this, he's good in the old ones. He says some weird shit in all of them because the writing's up to par, but he's he just says it so well. He's whistling, he's so creepy. It's just beautiful. So, uh, first proper death scene, the gym scene, which is actually quite famous, I think, among uh, Final Destination deaths. It, it's always up there in kind of a top ten list for people. Uh, what do you reckon to it? Remind me, because the only gym death scene that I can remember is that fucking twat going, I ain't gonna ever die, and then he crushes his own skull with the weight machine. Uh, gymnast, sorry. Oh, yeah, what the fuck was that? that like oh there's a screw loose here oh she gonna step on it no 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 no. she might do no no she doesn't okay so she goes to the fucking to the fucking athletic bars yeah the fucking walking past bar. the exposed wire in water again yeah oh let's step over that one Put on <laughs> it. almost killed myself there i'm not gonna point it out so no one fucking does anything about it, you know, because I'm a dick too. And then I'm going to get onto this bar and then someone else is going to stand on the nail, fall over into the fucking puddle, knock over the fucking the chalk that they put on their hand to fucking do all that shit. That's going to blow into my face and I'm going to fucking cripple myself and turn myself into a, an accordion. That is the stupidest fucking scene I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, we might be sound, we might sound pedantic to anyone listening in. What I want you to imagine is that the premonition scene doesn't happen, doesn't exist, but instead, uh, all the deaths just go forward and through. That's all you see. You'd be fucking as bemused as we are. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The amount of shit that has to go wrong that humans can see directly in front of their eyes is insane. The death itself, the fucking crumbled in like an accordion. Like a harmonica is beautiful. I'll grant it. It, it looks really nice. She's she's got kind of like a mermaid position, like a legs sticking out in the back. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's like how can I explain? Um, you know those people that have their like 
that can do that weird shit where they bend their back into like a C shape and put their feet on either side of their head. She does that, but unintentionally. <laughs> and the problem I have with it is if they'd have kind of left it rather than going like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, I'd have honestly preferred it be like a minute and she just flower in a fan, gets in her eyes, she dies. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. You didn't need all the cocktail stuff. You didn't need the nail. That was irrelevant. You just needed flower in her eyes. She falls down and breaks her neck. Nice. It yeah. it's, it's the same with so many of the deaths as well. Like the Buddha thing. He could have just like fucking the uh, obnoxious nice guy. He gets a Buddha statue dropping his head in a sequence mm-hmm. that takes what like fifteen fucking minutes. Goes yeah. on forever until like fucking Mario Boomer jumps on the Goomba's fucking head and finishes it. I, the one thing I'll give it is when he gets sticks in his body. That's kind of cool. That looks really fun. But it goes on forever. Like he, he yeah. makes a load of sexist jokes about um, a young massagist. And then you get a mother come in, and I think he's happy to have a happy ending with the mom by the end of it. It's a bit weird. You know, it just fucking goes with her, which, uh, fair enough, whatever you're into. Yeah, it's fucking weird. But, um, so this is uh, Discount James Franco's girlfriend, and it seems this... Bearing in mind, at the start of this film, he was like, hey, don't tell anyone, but I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you, but if you tell anyone, we'll break up. So it's very heavily implied that he doesn't actually like this girl. He's just kind of using her. Then she dies, and then it heavily depresses him, or it seems to, throughout the entire rest of this film. He's like, fuck you guys. <sighs> I, I don't know whether if that was just me, like, reading too much into it, or if you picked up on it or as well, or what? No, it was... <laughs> No, no, I can't really say anything to that. It's just right. It's just how it pushed on. I've, I lost interest character-wise. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I kind of did. It was just something that I picked up on and I was like, why the fuck's he... Like, the end is... We'll get there, but the end confused me as well. Yeah, they had no chemistry as well. Part of the problem. Like, mm. dating for six months, I know they said. Um, they just they didn't seem to be anything between the two actors. I don't, some of the actresses for this were cast a few days before the uh, production started. Hmm. In a lot of cases, which it, it makes a lot of sense that I have any fucking chemistry whatsoever if they haven't been able to read their lines across and haven't been able to actually meet up and just hang out and shit. And they're frankly not good enough actors to get away with not doing any of that stuff. Yeah, the, the crux of that Candice thing sets off the, um, the catalyst for some more active work where the mortician Tony Todd ends up telling them uh, you have to kill someone to extend your life, uh, which I, I don't know if that's just Tony Todd fucking with them. I imagine so, because he's given, in every film that they've asked him for advice, he's given completely different advice. In the last one, it was create new life. This one, it's kill people to extend your own. But I don't think any of it's worked. No. I mean, the original ending was the, the guys from 2 die, and I'm taking that as canon at this point. So none of it fucking works. The two, the people from Two died. the The information he gave them was to create new life, which, if the way that they did it was the correct way to do it, is already void because they did it in the first one. Uh, in this one, they're like, kill people. Hey, you get arrested. You can live as long as you fucking want, mate. But 
yeah, it's well to be fair with this police fucking station. They'd be like, "Was that your friend that killed himself with the pistol, huh?" So, um, I mean, we're going over all the death scenes anyway. Might as well touch on the other big one. Uh, yeah. You're talking about your hated eye stuff. What do you reckon? Wait, my talking about what? Sorry, uh, the eye, the laser. Oh yeah, I I genuinely couldn't watch that. Um, as soon as I saw her get into that chair and the fucking thing clamped down on her head, I was like, I, I can't watch this. <laughs> you ever played um, the only thing. Dead Space? Yeah. For, how, how did you get through that? I, I, I didn't get through that. Well, I did, technically, but I got someone else to play it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely, I can't do stuff that's like entering the eye or like anything like that. It fucking freaks me out. It's the only thing that I'm relatively squeamish about. Uh, I don't know. Push through and other stuff. Uh, I mean, I'll talk from my side then. It, it did look really good. Like, laser to hand. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's no way anyone would have lasers that fucking strong. Can't even imagine. I don't know how laser eye surgery works, to be fair. It's, it's got to have some girth to it. Some substance. To be able to actually do shit. It can't just be a laser. She also throws, uh, throws her fucking glasses in the bin beforehand, which to me seems a bit cocky. Yeah, it's like, this is clearly going to fucking work, because from the little I do know, I, I've never had to wear glasses and I don't need glasses, but from what little I know is after like laser eye surgery, you still have to use glasses or you have to have like eye patches or something for a couple of hours. And even then, after the eye patches come off, you still have to use the glasses for a little while after that, I think. I'm more just thinking how awkward it'd be if it didn't fucking work. She'd have to just fish out her glasses <laughs> from the pile and just, you <laughs> dickhead. Yeah, but then she couldn't find them because she's <laughs> blind. <laughs> oh, poor girl. She ends up falling out a window, by the way. Oh, right, okay. So she's like, she gets stabbed in the eye a few times. She gets stabbed in the hand and then uh, jumps out a window for some reason. Fair enough. I said fake Megan Fox. Oh, was that her? Yeah, that that was fake Megan oh, Fox. Right, okay. Like Lena Headey cosplaying as Megan Fox. The Cersei from Game of Thrones. Yeah. I just remember her as the woman in Dread. And yeah, uh, with all that stuff pushing forward, we get all the deaths. Uh, Kekna gets a wrench to the head. Yeah, that's fucking brutal. That one is. That comes out of nowhere That's fucking well. great. Um, there's some build-up, to be fair, because they say, oh, who's next in the list? And then Kekna just gets that wrench straight in his fucking head. I think it's meant to be funny, which it kind of is. But it's... it's it, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it fucking literally took me by surprise anyway. Fucking... I'm sitting there like, oh, okay, so they're all talking next to this fucking rotating, like, very quick rotating, like, um, conveyor belt sort of thing that's on its side for some reason and I'm like oh fuck that's like head level someone's gonna someone's head's gonna go into that or something and then they're like oh who's next and then a wrench just comes flying out of nowhere and fucking hits him in the face and I'm like oh okay fuck that was quick and there wasn't any build up to that there was no like fucking there's none of those Jenga pieces or those fucking slight domino pushes for that one just I don't mean, know. He gets a wrench. It's why it's fucking effective. It's why the the truck was effective in the first film. It it was sudden out of nowhere. He didn't expect it whatsoever. No build up. It just came and went. And the reaction's great. I mean, that, that's half of it. Um, 
obviously, you know, culminating into the end game for the sake of this not hitting like six hours. Franco, uh, faux Frank, faux Franco, <laughs> tries to kill uh, Thingy's girlfriend because she survived death, or or she's higher than him in the ranking. So if if he kills her, he's safe for a while. Right. I don't know why you wouldn't just. Oh yeah, you can't kill an innocent. You can't kill someone who's gonna die. Who's not gonna die? So he has to kill one of those. He can't kill his mate because he's not gonna. I, I don't quite understand the logic on it. Yeah, I didn't understand it either. I was trying to. I was trying to think of something. I was like, okay, so is he? Tr- is he trying to kill them because they're happy and his girlfriend died, or something? Like I genuinely couldn't. I, I again, I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I paid more than the fourth one. I mean, but, it also seems like bullshit logic to me because like mass murderers aren't fucking thousands of years old. Yeah, you don't have Genghis Khan sitting around still. <laughs> he'd, he'd be fucking millions of years on him, and whoever killed him would have millions of fucking years. Fucking state executioners would be laughing. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, uh, Fo Franco ends up shooting and killing the detective that's been running around at Keckner's behest. He drops down dead, uh, and then uh, Franco's killed. By, yeah, uh, he gets stabbed by like a. By I want to say like a large spork. What I don't know what the fuck it is. It's got like fucking five points on it. I, I know there's a name for them. It's like a, a fake trident, but like a, a skewer thing that you get in kitchens. I think it's for meat in a kitchen. There is a reason it's there. It was weird. But then, yeah, we uh, we finish. We do the snake finally bites its own tail. As we finish on uh, flight one eighty, uh, our protagonist, who's been meaning to go to France for a while, gets on a plane. He hears Devin Sauer shouting about how the plane is going to blow up, get off the plane, and decides that's nothing to worry about. Stays on the plane and blows up because he he fucking yeah. deserves it. I I will say. I've I've watched a few lists of like the greatest plot twists in fucking film and blah blah blah, and this is always somewhere on it, and I'm trying to figure out why. Just because someone's written something to kind of go, oh, remember what happened in the first one? <laughs> I t- Wink. It's the same as you as I said that Robert Pattinson thing from the nine eleven stuff. It's just oh nine eleven. We 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 made references occasionally. It's but. no, no twist on that. There's nothing to kind of, except from he's going to France. There's nothing to tell you that's what's going to happen, or build up there. Is he's killed someone? So by all purported purposes, he should be okay. Yeah, I know. Right. So, um, how can I explain? And when you look, when you go back throughout the entire film, you can tell event like you can make. You can get some idea that it's it's before the first one, because like the dates on the plane ticket, if you pay, if you care all that much, you could literally go, oh, I figured that out myself because the date in the first film was blah blah blah. But can you honestly say anyone actually gave a fuck about these films enough to remember? Enough I... to remember until they saw this ending, and then like. Wait, 
yeah, they're using flip phones and they're using this and they've got the date for blah, blah. I can tell you now, these like, people... Why did you go Wolverhampton on that, you fucking xenophobe? I don't fucking know. Just what everyone sounded like a twat. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it, it's just not... Uh, yeah, it's it, it's not a good twist. Not, nothing substance-wise there. Nothing to no. it. Um, so going to push to the end uh, because otherwise this is going to hit like fucking six, seven hours and no one, no one on earth, not even myself wants to listen to me for that fucking long. Yeah, we watched these for seven and a half hours. I don't think we could talk about them for seven. Uh, so in terms of actual recommendations, I think we're going to we're gonna differ in opinion a bit here. Uh-huh. I have a feeling. Uh, which would you recommend? The watch? I think you've, you've said more or less through... Yeah, I I think for plot wise, watch one. Um, let me look at the list that I I put up earlier, or about a day or two ago. Um, so so it's pretty much in order. So it was one, two, three, five, four. Um, that's literally only because I only paid attention to five. <laughs> I didn't really bother paying attention to four except for boobies. That's that's a fair. I mean, mine, I think, after going over it a bit, would probably go one, three, two, four, five. Um, and I, I'd recommend watching one and three. Generally, just out right. I'd say one and three are decent films with an okay structure to them that don't fall out of anything. Um, a lot of people say that two's disaster is really good. It really isn't. It, it's good. Certainly, it's it's well made. It's not worth watching mm-hmm. if you have to watch the rest of the film as well. It, it's okay, I suppose. T- two, if you if you really like one and three, watch two as well. Um, and if you want to watch something vaguely associated, I think you mentioned Donnie Darko earlier, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, just this but better. <laughs> to be honest, um, I'm trying to think what else. I suppose watch Lost if you want to fucking. People trying to survive through a traumatic experience and continue. I don't know. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Just watch Donnie fucking Darko. Don't make people watch Lost. I don't think it's Lost. I'm not going to promise anything over the next couple of weeks. We are doing Resident Evil at some point. And we're going to finish off Tremors as well. And then we're going to go on to some new stuff. Uh, we're going to try to keep it to the shorter series for a while and not go on to more um, fucking two-parters, if we can help it. We'll see how it goes, though. So, signing off. On to the final destination. Have a good one. (laughs) Bye-bye.